MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. RN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Trans-South 500. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement by Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR and proud sponsor of today's Lickety Split Award. By True Value Hardware Stores. For quality, selection, and personal attention, make True Value your first choice. And by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer. Head for the Mountains of Bush. Welcome back to Darlington Raceway. As we're about set to go green on the Trans-South 500, Joel Moore from Hampton, Virginia's WPEX Radio will cover the action in turns one and two. Alan Bestwick of Daytona Beach, Florida will cover the action in turns three and four. This is a 1.366-mile racetrack, 367 laps equals 500 miles. And for the green and the start of the Trans-South 500, Barney Hall. 1,000 feet away from the start-finish line, green flag is out, and the Trans-South 500 is underway. The race to the first turn to get position going in there. Still a dead heat on the front row. Two forwards side by side, but going into the corner, Jeff Bodine breaks away. He takes that inside line, slips up the banking just a bit. He's got the lead off turn two. Right behind him is the car of Mark Martin battling to the outside of Ernie Irvin. Irvin will grab the second spot now as Martin falls back. Single file into three. Fourth will be Brett Bodine. Schrader goes to fifth. Sterling Marlin sixth and Kyle Petty seventh. Greg Sachs runs in the eighth spot ahead of Ricky Rudd, who's going ninth. Rob Moroso's car is 10th. Michael Waltrip is 11th. At the stripe, one lap complete. It's a three and a half car length lead for Jeff Bodine over Ernie Irvin back to turn one. Bodine jumps out in front of Irvin, but Irvin's got a good bit of distance over the third place car of Mark Martin. Only car out of line is Rusty Wallace back for the 12th position. Quickly, though, he's back in single file. Now coming to the end of the back straightaway, Jeff Bodine stretches the lead a little more over Ernie Irvin. Gently now into the banking of turn number three. Bodine, five car lengths over Irvin and Mark Martin. You're going to see some single file racing in the early going here this afternoon. We had some rain showers. The track completely changed after yesterday. So for the most part, for the first eight or ten laps, we look for pretty much single file racing. That's the way they go back into turn number one. Jeff Bodine leads the way. Here's a car on the move. Kyle Petty about fifth in line. He'll try to take a pass underneath the Sterling Marlin car. He goes back into single file. Bodine again up front off turn two. Bodine leads the first ten cars. Single file down the backstretch. The battle will be for the 11th spot. Rusty Wallace will dip the Pontiac down to the inside of Rob Moroso's Oldsmobile. Moroso will give way on the outside, so Wallace will pick up the spot. Rusty did a good piece of driving because the car didn't really grab the first time he tucked to the inside off turn number two, but he gathered it in quickly enough and finally made the pass, as Alan told you, heading up to turn three. The front ten cars now pulling away into turn one. All single file, that second pack of cars though, some action going on there. Michael Waltrip, who's running in the twelfth position, looks to the inside of Rob Moroso. He gets back in line though, they're behind Rusty Wallace off two. Again, the front ten cars now broken away from that second pack. The second pack, eleventh spot, Rusty Wallace, 12th, Rob Moroso, Michael Waltrip, 13th, possibly to lose that spot here to Dale Earnhardt. And the car that is trying to move up is Dale Earnhardt. He's knocked off a couple of positions. Oh, trouble in turn three. Butch Miller spins, tags the wall lightly, now slides the Mr. Peanut car down to the bottom of the racetrack, keeps it off the inside wall, and keeps going. We're under caution. Yellow is 
on the speedway. It came out on lap number four when Butch Miller almost really got into that wall hard over in turn three. Let's go back to Alan Bestwick. Butch Miller, the back end of the car, broke loose on him as he entered turn number three, went up and just touched the outside wall with the right rear quarter of the car, locked all four wheels down, slid off the banking, out of traffic's way, and got it stopped before he hit the inside retaining wall, kept right on going around. He's rejoined the field now under caution. So Jeff Bodine leads them back to the stripe, and everyone now has the caution. We were talking with Butch Miller in the garage the other day during the rain delay, and again yesterday afternoon, and he said to me that he has been driving race cars for over 20 years, and this track has him more confused than any other track he has ever run on. Dick Trickle, who has run on just about every race track in America, said this track had him more confused than only one other, the old West Palm Beach racetrack that is no longer there, not the track that uh, is currently being used by many of the Indy cars for testing, but the old Oval in West Palm. Trickle said that was the only other track that had him more confused than this one, and it's grabbed Butch Miller here on the fourth lap. We are five laps into the event here this afternoon. Short break, and we'll be back to Darlington. NASCAR Winston Cup champion Rusty Wallace talks about the new Grand Prix STE Turbo Sports Sedan. Four doors to me as a family man is just everything in the world. I know everybody's happy to see the Grand Prix come out with the four-door version. You still got the same size car, you still got the same width and everything like that, but you just got much more convenience. Everybody feels like they're sitting in their own personal seat when they sit in that sedan, and they feel like they're in a performance vehicle. Pontiac Grand Prix STE Turbo Sports Sedan. From Pontiac, we build excitement. Hi, I'm Kyle Petty. And I'm Gary Nelson, Kyle's crew chief. And we've got Peak on our race car, and we use Peak in our race car. Because Peak beats the heat. You can run cool with Peak Summer Coolant, or you can run the risk of sitting in the pits with your radiator boiling over. That's an easy choice. A boil over is always the pits. If you agree with Kyle and your car has a radiator, remember this rhyme. Peak beats the heat. Friday, the Bush Pole Show from Bristol International Raceway. Catch all the results of the qualifying for the Valleydale 500 at 5 p.m. Eastern on MRN Radio. Six laps are in the book right now. There's single file restart appears to be heading over to turn three. Pontiac Grand Prix safety car pulls off into the backstretch pit area and parks behind the safety wall. Jeff Bodine, Ernie Irvin, Mark Martin, Brett Bodine, and Ken Schrader, the top five running single file now off of turn four. Saw a little single file racing the first three or four laps just to kind of get a feel for this racetrack. But I think once they drop the green here now and we get back to full song racing, we'll see some passing and some dicing for the lead if they can get up there to chase Jeff Bodine. Here they come out of turn Number four, green flag is back in the air, and we're back to full speed. Heading off to turn number one. Three car lengths on the jump is Jeff Bodine ahead of Ernie Irvin. In third spot now is Mark Martin. Then comes Brett Bodine, followed by Kenny Schrader and Sterling Marlin. Everyone's staying single file except Ricky Rudd. He takes a high line off turn two, but quickly gets back in line. Battle shaping up for the seventh spot now as Greg Sachs takes a quick look to the inside of Kyle Petty. Sachs falls back in line single file now, and they'll go that way into turn three and around towards four. As their single file, it's established that Butch Miller has returned from the pit area. Now it's Greg Sachs who makes a move inside and underneath Kyle Petty. He'll grab a spot. Greg Sachs will, moving up into the seventh position as the field strings across the start-finish line back to turn one. Bodine leads the way, making five car lengths. His lead now over Ernie Irvin and the third-place car of Mark Martin beginning to track down Irvin as he exit turn two. Martin also beginning to feel some heat from Brett Bodine now as the younger Bodine looks to the inside of Martin, but Martin has the horsepower on the straightaway, stretches out to a couple of car lengths now as they go back into the banking of four. 
four. Earnhardt again gets a little antsy over there. He wants to pick up a couple of more positions. Can't do it coming through three and four as single file. The whole field back through the tail end of it right now. That's exactly the way they're running. Back into turn number one, still Jeff Bodine. Jeff Bodine leads the way as Buddy Baker has some problems here on the back straightaway. On that last lap, he got up close to the wall off turn number two here and got a little tap from Jimmy Spencer. Baker has dropped down to the inside of the racetrack and is heading for the pits. Now a challenge for the fourth position as Ken Schrader takes a quick look around Brett Bodine. They come into the turn number three now, single file, but Schrader's going to try it on the bottom. Bodine's car slides up just a touch. Schrader can't do it this time. Further back, Harry Gant getting a little antsy. He'll try to the inside of Neil Bonnet. That's back at around 18th position. Can't quite make it go and Harry tucks back in line. Meanwhile, Buddy Baker's car, not under power, is now limping around on the apron of this racetrack. It's about a four-lane wide apron if you've never been a Darlington. The apron of this racetrack far wider than the actual racing surface itself. Baker is not under power. He'll be heading back towards the garage area. We are 10 laps complete. 367 laps make up the total distance. Halfway today is 184 laps, and we do have a $10,000 Gillette right guard halfway challenge on the line today. A driver who leads the halfway lap gets $10,000, and every time a driver wins, you can win at home, so stay tuned for details here on MRN Radio. You can win a Pontiac Grand Prix SE during today's running of the Trans-South 500. 11 laps are complete. No change in the running order up front. The car that had been trying to put a move on would have been Kenny Schrader trying to take fourth place away from Brett Bodine. He won't be able to do it this turn around. 11 laps are in the book here at Darlington. From the Darlington Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Jeff Bodine continues to lead the Trans-South 500 as we welcome you back to the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall. The entire MRN crew is on hand. The battle shaping up for second place has been a good one as the Ernie Irvin car continues to hold off Mark Martin through the corners. But last time through turns one and two, it was anything but uneventful, Joe Moore, especially for driver Chad Little. Running back in the 31st spot, Little got a little bit too high going into turn number two. The car slid up the banking, and he picked up a little bit of a stripe here in turn number two. Little did a good job keeping the car out of trouble. He's back on the racetrack. Still holds on to his 31st spot. Hut Strickland came out of turn number four, had a lot of smoke out of his car, and will take it into the pits here at Darlington. He will go into the back pits. We'll uh, kind of update you there. They pit on both sides of the racetrack here at Darlington, so quite a few of the cars will be pitting over there. Let's go over to Winston Kelly. 
the problem on Buddy Baker's car appears to be the call. The crew has gotten a call out, and they're replacing the call on the Don Levy Racing Ford. We'll keep an eye also on Hut Strickland's car. There's a great deal of smoke out of his machine, and he also has gone to the pits. Meanwhile, Jeff Bodine continues to drive away from everyone else. He had a six-tenths of a second lead a moment ago. He stretches it to better than a full second right now over Ernie Irvin as he works out of turn number four and comes back to the line. Heading off into turn number two, still Mark Martin rides along in third place. Brett Bodine is fourth, and Kenny Schrader is fifth as they work to turn two. Second place battle is probably the best one going on at the present time as Ernie Irvin continues trying to hold off Mark Martin. Martin is right on his bumper once again, coming off the corner and pinks down to the inside. Also watching Dale Earnhardt begin to chip his way towards the front of the pack. Last lap by, slipped underneath Rusty Wallace. Earnhardt now cracking the top ten in the tenth position, trying to chase down the cars in front of him. The next one would be Ricky Rudd. Also on the move, Richard Petty midway through the pack. He'll tuck to the inside of Neil Bonnet, grab a position there, and bypass Neil going up into turn number three, where you really have to hold your breath. Now Bobby Hillen will try and make a move to the inside of Neil Bonnet, coming off turn number four. Those cars running back midway through the field at roughly 25th position. The battle for second, though, a good one coming off the number two corner. It's Mark Martin taking a quick look to the inside of Ernie Irvin as they come down the back straightaway. Martin will fall back in line single file. Ken Schrader, meanwhile, tried to get underneath Brett Bodine at the entrance to the corner. Bodine shut the door on him. And the young drivers who qualified up front here this week are proving they can stay there as they are dicing for second and third position back there right now. 18 laps are on the board as they work back to turn number one. J.D. McDuffie has already gone a lap down as the leader heads for two. Ernie Irvin goes by McDuffie as does the Mark Martin car. A little bit of distance between the second and third place cars now. Tight battle shaping up right behind them for the four spot. Brett Bodine is there going around J.D. McDuffie. Right behind him is Kenny Schrader. Unscheduled pit stop for Davey Allison now as he comes to the attention of Robert Gage and the crew. Let's go to pit road. And they go to the right side of the Haviland Ford. Right side tires for Davey Allison. Looks like a routine stop. Maybe a tire problem for him. We'll check it out. He is down and away. But here comes the leader, so he is going to go a lap down as they work back into turn number one. 19 laps are now on the scoreboard here at Darlington Raceway. We're early in the Trans-South 500. Jeff Bodine proving to be the dominant car, at least in the early going. His interval between first and second, second being Ernie Irvin, is getting even big, bigger, Alan Bestwick. Jeff is just driving away down the straightaway, smooth as glass through turn number three, keeping the car down in the bottom group of the racetrack. Now drives it right out towards the wall, which is the fast line to get off of turn four. 2.05 seconds the advantage that Jeff Bodine now holds on second place, Ernie Irvin. Third is Mark Martin. Fourth is Brett Bodine. Fifth, Kenny Schrader. Sixth, Sterling Marlin. Greg Sachs is seventh. Kyle Petty is eighth. Up to the ninth spot now. That's where you'll find Dale Earnhardt. And tenth place belongs to Ricky Rudd. Eleventh now is Neil Bonnet as we go back to Pitt Road with a further update from Jim Phillips. It was not a flat tire on Davey Allison's car. It was a vibration. They thought maybe it slung some of the weights off of the wheel so they brought him in early. So he's back on the racetrack with two new tires. You know, they've been running good in that race car, but they've had things like this happen to them all four races. Of course, this is the fifth one going into the season here in 1990, but it just seems like that they can run as fast as anyone, but something has put them a lap down earlier or something has happened to them to make them play catch-up all day. They just can't seem to get any kind of luck at all. Trouble in turn one. Kyle Petty loops his car directly in front of, Je of Ricky Rudd. Ricky barely misses that car, but he's tagged in the rear end as the Rusty Wallace car comes into the scene. Also, Davey Allison gets a piece of all the action. Wallace is able to drive away some damage to the front end of his car. Down on the inside of the racetrack still is Kyle Petty, and Alan Kowicki also is involved. 
Kyle Petty gets the car turned around, goes in the right direction. Alan Kowicki has his car fired and is moving away. Let's go back to turn two. Kyle Petty was coming into the turn. There was a pass being made, a battle for the eighth position. Dale Earnhardt had just gone by Kyle Petty. Ricky Rudd was waiting to make his move. Kyle lost the car, a slow spin going into turn number one. He spun right in front of Ricky Rudd, and Ricky got on the binders, was trying to go around to the outside, had almost missed him, and then Rusty Wallace came into the scene. He slammed into the back of the Ricky Rudd car, forcing him down to the inside of the racetrack. Then comes the Alan Kowicki car and Davey Allison, all collected here in turn number one, but everyone is able to fire up the cars and drive away. And we're just talking about Davey Allison there again. He just had made a pit stop, goes back out and gets involved in an accident. Kyle Petty is still out there with smoke trailing from his car. We are under yellow for the second time this afternoon. Caution coming out on lap 22. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Currently 22 laps on the board, and here come pitch stops for all the lead automobiles. Here 23 laps into the race. They should get a pretty good idea as to what the tire wear is looking like. Let's go down to the leader's pit. Jeff Bodine is in. Yeah, Jeff just came in and they stopped the car. He's, uh, they're going to change all four tires on it, of course, just to get a chance to look them over. They had mentioned earlier they were going to have a mandatory pit stop at 45 laps to check them anyway, so this time they won't have to do that. Rusty Wallace's car comes in. He's got a quite a bit of damage to the right front. Now, aerodynamically, it's going to mess the car up considerably. And this particular racetrack is not quite as important as it would be at Daytona Talladega or even Charlotte or Atlanta, but it is going to be a factor. they got to get the metal all of uh, Martin goes out and he gets tangled up with a couple of the cars and uh, they're going to all change four tires and go away. Jim's down at the other end. What do you got, Jim? Well, this end of pit road, Teddy Schrader is in along with Greg Sachs, Dale Earnhardt, Bill Elliott, Darrell Waltrip, Neil Bonnick, Davey Allison back in again. Also, Harry Gantz, all four tires changed and unit count gasoline for the drivers on this end of pit road and Dale Earnhardt wins the race out. Get a quick update from the back pits. 14 of the 17 cars pitting on the back straightaway come in for four tires and gasoline. Among those, Derek Coach, Richard Petty, also in for service, Jack Kennington, Butch Miller, Jimmy Spencer, also in the Rick Wilson car, and Mike Alexander. Hutch Strickland has taken his car back to the front area, garage area, as he is apparently through for the day. And also, Buddy Baker has climbed out of his car. We'll try to get a comment from him in just a moment. And again, there is some damage on Rusty Wallace's car, and we'll recreate that incident for you again down in turn one and tell you how much damage was done to all four of those cars involved when we come back to Darlington. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. 
Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. We are at Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. 27 laps are complete in the 367-lap running of the Trans-South 500. On the leaderboard, Jeff Bodine showing the way over Ernie Irvin. Brett Bodine is next, ahead of Sterling Marlin, and a hard-charging Dale Earnhardt. Probably the quickest car in that first lap or so since the restart. And again, Earnhardt now hounding away on the rear deck of Sterling Marlin. They take him back to turn number one, and Earnhardt continues to march toward the front. That's a battle for the fourth position as Earnhardt tries to go back at it again. Earnhardt takes the outside line, tries to pull up even with Sterling Marlin. Marlin fights off to that challenge. They go back into single file. Now down to the inside, Earnhardt will look as they come to the entrance of turn three. Sticks the Chevrolet down there. Marlin will be forced to give way on the outside, and Earnhardt will pick up the spot in turn three. And one of the best battles on the racetrack would be for eighth position. It evaporates just as I say that coming into turn number four. That's between Kenny Schrader and Greg Sachs. They've been going at it for about two laps, really almost getting together down in turns one and two. The leader's back in turn two. Those two cars, Kenny Schrader and Greg Sachs, were side by side last time off turn number two, just about as close as two cars can get without getting into one another. This time they go single file. The battle, though, right behind them. Two Ford stacking it up. Morgan Shepard and Bill Elliott. Shepard will look to the inside of Elliott down the back stretch, but will have to give way at the entrance to turn number three. Elliott will hold that spot, running about ten car lengths back from Greg Sachs. Back around 20th position, watching Terry Labonte and Jimmy Spencer work their way through race traffic, cutting to the inside and the outside of other cars, trying to pick their way back towards the front. We are 30 laps complete. Let's get more on the aftermath of Kyle Petty's problems down to his pit area again. Talked to Gary Nelson. He said that the car didn't have that much damage on it, or wasn't quite that bad. But they're just going to have to ride around to see what was going to happen to it. It got a little damage up under the left rear, but the car right now seems to be tracking pretty good. Gary Nelson, of course, being the crew chief for the uh, P. Canafries Pontiac. 30 laps, now 31 on the board as Jeff Bodine brings the field back across the stripe. Further back, Harry Gant going around Darrell Waltrip in their private battle back around 17th. But the battle for the lead will shape up here as a good one in just a moment. Ernie Irvin sneaking up on Jeff Bodine, really reeling him in right on his rear deck. And right behind them, a good battle. Earnhardt's on Brett Bodine. Earnhardt ducks to the inside of Brett Bodine now, but will have to fall back in line as they come to the entrance of turn three. Now into the corner, he'll look again to the bottom of the racetrack. And we're watching Earnhardt use a lot of patience. He doesn't use any right in the middle of the corner this time. He dives underneath Brett Bodine and will move a little bit closer to the front and the leader, Jeff Bodine. He's up to third place right now as Ernie Irvin hangs on to the leader over to turn two. It's Jeff Bodine leading the way. He has two car links on Ernie Irvin, then about four car links back to third place, Earnhardt. About two car links behind him. In the fifth spot is Brett Bodine, and right behind him is Sterling Marlin. Also watching that battle for the tenth position a little farther on back, Morgan Shepard again looks to the inside of Bill Elliott as they come down the back straightaway, and this time he'll get the move, so Shepard will pick up the 10th spot, kicks Elliott back to 11th. 32 laps on the board. Let's get an update again on the Buddy Baker situation on the back pit area, Winston Kelly. Buddy's crawled out of his car. Buddy, what was the problem on the Ford? I couldn't believe it. It was handling so good, and uh, he's very comfortable. I was just loving every bit of it, and the car seemed to respond very well, and Going uh, through the middle of the first corner down there, it just quit, you know, just like the engine blowed up. I cut, pushed the clutch in, and I was barely able to get back around. I was 11 or 12 laps down, and then it took a few laps to uh, find the problem. So we 20 laps down before we found that the ignition coil was burned up in it. Just a real shame because uh, 
the car I think would have finished way up it was handling so well and, and it was really running good I was real pleased with it well a two-time winner here at Darlington Buddy Baker it's good to see him back but he won't finish this afternoon's Trans South 500 Baker is out of it and the field begins to shorten up at least among the front six positions there's less than a second and a tenth between first and sixth place as they head over to turn number three heading out of the corner right now coming back into the front straightaway they're still chasing Jeff Bodine the battles for second place Earnhardt takes a look under Ernie Irvin coming out of the corner. He cuts him a little slack there as they came down. Irvin drifted up just a little bit. They go back into turn number one. Single file this time with Bodine leading the pack. Ernie Irvin right behind him. And Earnhardt really putting on the pressure now. Earnhardt tries to put the Goodrich Chevrolet up on the outside of the racetrack. Now drops down to the inside of Ernie Irvin off two. Earnhardt will run single file for the moment. Halfway down the backstretch, he'll stay that way into turn number three. Now, though, pinches the car down to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll try and get a run underneath Irvin off of four. Earnhardt cuts to the inside midway through the corner. He is there alongside Irvin to the inside, through in the number four corner. Ernie Irvin just glued to the outside retaining wall, takes that preferred line. He'll hold off Earnhardt, but Earnhardt's going to try him again, possibly in turn one. This is the battle for the second spot. Ernie Irvin has the position as they come back into turn number two. Here's Earnhardt peeking again to the outside off the corner. Irvin takes him all the way up to the outside retaining wall. They're in single file. The yellow Oldsmobile and the black Chevrolet now running bumper to bumper to the entrance of three. Irvin again will try and hold the bottom groove, but slides up just a bit. Earnhardt will try and get a run off the corner, but not this time. Earnhardt still showing an awful lot of patience with Ernie Irvin right there. Not to say that Irvin is holding it up at all. Earnhardt just isn't in that big a hurry. Makes a move now here at the start-finish line. Dives down to the inside, then tucks back in single file. One in car into the wall one. in turn four. Jimmy Spencer scraping the outside wall, wiggling in front of traffic. Neil Bonnet on the brakes to avoid hitting Spencer, and Jimmy gets the car straightened out, but Jimmy Spencer picks up another Darlington stripe in turn four. Second time this weekend it happened yesterday in the late practice. Practice. Jimmy Spencer tagged the wall. Bobby Hillen Jr. tagged the wall. Dick Johnson, the Australian driver, tagged the wall. All were able to continue here today with their primary race cars. They fixed them up overnight, mostly cosmetic damage. But Spencer again finding himself with a Darlington stripe. 38 laps into the Trans South 500. Jeff Bodine continues to lead. The battle for second, though, is a good one as Ernie Irvin continues to hold off Dale Earn. Here at Darlington, 44 laps are complete. Jeff Bodine continues to set a blistering pace after starting on the pole here this afternoon. But Dale Earnhardt is beginning to reel him in. We may see a battle for the lead there very shortly. Earnhardt is about a half a second right behind him. Ernie Irvin continues to ride third. Good run for Sterling Marlin. This is one of his better racetracks. Over the years, he's had some good finishes. He currently is fourth. And a car that continually is creeping up toward the front of the pack is Greg Sachs. Greg giving this racetrack a good going over here. The last couple of times he's been in town, he's run well. Ernie Irvin, though, still a superb run last or actually two weeks ago at Atlanta and again here at Darlington. I asked Ernie maybe what was an unusual question, but after running for so long back in 12th, 15th, 20th, 25th position over the years, is it easier running up front as opposed to running back in midfield? Oh, most definitely. You know, those guys that are running up there, they're real consistent. They run there all the time. So, you know, they, they were probably a little more at an unease that I'm running up there. You know, a lot of them hadn't raced and raced hard with me. So, you know, they were probably a little more unpredictable with thinking what I was going to do, but um, you know, got up there and ran up front, and and it was easy because of the car I had. You know, I, I didn't do anything different than I did when I go down there and run 12th or 14th. But the, the car, you know, the Kodak Films Oldsmobile was so strong there in Atlanta that you know it brought me to the front and just made it simple and um, most definitely easier around the guys that are you know running in the front and points and you know 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 their p's and q's and watch them. Well, Ernie's doing a job here today where nobody's obviously concerned. Let's go back down to the garage area. Caught up with Rick Mass. Rick, short day here in the Trans South 500. What happened? 
Jim, you know, the vice of Custom Letter in Pontiac surprised me today. They dropped the green flag, and the car was strong. I mean, to tell you, you know, we had a bad stop, and I got back to the back of the field. We come back through about 15 cars, and I seen the leaders up ahead of me. I said, well, if we stay together for another 50 laps, maybe I can run the leader down because we were gaining on them every single lap. It really surprised me. But as something let go in the motor, we just blowed up. I guess we'll get them next week at Bristol. That's Rick Mast. He will not finish the Trans-South 500 this afternoon. Fans are watching the battle for the lead right now. Earnhardt sneaks up a little bit closer on Jeff Bodine. He's within, within one car length of catching him out of turn number four. In fact, they have driven away from third, fourth, and fifth place. That's going to be a hot battle here in just a moment. Ernie Irvin currently is third, fourth is Sterling Marlin. And coming even quicker up in that pack right now is Greg Sachs. They're all over in turn two. Here's Jeff Bodine taking it away up against the outside retaining wall off turn number two. Earnhardt behind him by about three car lengths. Real heavy pack of cars back for about the seventh. Seventh spot, Brett Bodine is there working to the outside of lap traffic. Behind him, the Kenny Schrader car and Morgan Shepard working on Kenny Schrader. Morgan Shepard now catching up to that group after having some trouble getting through lap traffic on the restart. Here looks to the inside of Schrader in turn three, but runs single file back off the corner. It'll be 50 laps on the board this time by as Jeff Bodine's got a car length and a half on Dale Earnhardt, then nearly two seconds back to the Ernie Irvin, Sterling Marlin, Greg Sachs battle back to turn one. That's the first five cars and six now is Brett Bodine in seventh is the Kenny Schrader car. Eighth is Mark Martin, and that's where the action is. Morgan Shepard goes to work on Martin. Shepard puts his four down on the inside of the racetrack. They're side by side on the backstretch. Shepard will hold the inside groove. Martin will run the outside. Martin will have to give way now. Shepard will take the spot as they enter turn three, but that battling has allowed Schrader to get away by some seven car lengths. And Mark Martin's car is not sticking down in the corners exactly like he would want it to here at Darlington, and that allowed Morgan Shepard to wait for him to slide up a little bit and then pick up another position. Fifty laps are on the board. We had an accident a little bit earlier, and a couple of drivers involved that had some sheet metal damage. Rusty Wallace still out there running very strong, didn't have any problem. And Kyle Petty's had some damage on his car a little bit on Ricky Rudd's, mostly just sheet metal damage. They're all still in good shape. Let's go down to the pits and Dick Brooks. Well, I talked to Junior Johnson's crew and uh, to check, kind of check on the tires because they'd been leading the thing with Jeff Bodine, and I figured that they had probably as good a shot at looking at tires as they could. Junior said that they didn't have any trouble at all. He said the uh, tires looked great. Tim Brewer said everything was fine. So I don't think they're going to have a tire problem that somebody, well, I don't think anybody anticipated any tire problem. They just didn't know because they had not been in this much heat on a speedway like this with, uh, with these radial tires. Well, there's a lot of apprehension in just about every team out there today about what the temperature, when it suddenly was forecast to go into the high 70s or low 80s, at what it would do to the racetrack. Here's Earnhardt taking a look underneath Jeff Bodine just to let him know he was there a few years ago. A lot of hard feelings between these two drivers for the most part. I think that's all gone away, and they're just going to race each other real clean. But Earnhardt's biding his time on the leader right now. They're back in turn one. They both have to go single file because of the lap car of H.B. Bailey. He drops down on the inside, gives them plenty of racing room, but directly ahead of this. Them, two cars racing side-by-side, side, Davey Allison and Rusty Wallace. Here's the move for the lead. Earnhardt going to use Rusty Wallace as a pick. Drops to the inside of Jeff Bodine, but Bodine gets into the corner ahead of Earnhardt. Dale is forced to drop back into second. When Dale Earnhardt was on our NASCAR Live show a couple of weeks ago, he said, Jeff Bodine and I get along just fine off the racetrack. Is it on the racetrack there's a competitive edge that we keep between us? He said, but there's no problem away from the racetrack. But right now, between these concrete retaining walls, that's where the show is being played out. And Earnhardt's hounding away again in turn two. Earnhardt peeks to the outside of Jeff Bodine's Ford. Now drops down to the inside, pulls up alongside Bodine off two. Davey Allison right in front of the two leaders now as they run side by side to the end of the back straightaway. Bodine will not give way on the outside, but now he'll have to. Earnhardt scoots up the banking. Bodine 
tide will come back to the bottom. And Bodine used a tactic that Dale Earnhardt has used a lot of times here at Darlington. He let Dale go on in there a little bit harder than he probably meant to. The car shot up the racetrack, and Bodine tried to get back under him, but he didn't pull it off. They go back to one. Here's Earnhardt leading the way this time. Bodine falls behind him by about three car lengths. Further back, Ernie Irvin having some problems getting around the Rusty Wallace car. Finally, Wallace goes way up the banking. Irvin takes the inside line. Right behind him is Sterling Marlin. Those cars now all trying to deal with the lap car of Rusty Wallace now. It's Irvin holding off Sterling Marlin now by about half a car length. That a battle for spot number three. So Ernie Irvin now hangs on to that position. Sterling Marlin has to settle back in line next. Then a lapped car, followed by fifth place Greg Sachs. 55 laps on the board. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead here at Darlington. Today's Trans-South 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76 by Armor Star Can Meats, America's choice for the great outdoors. By Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of Junior Johnson. By Gatorade, Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. And by Planters Nuts and Mr. Peanut, proud sponsor of Travis Carter's number 98. We welcome you back to the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. We are 60 laps complete, and Greg Sachs is off the pace here on the front straightaway. At the same time, Hutch Strickland has just come back into the race after spending 43 laps in the garage, replacing a faulty transmission. And Derek Cope decides to come in for a pit stop seconds ago. Why? Because his car was pointing down pit road. He really hadn't planned it that way, Joe Moore. What happened out there in turn two? He got into the outside retaining wall for the second time in less than three laps. Just kind of brushed the wall. He almost had it straightened out, but it spun down to the inside of the racetrack, turned completely around, but conveniently was aimed towards the pit road. So he just hit it all back in for a checkup. Greg Sachs off the pace has gone in. Well, I thought he had gone into the back pits. Let's check over there. No, Greg is going around now, slowly down on the safety apron of the racetrack, back around to the front pit area. Having qualified seventh, he'll pit down on the front stretch. The car is moving very slowly, though, and it'll be a question as to whether it's going to make it back around to pit road. Let's go to Jim Phillips. I checked with Dennis Conner, his crew chief, and he said they have engine problems, and they're going to take you to the garage area. It's too bad because he had a good qualifying run, and they had brought that car here to win the race. And Greg's had some good runs at Darlington over the years. Here he comes onto pit road. He'll make that hard left turn and take it to the garage area. We'll get a word with him here in just a moment. 62 laps are complete as Dale Earnhardt is setting the pace, and that's exactly what everyone figured he would do. Once he worked his way to the front, he started back in 15th position and marched right up to the front. Also, let's add to our attrition list, Mickey Gibbs. They have just retired the car for the driver from Glencoe, Alabama. Winston Kelly, what's the story back there? Mickey just now stepped out of the car. Mickey, what's the problem? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, it must be a burnt piston or something happened in the motor. It blew all the oil out of the oil tank. We lost the cylinder about, you know, 30, 40 laps ago. Not just trying to ride it out and give me some experience at this hard old racetrack, but the motor finally let go on us. So Mickey Gibbs has retired his Ford. An update on the Derek Cove situation. He spent several laps here on pit road trying to get that cheap metal beat away from the right rear of the car that you heard Joe Moore describe the accident that Derek Cope had. So Derek Cope is several laps down. They brought the Greg Sachs car down pit road, took a look at it there in the pits. Now they're pushing it through the pit wall and will push it back into the garage area. Dale Earnhardt is setting the pace here this afternoon, chasing him right now, Jeff Bodine. Bodine led the early going here in this event. They ran him for a while, but for the moment, he has dropped back into the number two position. Still having a good, solid run up there in third place is Ernie Irvin, and also an outstanding run for Sterling Marlin. 
And riding in the fifth position right now is Kenny Schrader. And that rounds out the top five at 64 laps. You know, it's hard to believe, Barney, but over the years, when they used to run Darlington Raceway, when it had the guardrail all the way around, the strands of guardrail, Junior Johnson was telling us the other day that really the quickest way to get around this racetrack in the older days was to help the guard, let the guardrail help guide you around this racetrack. He said that's where the term Darlington Stripe originally came from because you would deliberately let your car hit the guardrail in the right rear of the automobile and steer you around the racetrack. Well, Eli, if, if you got around this real this racetrack real good you had to bank off the guardrail and and what you do you broadside the car into the guardrail and let the guardrail stop you and about the time you hit the guardrail you you begin to accelerate the car and it's sort of like you bounced off the guardrail and it sent you down the straightaway it is absolutely could not run this place unless you laid on that guardrail what did you have to do to the right rear quarter panel to make sure the thing stayed with you all day? Well, what everybody did, they, they supported the right rear quarter panel with some sort of leaf spring like it used to go under the old 44s and stuff like that. And when it, it go in and hit the guardrail, that thing would give in. Then when it get away from the guardrail, it would push the fender back off the tire and you go on. So it was kind of a unique situation where when he hit the guardrail it would would cave in and then when they got away from it it would uh, push the quarter panel back away from the car. So a Darlington stripe in those days uh, meant you were getting around here pretty well. It's a whole different meaning here in 1990. It really is. Let's go to the pits. Got up with Greg Sachs. Greg you had a great run going today. What happened? Well that city Chevrolet Lumina was awful strong but something malfunctioned in the engine. I'm not quite sure what let go but uh, we're done today. A little disappointed, but uh, looking forward to coming back with our new sponsors at Talladega, Ultra Slim Fast. We had a lot of great things to look forward to this year. Greg, you've practiced all week in cooler weather. Today it's hot. How's the track change? I don't feel the track's change at all. Uh, Darlington is not one of those tracks that gets real loose. Uh, I like to set my car for three and four, and if you get the car right, it'll stay for you all day. The Goodyear tires are working wonderful today. How about the movie star business? Well, if you look inside my car, there's a little sign that says, yes, I'm a movie star. That's Greg Sachs. He will not finish the Grand South 500. That movie, Days of Thunder, has opened a lot of doors for Greg Sachs, and uh, I think the movie's going to really do a lot for racing. We've talked to everybody that's been involved with it, and I guess you've seen a couple of the teasers that they're using in the yep. theaters now, announcing that it will be coming this summer and whatever. But it looks like they did a quality job on the film. I believe they did. They've used folks who are very closely tied to NASCAR, Winston Cup Racing, as advisors, uh, technical advisors and what have you, and they're talking about a June 8th release date. Last I heard, Barney, I guess that's the weekend we're out in uh, California for uh, the race at Sears Point, the Banquet Foods 300. So uh, maybe we can have a, uh, a Hollywood premiere. We can rent ourselves a little white stretch limousine there and pull them up in front of a movie theater and, and play movie stars. Not that we're in the movie at all, mind you, but we can, we can play the part. Fill the back seat full of popcorn for you and get right at it, right? <laughs> 70 laps are complete here at Darlington in the Trans-South 500. To give you an idea of just how strong Dale Earnhardt is in the early going, he has already stretched his lead to almost a full three seconds over Jeff Bodine. That's just how good he's getting around this racetrack. Ernie Irvin still rides in third place. Fourth right now, Sterling Marlin, and rounding out the top five is Kenny Schrader. The field pretty well strung out around here at Darlington this afternoon, and apparently the temperature is getting even warmer out there, Joe Moore. 
It certainly is. Uh, we were looking at about 80 degree temperatures to begin with, but it's going up probably around 85 degrees now. Fans sure having a good time here on the back straightaway. We're watching a pretty hot battle on the racetrack, too, for the second spot. Just moments ago, the Rick Wilson car was right up on the, or rather, the Ernie Irvin car was right up on the rear deck of Jeff Bodine. He's dropped back a little bit now, but still without a car link to that car on the back straightaway. Irvin now trying to catch up with Bodine as they work through lap traffic, getting around the Jimmy Means car a lap ago. Now Irvin still right in Bodine's tire tracks off of four. Of course, the big story, though, is the fact that now that Dale Earnhardt has pulled away from everybody else, he is continuing to add to his edge while Jeff Bodine and Ernie Irvin battle one another. They are now three and a tenth seconds, nearly three and two tenths seconds behind the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. We are right now lap number 72. We are 102 laps away from halfway, and it's a chance for us to give you more details on today's right guard halfway challenge contest. That halfway lap, as we say, is coming up in 102 laps from now, and the driver who wins the right guard halfway challenge will get $10,000, and you could win a brand new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. To enter the contest, here's the phone number to call. 1-900-226-6600. And stay tuned to our broadcast. Stay by your telephone because after the halfway portion of today's race, one sweepstakes entry will be drawn at random and called at home. And if you get that lucky phone call, you need to be able to tell us the name of the driver who won the right guard halfway challenge. And if you can do that, you'll win that brand new Pontiac Grand Prix. So enter the contest now by calling 1-900-226-6600 before the halfway lap. Remember, you have to be at least 18 years old to enter. Enter as often as you'd like, but the calls cost 90 cents each. The contest is void where prohibited, no purchase necessary. For complete rules or mail and entry forms for the next race, you can see participating stores where right guard is sold, or on a 3x5 card, write the words right guard halfway challenge along with your name, address, and telephone number, and send it to Post Office Box 9, Hackensack, New Jersey, 07602 and today's right guard halfway challenge now coming up in exactly 100 laps from right now. 74 laps are on the scoreboard here at Darlington. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead Jeff Bodine and Ernie Irvin. From the Darlington Raceway this is MRN Radio. Under caution here at Darlington Raceway. Caution for the third time as Ernie Irvin came off the number four corner. The car looped coming down the main straightaway. Irvin had made a move to the inside of Jeff Bodine coming off the number four turn. And all of a sudden the car cocked sideways. Ernie wrestled with the machine halfway down the front straightaway. But he was gone by the time he came across the start finish line. And the car slid towards turn number one. Irvin has continued around in the Kodak film Oldsmobile, but we are under caution on lap number 77. 77 laps are on the board, and Irvin comes out of turn number four. He took quite a slide all the way from just coming off turn number four to two-thirds down the front straightaway. The car doesn't appear to be damaged at all. I'm sure the tires are all flat-spotted. He'll be going on to pit road, and we may see just about everybody else ducking in there in just a moment. Now, this is going to be a break for a lot of the drivers because the way Dale Earnhardt was getting around this racetrack, he had threatened to just lap the field here if he kept going that same pace all day long. He had pulled away by more than four seconds. Here they come on the pit road. Dale Earnhardt will lead them in. Let's go to the pits. Dale Earnhardt brings a Goodrich Chevrolet in. They go to the right side first. And they're not looking to the left side. Now they go to the left side. Also in is Kenny Schrader expecting uh, Davey Allison in just a moment. Darrell Walter comes in. Also Bill Elliott, Neil Bonnet. And all these cars on this end of pit road are putting on four brand new Goodyear tires and Unical gasoline. Dick Brooks. Well, they're going to do four tires, four tires down here, too. Fill them up with fuel. Jeff Bodine was the first one down here. Then Mark Martin. Ernie Irvin crew is sitting waiting for him to come in. There was all four tires on the car was flat when he came by. Did a very good job, though, keeping it out of the wall. 
Or he had his eyes closed tight enough, but he couldn't see where the wall was. One or the other, but he didn't hit anything. And they're expecting him to come in. They got some. They got some tools so they can raise the car up off the ground. Because when all the tires are flat like that, the jack won't go under it. The car stops now. Uh, see, no damage, no place. They're going to scrape off the uh, rubber and stuff off the front of the grill. It didn't touch the ground. The back's okay. Did an excellent job, I'd say. They got the right side already changed. They're coming around to the left side. Let's go to the back pits in Winston Kelly. Richard Petty in for four tires and gasoline. Derek Coke was also in, but he only got gasoline as he had gotten four tires earlier. Also in for service, Jack Pennington, along with Butch Miller. Jimmy Spencer's coming in for service. Also, H.B. Bailey, Chad Little in for service, along with Terry Labonte and Rick Wilson having a good run. He was running up in the 11th starting position, up from his 26th starting position. Also, Mike Alexander and Jimmy Means in for service on the back straightaway. Quick pit work puts Dale Earnhardt back out again at the head of the pack and a good pit stop also for the Junior Johnson team as they come off pit road in the number two position. So we are under caution here for the third time this afternoon. A quick opportunity for us to remind you that next weekend, the Winston Cup and Busch Grand National Series head to the Bristol International Raceway in Bristol, Tennessee. Here's the schedule for next week. Friday, we'll have our Bush Pole show here on MRN as Barney and Alan Bestwick and Jim Phillips recap the run for the Bush Pole position from Bristol. Next Saturday afternoon at 12.45 Eastern Time, the Budweiser 250, 250 laps for the Bush Grand National Series. And then one week from today, it's the Valleydale 500 for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series at 12.45 Eastern Time next Sunday afternoon. So that's the schedule at Bristol. And by the way, if you're in the area for Thursday evening, our TV show this week in NASCAR will be coming to you from the Johnson City Sheraton Hotel. That's next Thursday night at 11. On further in the schedule for Winston Cup Racing, April 22nd, the first Union 400 at North Wilkesboro. April 29th, it's the Haynes 500 at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. In May, May 6th, the Winston 500 at Talladega. And May 27th, the Coca-Cola 600 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. In June, we'll be bringing you the broadcast of Winston Cup races from Dover, Delaware, the Bud 500, June 3rd. June 10th, the Banquet Foods 300 from Sears Point in Sonoma, California. June 17th, the Miller 500 in Pocono, Pennsylvania. June 24th, the Miller 400 in Brooklyn, Michigan. And then the first half of the season winding down with the Pepsi 400 at Daytona Beach on July the 7th. And of course, ticket offices are open right now or throughout the regular business week for you to make your ticket plans for upcoming races in your area. Talking about Ernie Irvin spinning coming off of turn number four up there. That's nothing to be ashamed of for any driver, whether you're a veteran driver or whether you're a rookie driver, this racetrack can kind of do that to you. As Kenny Slater talked the other day about just how quick both ends of this racetrack can put you in that wall. It does. You know, I mean, it, it's tough off two and off of four, but uh, I have more trouble off of two, uh, off of four, I mean, Barney. But uh, it's just, you just run along, and if your mind slips for just a second, uh, concentration or anything, you just, you're, you're in the wall. You don't know what happened. I remember, like, second year I was here, I was all pumped up because we were maybe running 10th or something with 20 to go, and... And I passed uh, Kyle Petty for, for ninth, and I mean I'm pumped up. And the next thing I know, I hit that wall and did not have a clue how it happened. And then just about every driver that's come here over the years will tell you the same thing. Yeah. Dick Brooks, you were telling us this morning that uh, one time here you were leading the race so comfortably that uh, you had the same thing happen to you, and it was almost a detriment that you had nobody to race with that day. Well, I think that uh, I was thinking there a while ago about Earnhardt, what we were talking about earlier. Earnhardt had a big, comfortable lead. And how easy it is to lose your concentration, especially, uh, uh, you know, if, you, if you're living a uh, hard life in the night before or whatever, or if you've uh, got something else on your mind, and it goes away so quick. Just as we just heard uh, Schrader say, 
you have no reason. I mean, you, you don't know why why it happens. You don't expect anything to happen. Just all of a sudden, you're into the wall. And uh, and that may happen to somebody like Ernie Irving. You just don't, for some reason or another, the car just has a tendency to slide out money. I was almost lapped the field here one time. Went all the way by everybody and just, just trucking along, just minding my own business. And we were even talking about how great we were doing. We were going to come in, change tires, and we are going to fix the thing so we could go back and win the race and be the heroes and all that stuff. And the next thing I know is in the wall. And I never did figure out why. Junie called me on the radio and he said, what happened? I said, I don't know. I don't know. If you can't find something wrong with this car, I've screwed up. So, <laughs> and that's the way it happens. As only Dick Brooks can tell it. On lap 82, we go back to green flag racing here at Darlington. Coming down to the line, a lot of the lap cars now down on the inside. Double file restart. Alan Kowicki's the first car up there with leader Dale Earnhardt, but he won't be able to get his lap back at turn one. Kowicki drops back, not only gets behind the Earnhardt car, but holds up Jeff Bodine a little bit. So Bodine goes to work in trying to get around the Kowicki car. Then it's Sterling Marlin, Kenny Schrader in the lap car of Neil Bonner. Now Kowicki will move down to the inside. Bodine and Sterling Marlin will go by. Also Rusty Wallace rejoining the racetrack from a stop on pit road. Marlon and Schrader will pass him as well. Rusty Wallace does lose a lap on the exit from the pit lane there on lap number 83. So as we come back to the stripe, the lead still Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Bodine behind him in second. Third is Sterling Marlin and Kenny Schrader. Neil Bonnet's car caught up amongst those lead automobiles. They sort themselves out back in turn two. Fifth place car is Morgan Shepard behind him in the sixth position now as they come off the banking is the Mark Martin car. Then it's Brent Bodine in the seventh spot. Eighth is Bill Elliott. Ninth is Ricky Rudd. And in tenth the Robert Car. Those cars all still trying to deal with lap traffic now as they come into turns three and four. Alan Kowicki, Neil Bonnet all in the middle of that racing group as they come off the corner. The front two take up right where they left off before this caution came out. Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine locked together in a tight draft and try to pull away from everyone else back in turn number one. The only car right now that's riding in that slipstream back there is Sterling Marlin. Here's Bodine making a move on Earnhardt off turn number two. He gets a fender alongside, but quickly Earnhardt gets back in front. Earnhardt now leading Bodine by just half a car length now at the end of the back straightaway. Sterling Marlin also closing on that battle, making about three car lengths now. He sits off the lead, the lead pair. Well, for just a second there, Jeff Bodine thought he might have caught Dale Earnhardt snoozing, but that doesn't happen on a racetrack, certainly not a racetrack like Darlington. Earnhardt allowed Bodine to draw close. It's also allowed Sterling Marlin to close to within a car length and a half back in turn one. Shortly it'll be a three-way battle for the lead. Here's Bodine in the second spot again, taking the inside line. He'll try to pull up alongside Earnhardt off turn two. Again, Earnhardt holds him off. This time, Bodine sticks the red four down to the inside of the black Chevrolet. He'll back off at the end of the back straightaway, trying to force Earnhardt into the corner hard. Here's Bodine. He'll look low and four. Jeff Bodine gets a fender alongside. The fans come to their feet, and he's going after the lead out of turn number four. Getting up to Earnhardt is one thing, as we've said. Getting around him is another. He can make that race car awfully wide if he is a leader. He does it again here in the front straightaway, and Bodine tucks back in. Bodine follows single file behind Earnhardt. Now it's Sterling Marlin's turn. He'll try to take a challenge at getting around Jeff Bodine. Puts the nose of his car down to the inside. They quickly, though, all three go back into single file. Making a three-way battle for the lead now. It's Earnhardt, Bodine, and Marlin all running nose to tail now into the corner as Morgan Shepard moves underneath Ken Schrader in turn three to take over the fourth spot. Further back, Ernie Irvin, who'd been running in the top five before that spin, is taking his time, picking his way through race traffic now, having to go two and occasionally three wide on the straightaway ways to try and make the move. The battle again for the lead in turn one. Earnhardt leads the 
away. He takes the higher lineup in turn number one. Bodine takes the inside groove. He'll try to sneak down underneath him, but quickly gets back in line. They're all in single file. Nose to tail off turn two. And after getting by Ken Schrader, Morgan Shepard is not wasting any time separating himself from Schrader and trying to set off after those lead three. We'll make it about 15 car lengths now back from the lead trio for Shepard. Some of the best racing we have seen in Winston Cup competition this year going on at Darlington this afternoon in the Trans-South 500 is Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Bodine, and Sterling Marlin continue to go at it at lap number 88. We'll be back in a minute. We welcome you back to Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. We are 92 laps into the Trans-South 500. You could not have asked for a better day for racing. Barely a seat to be had anywhere here in this racetrack. Temperatures are in the 80s, and it is a gorgeous afternoon. Dale Earnhardt likes it as well. He's leading the Trans-South 500, but he can't quite shake Jeff Bodine or Sterling Marlin. Sterling's having a heck of a run here today, Barney. I'll tell you what, he's had some good finishes here. This has been one of his best racetracks. We were talking about drivers earlier. I think a couple of you guys were talking about some of them had been coming here for years and years and never just couldn't catch on to this racetrack. And there's always just the opposite side of that, too. The driver will come here and just seem to really catch on to the speedway. Bill Elliott was one of those. He ran from the first time he came here, about 1977, the best I remember. He had a top 10 finish and has went on to do well. And Sterling is another one of those drivers. Looking back through the record book, if memory serves me right, he's had some pretty good top five finishes here himself. And he's just running real well here today. 94 laps are on the board. Let's go to the pits. Barney standing in the four pits. Ernie Irvin pits talking to Tony Glover. Tony, the car was running awful, awful well. Then he had a little bit of spin. Is the car still okay? Did he hurt anything? Well, I think we're fine. Uh, what happened? He cut a right front tire down coming off turn four. I tell you, he done a heck of a job just to keep the Kodak film Delco Remios and Bill out of the wall. Well, they sure did that. He did a good job of getting all them sponsors in there, too. I was trying to get the mic back to ask another question, and he run me out of time. <laughs> when we come back, we'll give you an update on J.D. McDuffie, who's just taking his car to the garage area. But first, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. You are tuned to MRN Radio with live coverage of the Trans-South 500 from Darlington, South Carolina. Eli Gold along with Barney Hall, Joel Moore and Alan Bestwick covering the action in the turns. Our pit coverage, Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips here on the front pit area and the back pits today patrolled by Winston Kelly who is caught up, I believe, with J.D. McDuffie. Yes, I have, Eli. J.D., what's the problem on the car? Looks like a head gasket run. It got to running hot and then it went to skipping. That's J.D. McDuffie. He had a real good qualifying run down here, 37th position, but he's out of this afternoon's Trans-South 500. He did have some good practice speeds, and he did have a good, solid qualifying run to put himself in the field without any uh, effort at all here on Friday afternoon, and he's very happy to be in there, but he's out early this afternoon. 97 laps are complete here at Darlington in the Trans-South 500 right now. Take you back through the running order. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead this race. Jeff Bodine rides second. Sterling Marlin is third. Fourth right now is Morgan Shepard as he's creeping a little bit closer to the front three each lap around this racetrack. Mark Martin is being posted back there in fifth place. In sixth right now, looks like Brett Bodine. Then Bill Elliott follows him back in eighth place, or seventh place, rather. And in eighth position right now, Ricky Rudd, ninth will be Rob Moroso and rounding out the top 10 
trouble in turn number two. Dick Johnson loops his car directly in front of one of some of the oncoming traffic. Jack Pennington barely gets around that car. Johnson was coming into turn number one, had a nice line down to the inside of the racetrack. All of a sudden, between turns one and two, the car just broke loose. He looped it around and tagged the outside wall in turn two, and that's where the car sits now. Again, he was one of the gentlemen who spun his car into the wall during the last practice session here yesterday following the Bush Grand National Series Pontiac Pace Setters 200. So for Dick Johnson, a reacquaintance with the wall. Dick Johnson, though, you know, we don't talk much about the man, obviously. He only appeared in four races last year. But Dick Johnson is a five-time Australian touring car champion. That's roughly akin to the SCCA Trans Am Series that we have here in the United States. Uh, he ran in Australia last week, has another race there next week. But he is a many-time champion. We were joking about it, but it's serious for him. He is the Richard Petty of his country. That's the uh, esteem with which he is held on the road courses of Australia. Pit stops. The leader is in. Let's go to Dale Earnhardt's pit. Right side tires going on the Goodrin Chevrolet. Of course, we're loosening the left side. Look at that Unical gasoline. There's going to be four tires of gasoline for Dale Earnhardt. They quickly come around to the left side. Coming in now is Darrell Waltrip and Bill Elliott also in. Kenny Schrader is in. We checked in his pits and he's got a vibration on the Kodiak Chevrolet. We're going to check it out further. It could be just a tire. Dale Earnhardt is quickly away. Good stop for the Goodrich crew. Let's get out of Dick Brooks. All right, four more tires and gasoline for everybody as Jeff Bodine just got his down and gone. Uh, Sterling Marling went by. Uh, Dale Earnhardt is about the fourth one out of the pit row on this end. As, uh, they got Rusty Wallace's car in. What they're trying to do with Rusty's car is when it took the right front corner off of it, it also bent the uh, steering up on the right front, and they keep trying to adjust that out of it. Now, they said they were gaining on it a little bit, but they're not, that's an awful serious thing to have here in Darlington because the car needs to go where you want it to go. And uh, when you start bending the frame rails up on them or relocating those tires and wheels or relocating the wheels anyway, uh, sometimes you have a lot of trouble getting it back to where the thing feels comfortable and make a long day out of this thing for him. But they're still working on it. Every time it comes in, they readjust the front end. So they're, they're trying their best. Tony Glover got their, the number four Kodak counter back in and back out in pretty good shape. So uh, I think that car is going to be a threat today. Track position is a lot at just about every Winston Cup track on the circuit. It is a great deal of importance here at Darlington where you come out of those pits and have, how you have to work your way back up toward the front of the pack. We're under caution here at lap 100. Let's take a quick minute to talk to J. Michael Brown, the marketing director for TransSouth Financial Corporation. You folks have had a good involvement with stock car racing over the years, haven't you? We sure have, Barney. Ten years ago, we decided to get into NASCAR racing, and it was either an incredible stroke of luck or a brilliant decision because as NASCAR has grown, so has TransSouth, and our customers are NASCAR fans, and it's just a perfect match for us. I was about to ask you what kind of reaction do you get from your customers when you became involved in racing? I, most of the companies that have been in this business over the years have found out that race fans are vo very loyal to a sponsor. They are very loyal. They love the race, and they really like TransSouth and come back to us uh, again and again. And our employees, too, converge on the race every year. It's our annual corporate family reunion, and it's just a great time, and today we couldn't have asked for a better day. Well, if, we, if you're still in business, well, we're going to send Dick Brooks over and let him get a loan from. He's looking for a new airplane. Sure. We'll be glad to do what we can for him. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank Jay you. Michael Brown, the marketing director for TransSouth Financial Corporation. We're under caution. We'll be going back to green in about three or four more laps. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. 
We have gone back to green, and on lap 103, Jeff Bodine leads the Trans-South 500 over Sterling Marlin. Mark Martin is next in line, ahead of Dale Earnhardt, who is in fourth. In fifth place now for Michael Waltrip. He's gotten himself up in the running order with some good pit service, but the word is not nearly as encouraging for Ernie Irvin. His car remains on pit road with the hood up. Dick Brooks, what's the story? Well, it's a shame because the car was running well. young boy needs uh, all the help he can get, and after a fine job of driving, uh, with the problem he had uh, when he had all four flat tires there's an oil cooler where they cool the, uh, the oil for the engine uh, right at the front wheel generally they take uh, air through there just like you take through a radiator and it's generally on the left front wheel that's where you want your weight and all that stuff so that's a good place for it it happens to be there on this one but, it, but the tire, the rubber stuff coming off the tire busted oil line to that cooler it uh, probably bent it or ruptured it earlier, and it finally broke. They're going to have to replace that oil line. That's not something that happens uh, a lot, but it does happen uh, occasionally and seems to be no way to protect it. I remember I've been out of two or three races because of it back uh, 80 years ago. So 80 years ago, they didn't have a fix for it. Even back when Barney was around, they didn't have a fix for it. So it's been a problem, and, and they've had a problem with it now. Well, they fixed it used to when I was around. They'd put coconuts in it, but that's been a while. <laughs> We're One. watching Kenny Schrader, Barney, work his way up from the back of the pack also. He came in when everybody pitted on lap 99, but Schrader had to come back in again on lap number 100, and consequently he's all the way back near the uh, middle to back third of the running order on the racetrack right now. Jim Phillips, what was the reason for that extra pit stop for Schrader? That wheel spacer on the right front that was giving him problems, causing a vibration. They took it off a wheel. Wheel spacer is a washer-type deal they put on the hub to make the wheelbase or the tread width 60 inches wide, and his was causing a vibration. They put a brand-new one on, and now he seems to be running up to speed. 107 laps are on the board. Jeff Bodine's good pit stop a moment ago puts him at the front of the pack. He got off pit road, and Tim Brewer and that crew have really done a job on his car here today. Sterling Marlin right now hanging on to second position, but Jeff Bodine has pulled away a long ways, almost two and a half seconds now, back to the number two car. Riding along in third is Mark Martin. Fourth is Dale Earnhardt. Then it's a ways back to Rick Wilson's machine. Michael Waltrip was up there in fifth position on that restart, but he has lost another spot now. Bill Elliott just moved around him to drop him back to about seventh place. In eighth position, Morgan Shepard is working his way back to the front. And Joe Moore, that's been one of the cars that's been real consistent all day long, is Morgan Shepard. Shepard's been doing good. He's on the move again as he goes to work on Michael Waltrip. We've seen him running consistently there in the top five since starting this afternoon. A couple other cars, some things we're watching here in turn one. Michael Waltrip's having some serious problems keeping his car on the racetrack. He's rubbed the wall up here in turn two the last couple of times. And just behind him, Harry Gant, he's been picking off spots the last several laps. He's moved up to the ninth position now. Gant definitely on the move. Calls the field works now, lap 109. Let's get an update from the back pit area with Winston Kelly. Dick Johnson has brought his car behind pit wall. Dick, what happened out there? What do you reckon? I hit the fence, huh? What caused it? Sorry? What what caused the problem? Probably a bit of brain fade. Do you think you can get it fixed and get back in? I hope so. That's Dick Johnson, a man of not many words, and his car's behind pit wall here on the back straightaway pit. Talked to Norman Degree, one of the, the crew members, and he said they have a bent spindle, and they're trying to find one. 
Ernie Irvin's car continues to sit on pit road with the hood up, and they're working frantically to get him back in there as quickly as they can so he can come up with some kind of a decent finish here this afternoon with 110 laps complete. One thing today, Barney, we have seen virtually no problems with these radial tires. The tire wear has been good. The drivers have been saying all weekend long that cars are as comfortable as they've ever been. Ernie Irvin went so far as to say on uh, Wednesday or Thursday of this week that the radial tires here feel like the bias flies used to, at least to him. They've been that comfortable. I was talking with Phil Homer as a result of the wide acceptance of these tires by the drivers. Phil is the national field manager for stock car racing for Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. And I asked what Goodyear's approach has been with these radial tires in the last few months. The engineers, ever since they started working on the radials, have, have got it in their minds to improve the product every race. And, and we're learning. We run six races now on the radials, and, and we're learning every time we go run. And, and from that, they're, they're striving to improve the tire. It's already a much faster tire than a bias ply ever thought of being, and now they're even making a better product. Now, as far as making the tire more comfortable for the drivers, what do you work on in that area? That, that's basically in, in the construction on the sidewalls of the tire and, and uh, the properties that go into it, which are limitless, let me tell you. You never know there are so many fabrics in the world, right? And you really can't find out until you get out there and work on them. And these uh, radials have really been uh, accepted, uh, I think, more so here, Barney. For whatever reason, they just feel so much more comfortable to the drivers now than they did when they first showed up uh, six or seven races uh, back into their history. Well, they were. everyone had said that once we run them any length of time, and if we ran them every week within three or four races, there wouldn't even be any conversation about them. It would be like the bias ply tires. Just, you'd, you would take them for granted, go out there and do what you needed to do. And they have run three of the last four races on the radial tires. And I think that's one of the reasons the drivers are getting a lot more accustomed to the feel of those tires. 113 laps are on the board. They are reporting that Ernie Irvin is at least 10 laps down as he has gone back onto the racetrack. So it's going to be a long day for the young driver after a good run at Atlanta. 114 laps are on the scoreboard here this afternoon. And the interval right now is getting even bigger between the first position, which belongs to Jeff Bodine, and Sterling Marlin back there in second. But it could be a good battle shaping up for that second spot. Two cars are within striking distance there. Back in third place right now is still Mark Martin, and fourth is Dale Earnhardt. Short break, and we'll be back to Darlington. Well, a few fellas starting to get a little impatient on the racetrack now. 118 laps into the Trans-South 500. We welcome you back to Darlington Raceway here in Darlington, South Carolina. You're tuned to MRN Radio in our live coverage of the Trans-South 500. From fifth place on back now, we've got three cars tied tightly together. Rick Wilson in fifth, Bill Elliott in sixth, Morgan Shepard in seventh. And those cars have been swapping it up pretty good. Joe Moore heading back to turn one. Elliott's been trying to get underneath Rick Wilson and pick up that fifth position for the last several laps. He'll try again this time, but but he's being a little more patient, falling back in behind him, not seeing the opening for making a good run at him. So again, Bill Elliott settles down the sixth spot right behind Rick Wilson. Elliott's got to be careful, too, if he makes a wrong move. Morgan Shepard is going to get him for the sixth spot. Now here goes Bill underneath Wilson in turn four. And coming along underneath him also will be Morgan Shepard. So a couple of the Fords get around the Oldsmobile and work a little bit closer to the front. He can't count Bill Elliott out here at Darlington. This has been one of his better racetracks over the years, as we talked about a little bit earlier. And for the most part, except for a couple of times he's been here over recent years, he is a patient race driver. He doesn't really get after it all that much in the first two or 300 miles. But in that last 100 miles, if that car is still out there, it'll certainly be somewhere in the top five. So Elliott's in no big hurry. The car's getting around here pretty well for him. So for the moment... 
with just 121 laps complete of the 367 that make up the distance. He's doing more than likely what he's pretty happy to be doing, and that's stay in that lead lap, make the charge in this last 100 miles. 121 laps are on the board. The leader, whoops, one car gets real close to the wall in turn three. That's Chad Little, second time today. He's almost put a Darlington stripe on the car. Got up out of the groove into the marbles, but did a good job of keeping it off the wall, getting it straight, and getting it back on down off of turn number four. We're watching Davey Allison work his way back up through race traffic as well. Remember back on lap number 22, Davey was one of the cars that got caught up in that spin involving Kyle Petty, Ricky Rudd, and a few other machines. And Davey is now picking his way back up, running towards the seventh position right now here on lap number 122. We had talked earlier, though, that Davies cars run well this year. They just haven't gotten those brakes of any kind. They haven't gotten that good luck. And there have been a few things that the team has tried to work on to improve their overall position. Have you gotten any closer, Davey? Well, we have found some of the things why we weren't running well. Um, there, there was a couple of things in particular that, that were stumbling blocks for us, and, and we've overcome them. Unfortunately, it didn't show up at Atlanta because I gave out. The car didn't give out. The car was plenty good enough, but I gave out and by not being in good enough shape. Usually by this time of the year, I've run eight or ten races, and this year I've run three. So I wasn't in good enough shape in racing shape. Physical condition, pretty good shape, but actual racing shape, I wasn't good enough. And and that's something that we're working on now, too. And, and I'm going to start running more and more of the Bush Grand National races and try to, to help stay in the best shape I can. You and I were talking, Barney, earlier this morning with uh, Norm Koshimitsu from that team and a few others. Uh, they really have done what they can. That car is, is a good race car, but as we pointed out earlier, you get caught in an inadvertent spin of somebody else's, and that, that, that could put the, the screws to your whole race weekend. Well, as competitive as this business is anymore, if you get behind a little bit earlier and have to play catch-up all day long, it is awfully hard to win or even come up with a top-ten finish. 124 laps are complete. Looking at Darrell Walter on the latest rundown we had a moment ago, he was back in 13th position, and Waltrip's car has not appeared to be up to par at all this afternoon. Let's see if we can get a report from his pits. Jim Phillips? We're in the Darrell Waltrip pit with Jeff Hammond. Jeff, you got up to 13th position, but you're not moving up as fast as maybe we thought you should. What's wrong? Well, right now, Jim, we uh, got a little off. Uh, we got a set of tires the car didn't really like as well as we had earlier, and we've been trying to get them, you know, get the car back like we had it. And right now, track position on some of these restarts has been a little bit on the treacherous side, so we're having to kind of pick our way through. Right now, as long as we don't start, you know, giving up a whole lot of ground to the leader, if we can kind of, you know, stay within like a half a lap until we get everything sorted out, I'll be content with that. Uh, Daryl says it's not real bad, but, you know, we're still not quite there. We've got to work on the car a little more as the day progresses. We're just trying to do it in little bitty minor adjustments at a time because we don't want to get way out to lunch. The guys are really running hard here today. And, you know, I still feel very good about everything. We just get a little bit more time to work on the car. You're one of the teams that had high expectations. You've been just a tick off all year. Yeah, we've, uh, we come in this year, we really thought we were going to be really tough everywhere we went. And it seems like we've always had like a one stretch during the uh, course of the race that we've been way off and we get a lap down. And, and then we start getting back on our on track about the second half of the race. And by the end of the race, we can run with the leaders, but we've already given up so much it don't show it on the scorecard. So, you know, that's what we got to try to get out of. And, you know, today we're kind of back in the same boat. I guess you'd have to say we haven't quite got these radial tires figured out. And through all the uh, head scratching, maybe it's kind of hurt us everywhere else. We just got to keep after. We're not about to lay down and die. We got a long ways to go. That's Jeff Hammond, crew chief for Daryl Walker. 
Walter just out there right now, kind of nursing the car along, and they'll keep adjusting on it all day long. But for the moment, he certainly has no threat to get up to the front of the pack. But his main goal, I'm sure at this point, is to stay in the lead lap, as is the same for a lot of the other drivers, the way Jeff Bodine's getting around this racetrack. Bodine continues to set a very hard pace. That team has gelled. I think a lot of people said when they announced that Jeff was going to go up and drive for Junior Johnson, there was a, even in the garage area, there were a lot of kind of snickers and whatever, not the candy bar kind either, of saying, boy, that'll never work. And I, my, even myself, as close as I am to Junior and the guys over there, knowing Jeff for the last 10 or 12 years, I kind of had my doubts about it. Uh, to know that it would work, it could, if Tim Brewer and Jeff Bodine both changed a little bit and was willing to bend and give. I think the thing that's been the difference there is Junior probably took both of them by the ear and said, look, this is the way it's going to be. You're both going to give a little bit, and I think that's exactly what's happened. Well, you know, when Junior can start ruling with the iron fist, uh, that, that means a whole heck of a lot. And Jeff has produced for the team also. That's one thing you can't overlook. Uh, he has gone out. He has run well. He has given Junior and the team their first bush pole as Ford operators here in the last uh, year or so, year and a half. Uh, there, it was up to Jeff to get out there and do the job because you knew that Junior Johnson and Associates would provide for him a race car capable of winning, and Jeff has done just that. He's gone out, he has run well, and right now is continuing to pace the field here, and he uh, blew everybody away as far as qualifying is concerned. So in this instance, it's let your actions speak for you, and Jeff is making it pay off. And I think a lot of people also didn't think that the Bud Moore and Morgan Shepard deal would work, but it has thus far this year. That's been one of the best combinations out there, and it's working pretty well today. I'd love to hear a conversation between those two guys because uh, they don't neither one of them say a whole heck of a lot sometimes uh, you know Bud Moore a whole lot uh, longer and far better than I do but uh, both men say what has to be said and that's about it they probably have these one or two word conversations and nod at each other and go about their business and that's it as long as it gets it done that's all that counts 131 laps are complete Jeff Bodine is the leader here in the Trans South 500 we'll be back in a minute from the Darlington Raceway this is MRN Radio here at Darlington Raceway in South Carolina, 135 laps around the board. A total today of 367 laps making up the distance. Jeff Bodine continues as the race leader. Second is Sterling Marlin. Then Mark Martin, Dale Earnhardt, and Morgan Shepard. That's the top five. We've seen some pretty good battles here among the top five. And from position five on back because Sterling Marlin, who is right now holding down second spot, has for a time, his hands full with Mark Martin, and at the same time, Barney, fifth place, Morgan Shepard had his hands full with Davey Allison battling him for a spot. Well, I think most of the drivers, as we said, are just kind of trying to hold in the lead lap because this is a section of the race where the best you can do is just kind of ride around out there and kind of let the cars do what they need to do rather than stick it in the wall or rough it up a little bit. Although the battles have been real close, everybody's kind of feeling each other out in the early going here to see exactly what they can do in both ends of this racetrack with 136 laps complete in the Trans-South 500. We've got a long, long day yet. The day's going to get hotter. This racetrack's going to get slicker. So nobody's going to really do any really that hard nose of racing in the early going here this afternoon with that much left to do. Let's take a look back through the running order for you. Jeff Bodine is still the leader. Sterling Marlin is second. Mark Martin is third. Dale Earnhardt is fourth. Fifth is Morgan Shepard. Sixth right now is Davey Allison. Seventh is Bill Elliott. Rick Wilson is being posted eighth. Michael Waltrip ninth. And rounding out the top ten right now is Harry Gant. Eleventh is Brett Bodine. Twelfth now belonging to the Ricky Redcar. 13th is Kenny Schrader. 14th, Daryl Waltrip. 15th is Dick Trickle. 16th, Terry Labonte. Rob Moroso is 17th. Bobby Hillen runs 18th. All of these cars are on the lead lap. 19th is Jimmy Spencer. And 20th spot belongs to Richard Petty. One lap down in 21st is Alan Kulwicki. 22nd is Mike Alexander. 23rd, Neil Bonnet. 
24th is Jimmy Means, and 25th is Chad Little. Two laps down, and 26th is Kyle Petty. 27th is Butch Miller. Jack Pennington is 28th, and Dave Marcus runs in the 29th spot. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. We are talking a moment ago about some of the new teams that have gone together, some of the new combinations this year, not necessarily a new race team, but certainly a new driver combination, and how they had gelled. Now, some of the older teams and some of the organized teams that have been here for a long, long time certainly are having their problems this year. The Wood Brothers, uh, Neil Bonnet just has not been a factor in that many races in 1990. Also, Davey Allison, that we talked about, has, has had some strong runs, but they just have not been able to put the finishes together. And Rusty Wallace, the Winston Cup champion, they certainly have not got their year off to the kind of a start they would like to have. Coming out of turn number four, Earnhardt will try to slip down underneath Sterling Marlin and move a little bit closer up there as he works his way back into the front straightaway. So Earnhardt is one of the cars that is working his way back to the front of the pack as he works over to Joe Moore. Earnhardt's been battling with Sterling Marlin for the last couple of laps. Finally does get by that car. Now Marlin comes back at him off turn number two. He'll try to take the inside line, but quickly off the corner gets back in behind Earnhardt. And what allowed uh, Earnhardt to get by Marlin was Mark Martin, who got underneath Marlin in turns three and four the lap before pushed Marlin up the racetrack that opened the door for Earnhardt Marlin may lose a spot to Davey Allison here any moment now Davey Allison has been coming along in a hurry looking inside and outside but now holding single file all of this action is some five and a half seconds six seconds behind the race leader Jeff Bodine here on lap number 141 they're back in turn one battle for the fourth position now Davey Allison puts it down on the inside of the racetrack off turn two trying to pull even with Sterling Marlin that's the battle for fourth Allison will tuck in behind single file for the moment on the back straightaway takes a quick peek to the inside now goes bumper to bumper into the corner Marlin's car slides up but Allison can't get the bike to the bottom of the racetrack. They run very tight together out of turn number four, about a half a car length between those two positions as they come back down to the start-finish line. And for the moment, they'll stay tucked in that way. Davey's in no hurry to make a move going off into turn number one. Meanwhile, Jeff Bodine just seems to have everything going his way. He's always run Darlington well. He's never won at this place, and he wasn't making any predictions, but the crew was a little bit earlier yesterday afternoon saying that if we can run the way we have in qualifying and in practice, we got a good chance to win here at Darlington today. And I think they have the way they're getting around here right now. We might get a word from the Tim Brewer pit crew down there sometime in the next 10 or 15 minutes to see if everything is going according to schedule for them. Seven and one-tenth seconds now, Barney. The differential from first place back to second. That's how well Jeff Bodine is working, whether it's to the outside or the inside, as is the case here, going past Chad Little through turns number one and two. It really seems to be easy for driver Jeff Bodine at this juncture. Another driver who's doing well here today, running in the top 15, is Dick Trickle driving for Cale Yarborough's racing efforts and now that Trickle is into his second full year of Winston Cup racing I asked him the other day if it's getting any easier for him. Really most of the tracks I haven't had a problem with you know four or five laps and I'm ready to go but Darlington I think for the next ten years I'll be more comfortable every race because Darlington's a one and only track I, I feel like I got a pretty good handle on it but each race I should even get better you know the old thing, it's hard to beat a guy in his home track. And the more you run this track, the more it will become your home track. And uh, uh, where it's, you got a single Darlington out as the Darlington Raceway. And, and uh, it's completely different than any other track on the circuit. And I like it. And Dick Trickle shows that today, running a strong 15th. Rob Moroso tagged the wall in turn number two seconds ago, and he's on pit road now for service. Let's go to his pit stop. Well, they're going to the right side. They're going to change the tires and look over the quarter panels, I think. There's your sheet metal just to see if there's much damage done. They only had to put fuel in it. 
about halfway through a normal gas stop here, so we uh, didn't really have to come in for fuel, but it's a good time to fuel it if they got to come in anyway. So they're pulling away the sheet metal. They're letting him go, so evidently they think it's okay. So Rob Moroso gets a lesson here at Darlington this afternoon as he's tagged the wall a little bit down in one and two. 146 laps are down. We'll be back in a minute. At Darlington Raceway, the lead is still better than seven seconds for Jeff Bodine, but now the man he is leading is Davey Allison. As Davey has made the move in and around Mike Martin and begins to chase down the race leader if he can. Today's broadcast of the Trans South 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Darlington Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. I'm Eli Gold along with Barney Hall, Joe Moore, and Alan Bestwick are in the turns. Our pit reporters are Jim Phillips, Dick Brooks, and Winston Kelly. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. We have a gorgeous day for racing temperature in the 80s here in the PD state of South Carolina in Darlington. Let's go to the pits. We're the Davey Allison pit. Robert, you had a lot of trouble earlier in the race. You came back down running super good right now. Well, we had O-ring and uh, valve stem go bad and let the right rear equalize early in the race. And, uh, we got that fixed and the car's running real good right now. Has the track changed much today so far? Uh, no, it hasn't. That's Robert Gates, the crew chief and car owner for Davey Allison. 152 laps are on the scoreboard. It is still Jeff Bodine, Davey Allison trying to reel him in a couple of forwards up at the front of the pack right now. The interval between first and second is still a fairly healthy one as he has a pretty good ways to go to catch the leader. As they work their way down the back stretch right now, still in third place is Mark Martin. Riding fourth is Earnhardt and fifth back there right now. They're still showing a good run for Morgan Shepard. We're talking about some of the teams that have really worked out well and Looking at Jimmy Spencer's effort here this afternoon, he has currently stayed in the lead lap, which is being shown up around 18th or 19th position at the last rundown we had from NASCAR timing and scoring. And we were talking with Jimmy yesterday, and he feels that this new team is really coming together. It is, Barney. Uh, Doug and I just seem to work really well together. Uh, I think we started off the season sort of on the bad side. We crashed the car at Daytona, and then we came back down to Daytona and ran real well. We lost that car in testing, but, you know, that started everybody off that, oh, man, Jimmy's still what he used to be. And uh, I told the guys that I might lose a race car once in a while, but it's not for me not trying, guys. And uh, I think that set the tempo for all year long, and those guys seem to be working harder than they did when I first came there. And that's what's proven it. Uh, we've got two top 15 finishes and two top 10 finishes. And uh, we've had problems in those four races, and if we didn't have those problems, we'd even be further up in the, in the finish but uh, I'm looking for better things yet out of this team, and we're, we're growing well together. Our motor department's coming well. Everything is looking really good, and Heinz uh, Pontiac eventually might get in the winner's circle and hope for this year. Tell you, he's really changed as a driver also. He came on the circuit kind of like Earnhardt did and was involved in some pushing and shoving and different things, but he has matured an awful lot in the last year, and he admitted that. He said, you know, when I first came down here, I thought this thing was a piece of cake, but I found out in a hurry it isn't. I learned right then, immediately, this is not easy. I sat home on TV and watched it, and I know a lot of fans do, and uh, they listen to it on MRN. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, racing and winch the cup, because you've got absolutely the 40 best drivers that's available. And, uh, you know, you got to consider that that's from all over the country. We're not racing three or four local Saturday night people. We're racing the best that there is. And uh, it is very, very hard. And like I say, you got to stay on your toes all the time. Co total concentration. The minute you lose concentration, you end up crashing or, or doing something wrong. 
it ends up costing you a lot of positions. So that's the thoughts of Jimmy Spencer as he continues to improve each time around. Here's Rusty Wallace back on pit road. Boy, that team has had their share of problems in the early part of 1990. Let's go down the pit road. Well, Barney, they, uh, when the cars uh, got the damage like that car's got and uh, the chassis been bent around on it like it has, it gives you some weird feelings under it once in a while. And, uh, and I think he was complaining with the car uh, being a little bit tight or wanting to push just a little bit. Well, as the tires get hot, the driver gets tired. Of course, he's got nobody to race with but himself. And uh, you lose your concentration a little bit. Sometimes you'll start feeling stuff or, or, or uh, thinking you're feeling stuff that's not really there. He thought the car was too tight. Uh, with the front end off, he can see the fenders tore off and all that stuff. you got to start thinking, man, this thing's going to blow right front tires. Something we're going to stuff it. I think that's what happened to him. He came in. They took a rubber out of the right front, out of the right front spring, which means they softened it up a little bit and uh, change the tires and let him go back out. It'll be a hard day for Rusty. He's been posted, oh, we understand now, some six laps behind, so it's going to be a long day for him here at Darlington. A couple of other items to point out. When Rob Moroso tagged the wall earlier and made his pit stop, he lost two laps, so he's now running in the same lap as is Jack Pennington. The reason the significance there is that both of those fellows are battling for NASCAR Winston Cup Rookie of the Year honors. Moroso with 41 points to Pennington's 22, and they're now battling one another, and Pennington always does well here at Darlington. A former dirt track racer, I was talking with Jack yesterday, wondered if it was the fact that he had that dirt track and background that helped him here at Darlington. I think it is in a way, because on this type of racetrack, you can kind of let the car hang out a little more and really get around the racetrack fast. And having, uh, you know, short track dirt, used to letting them hang out. Uh, well, the speeds are a lot of different, but with the radio tires, it's still, you know, it still feels pretty comfortable, even though it gets a little loose every now and then, but, you know, it's, it don't really upset me none, so I think you can run fast if you, you keep that in mind, so. That's Jack Pennington, a man who, again, lets the racing action speak for him more often than not. Using the four-and-a-half-mile-to-gallon uh, equation or so, Jim Phillips, we should be closing in on green flag pit stops. We've gone, what now, 60 laps, 61 laps since everybody pitted last time. I talked to David Smith, who calculates the gas mileage for Dale Earnhardt, and he said about 64 to 65 laps under normal green conditions on a fuel stop during this race. So we're coming up on some fuel stops shortly. We see the Xerox crew beginning to get themselves ready, so we'll cover those stops in a moment. And we're seeing a lot of activity up and down pit road right now. We'll take a short break, and we'll come back to Darlington in a minute. Today's Trans-South 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Dinner Bell Meats, the official meat products of NASCAR. By Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant, only Peak gives you peak performance. By First Brands, makers of STP oil treatment. STP is the edge. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. And by Ford and your local Ford truck dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. We have begun green flag pit stops here at Darlington as Jeff Bodine continues to lead the Trans-South 500. Seconds ago, Neil Bonnet pitted and so did Alan Kowicki. Now the Dale Earnhardt team going to work. Jim Phillips. And they're going to the right side first. Eli's going to be a run. All four tires are going to be changed on the Dale Earnhardt car. Just a moment ago, Neil Bonnet came in, took on right side tires, took a little wedge out of 14.33 seconds for the Neil Bonnet stop. Also, Alan Kowicki came in. Kenny Schrader is in on pit road right now. They're going to the right side on the, the Kodiak Chevrolet, and they're going to change all four tires on his car. Dale Earnhardt's down and away. 23 
2.64 seconds for Dale Earnhardt. Not a bad stop for the Earnhardt team. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, Alan Kowicki took, took four tires while ago and had a good stop. Sterling Marlin, they put four tires on his car. These guys want to check these tires, I think, one more time. I had spoke to uh, Steve Meal while ago with the uh, sixth car of Mark Martin and uh, see if there was a problem with the car. Not taking anything away from Davey Allison, but the way he passed him, it looked like maybe he had picked up a lot or market slowed down. He said the car was pushing a little bit. It means it doesn't really turn. It's going to be a unique thing, I think, for this particular racetrack because the car had, generally has a tendency to get a little bit loose or wanting to spin out some. Uh, these guys are going to have to make a tire adjustment here, and they're doing it with all four tires, I think. As uh, Right now, Mark Martin is in the pits. As, so is Michael Walter. Michael Walter, but I don't think they're going to change four on his car. There they are because they're going to the left side. So are they with Mark Martin. Jim Phillips. On this hit the pit road, Davey Allison did. They're changing all four tires on his car. Also, Morgan Shepard was in. Dick Trickle is now in getting service. We're waiting on Harry Gant. And Harry was having a lot of trouble coming off number four with his car getting sideways, so they'll be able to adjust on that. Also, Rick Wilson came in on this series of green stops. Seeing some cars also pitting in the backstretch. Winston Kelly. Dave Marcus was the first of those cars to pit. He came in on lap 166 and got four tires and gasoline. Jimmy Spencer and Derek Coach both in on lap 167, also four tires and gasoline. Just in for service, Mike Alexander. Now on pit road, also getting four tires as Butch Miller. And also in for service is H.B. Bailey. The pit board is going up for Terry Labonte. He'll be coming in for service shortly. Jimmy Means in for service as we speak. Also, the car number 75 of Rick Wilson will be coming in for service shortly as well. And our race leader, Jeff Bodine, is in, Dick Brooks. Well, he is. They're going to change four on his car also. Putting a full load of fuel in it. Brent Bodine's car just had four tires. on it, dropped him down. Away he goes as you heard him go by. They just about got Jeff done. They're dropping his car right now, and away he goes. Bill Elliott is being posted as a leader. He has yet to come onto pit road. Darrell Waltrip is in. Let's go back to Jim Phillips. Well, they go to the right side on the tie, Chevrolet, and Darrell, too, is going to be one of the cars on this green stop to change all four tires. They're putting in the Unical gasoline. Jeff Hammond around the left side. It's going to be a four-tire stop for Darrell Waltrip. So we are working lap 171 right now. We are coming close to the halfway lap and that right guard halfway challenge. If you haven't called in to register to win that Pontiac Grand Prix SE, now's your chance. Call 1-900-226-6600. Again, that number, 1-900-226-6600. Each call costs 90 cents. You must be at least 18 years old to enter. And you need to get your call in before the halfway lap, which is now 13 laps away here in Darlington. 171 laps. Well, I'd make that 172 laps on the board. Talking about Harry Gant's pit stop there just a moment ago. This has not been that good a day for Harry Gant. Now, he's not out of this thing by any means, but Gant normally is right up there challenging for the lead. He's had some of his best runs here at Darlington, but they've continued to make adjustments on that car, and he may be a factor before the day is over. Bill Elliott, again, had been posted as a leader, waiting for him to make his pit stop. Kyle Petty is back in the pits. He had a little damage earlier here this afternoon. Let's go back down to Dick Brooks. Well, they're having a little trouble getting the toe in right on the car. Pumped it out just a little bit. They said they needed about a four or five lap caution if they could get it straightened out. But uh, they're having no trouble with anything else. I think they just uh, fill him up with fuel, put on four tires, he's down the way. And Bill Elliott is in for service. Now the race leader, Jim. And they go to the right side on the Coors Ford. Bill Elliott's one of the teams that's been chasing the chassis all week here at Darlington, of course, with the cool weather now, the warm weather. And he's been moving up through the field. Of course, Mike Rich and... Uh, 
His brother Dan are changing the right side tires. Now they go to the left side, putting in the Unical gasoline. It's going to be a four-tire stop. And also Mike Bean comes around and takes a round of wedge out of Bill Elliott's car. So evidently the car was wanting to go toward the wall a little bit. 24 points, one second for Bill Elliott on his pit stop. Bill Elliott, did you guys have to throw away your old black book now that you've gotten these cars on radials here at Darlington? I think we've thrown away the black book a long time ago because, uh, you know, whenever we went from the 88 to the 89 model, it, it was a totally different car. And it, it seems like since then and, and since the tire wars have since come and gone that, you know, everything's changed. You know, you can go to a racetrack and be the best car there. They can come and change tire compounds, and you can be the worst car there and have to sort back through the same things. And that's the, the things that the fans don't see is how much the little things change and make a difference. Uh, you know, we didn't come over here and test the other week. We felt like that we, this is a car we wrecked at Rockingham. We were trying to get it 100%, make sure it was dead right before we came over here. We were hoping the weather would be a little little more cooperative. But, you know, all in all, we're looking forward to it. I think the the main thing is it's a front steer car, and I don't – I may have run a front steer car over here once or twice in the past, but I can't remember. But still – there's, there's no real setup there, and with these radials, it's all going to be a guesswork anyway. It'll be very interesting to see how much uh, a team's thinking, Barney, means as to what they go with. Do the Elliots stay with the front steers, as we just heard Bill talking, or do they go back to what they know works in their instance, in the case of the rear steer? Uh, sometimes it's not always what works, but what you think works best, and uh, when you're mentally happy and satisfied, that means a whole lot to your performance. Made a big difference in a lot of race teams, I could tell you about down there on pit road, is keeping that driver happy no matter what it takes or how trivial or change something on the car that won't make any difference whatsoever. But if it makes the driver think it will, there's, well, I was about to give you an example, but I won't call the driver's name. There's a driver down there that if his team will tell him, we've got more horsepower than anybody here today. They say nine times out of ten, he'll set sail and just leave everybody or run right up toward the front of the pack. But if he feels like it's off and, and they halfway agree that maybe we're a little off in horsepower, he won't run a lick. And it's kind of an interesting business. 177 laps in the board after this round of pit stops. They're still showing Jeff Bodine as the leader. We'll be back in a minute. Holly Farms, Newton Fisk, world-famous chicken inventor, with a big idea for you. Plum chickens mean plum profits, right? So fat is where it's at. I'm talking about Fisk's fat fowl feed. It blows them up like balloons. They get so fat, one chicken can fill up a whole refrigerator. You don't eat Thanks anyway, Newton. But at Holly Farms, we raise our chickens on our own nutritious blend of corn and soybeans. So Holly Farms chicken is naturally lean and meaty and naturally low in fat. That's just one reason why it's America's number one brand of fresh chicken and why it tastes so good. We could even feed them bonbons for dessert. According to my studies, they're especially fond of buttercreams. For all the wholesome goodness of the farm, buy Holly Farms. We have a natural way with chicken. At the track or on your table, nothing's more natural than Holly Farms. Look for us in your grocer's fresh meat case. Holly Farms, America's number one brand of fresh chicken and official chicken of NASCAR. Davey Allison had a little problem with Eli coming out of turn number four up there, and you were looking straight at it. Yeah, the car just cut right on him as he went up into the wall in turn number four. He hit it again coming off turn number four. He's made a whole lap now and is into the attention of the crew. Let's cover his pit stop. Uh, they're going to the right side with the hammers, trying to knock out that cheap metal away from the tires. The right rear tire comes off. It is still up, but he has quite a bit of damage to the outside of the tire, of course, where he rubbed the wall. But Davey Allison is down and away. A good stop as they knock the fenders away from the tires. He's down and away. 
away. And that's just a good example of what we've talked about several times this afternoon. Let's go to the back pits. There's trouble back here on the back straightaway pits. Jimmy Spencer tagged the wall right up in front of Joe Moore, and he's come to rest right on the inside retaining wall here on the back straightaway. Whitson, it was racing along with Harry Gant. The two cars got together coming off turn number two. Gant kept his car straightened out, but Spencer looped it around and slammed into the inside wall. It has put us under caution, and it will come out at lap 180. It will be the fifth one of the day, and we may see some more cars coming back on the pit road, despite the fact that just about the entire field had already made their scheduled pit stops. Lap 181 on the board here at Darlington from the Darlington Raceway. This is MRN Radio. All the cars are again on pit road as we work caution. Caution on the speedway for the fifth time on lap number 180 after Jimmy Spencer tagged the wall down the back straightaway. All the pit stops appear routine with the exception of Kyle Petty, the hood going up on his car. Let's now go out to the back stretch again. Alan Bestwick with an update on Jimmy Spencer's car. Well, Jimmy fired the car away from where it came to rest about halfway down the back stretch and the car was tracking very badly to the left. In other words, the, the rear end of the car was driving about two feet farther to the left than the front wheels were. He got it about halfway around the racetrack, realized he wouldn't get it anywhere, got out of the car now, and they're about to hook a wrecker up to it. Jeff Jeff Bodine did not come on the pit road. Just about half the front of the field did elect to come in to make that pit stop. So Bodine may be taking a calculated gamble. Let's check in with Dick Brooks. Well, I noticed when it came in, he didn't, uh, he stayed on the racetrack. Now, sometimes those guys will try to fake each other out up there somewhere or another, you know, and and the crew will tell them, say, uh, if the leader pits, pin, if he doesn't, doesn't, don't. And uh, and Jeff didn't pit, so but most everybody else did. There's only 10 laps. I think they had pitted at 169 or 170 or something like that. So there's only really 10 laps. We'll just see if that makes a difference uh, under the next green flag stop or not. If there is another one, let's get an update on Jimmy Spencer's situation in the back stretch. Jimmy has not bought, brought his car around the pit road. Doug Rickard and the crew have the pit board out and are waiting for Jimmy. Derek Cope is in for service. He's been sitting on pit road for quite some time. Buddy Parrott and the crew looked up underneath the right side of the car, and now he, they've sent the Purolator Chevrolet back onto the track. But Jimmy Spencer has not made his way back around to the back straightaway pit. Davey Allison is back in the pits. The hood is up on his car. Darrell Walter brings his Tide machine onto pit road. This would be a stop under caution here. Rob Moroso's car is back in, and the hood is up, and they are making some adjustments and doing some work under the hood of his machine also. Now let's update everybody on the halfway situation. We are right now just one half lap away from halfway, but the right guard halfway challenge cannot be awarded under caution. So the $10,000 for the driver and a chance for one of the fans to win the Pontiac will go for the fifth green flag lap upon our resumption of racing. So five green flag laps after we go back to green is when the halfway challenge will be awarded to the driver, $10,000, and to a lucky listener on MRN with a chance to win that Pontiac Grand Prix. Talking about chances for you to win something special, how about a Daytona 500 Dream Vacation? That's right, the Goodies Daytona 500 Dream Vacation is underway again here in 1990. Two tickets to the 1991 Daytona 500 and the Goodies 300, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area, accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach Shores, plus $1,500 in spending money, 
Also, there'll be eight racing holiday of the month prizes given away throughout the course of this 1990 season, with those winners getting two tickets to a Winston Cup race and $500 in cash. If you'd like to enter, send a front panel from any size package of Goodies Headache Powders or Extra Strength Tablets, or just write the words Goodies Headache Powders in plain block letters on a 3 by 5 card. Make sure you include your name and your address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. And the address is Goodies Race for the Money, Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. No purchase required, void where prohibited by law. And Barney, while we're talking about the folks at Goodies and their long-standing involvement with the folks at uh, the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, want to say hello to Dick Hasek from uh, the Brenner Children's Hospital. I understand he's a bit under the weather this week. Yeah, we were. they told us that this morning when we were down in the garage area, and again, we'd like to wish him well and hope he gets out and back and about real soon. 185 laps are complete. About all the pit stops are done. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Darlington in a moment. We're set to go back to green flag racing here at Darlington. The green flag laps will count five more until they pay off the right guard halfway challenge. So lap number 192 will be the payoff of $10,000 for a driver and possibly a Pontiac for one of you listening in on MRN. Right now, lap 186 flipping to 187 as we get the green flag from Harold Kinder going back racing in Darlington. They get down to business in a hurry. Jeff Bodine takes off on the start. Tries to put as much daylight on the field as he can to try and clinch that $10,000 halfway mark as he heads over to turn two. Bodine gets about two car links on, or rather Bodine yet yeah, two car links on his younger brother, Brett Bodine. Then third in line, the Rick Wilson car in single file in the back stretch. They run it out now single file back through the first six cars before the lap cars down to the inside including Neil Bonnet. Bill Elliott will bypass Bonnet now and try and get underneath Jack Pennington. It's brother against brother for that $10,000 payoff from right guard. Lap 188 is on the board. Again, we are past halfway if we're just joining us, but that halfway challenge cannot be won under caution, so consequently we'll go to lap 192 before we pay off the big prizes. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. 14 cars still on the lead lap here in Darlington. The Trans South 500, lap 188 of 367. Across the stripe, Jeff Bodine. He's got four car lanes on Brett Bodine. He's got nine car lanes on third place Rick Wilson back in turn one. Wilson tries to hold the spot, but Bill Elliott's closing in on him. Then comes Mark Martin, followed by the Ernie Irvin car. He's cutting his way back up through the pack. Right now, the front two cars separating themselves from third place by a good seven or eight car lengths now as they come to the end of the back straightaway. It's all Jeff Bodine now. Six car lengths over Brett Bodine to turn four. And as we look back in the field, Earnhardt is knocking them off one by one, working his way back up there toward the lead pack. 190 laps are on the board as they come across the line. Two more laps, and that $10,000 will be up for grabs for Jeff Bodine if he can hold off his brother. They head back to turn two. Jeff Bodine keeps that five-car length lead as he comes back into turn number two. Younger brother Brett takes a lower line, coming to the banking of turn number two, not gaining a bit of ground on Jeff. Watching the hot battle for third place now as Rick Wilson has a bunch of cars gaining on him. Bill Elliott tucked right in his tail as well as Mark Martin. Ernie Irvin also running with that group, although not on the lead lap. Coming back through turns three and four now. The field still chasing Jeff Bodine. A race within a race here across the stripe lap 191. One more lap until we have the payoff of $10,000 to the race leader. Right now, Jeff seems to have it in hand. Clear sailing for Jeff Bodine. No lap traffic will become a factor here. He leads easily still by at least five car lengths over Brett Bodine off turn two. The Budweiser Ford down the back straightaway. Half a lap from the money now. Off the throttle at the entrance to turn three. Points the car to the bottom of the racetrack. Now back. Back in the gas, drives it all the way out to the wall and off the corner. 
So as they head down off turn number four, the halfway lap, it is going to be Jeff Bodine showing the way over his brother, Brett Bodine. Halfway, technically, if you will, for our contest, although we are actually five or six laps past the halfway point of the race. And Jeff Bodine wins the $10,000 from right guard. And one of you at home who entered our contest, stay by your phone when it rings. If you can tell us that Jeff Bodine was the leader at halfway, you'll win a Pontiac. Let's go down to the Bodine pits for the Budweiser team. Dick Brooks? Well, Tim Brewer, you uh, rolled the dice and you won that one. Is it uh, worth the gamble for the next pit stop? I think so. Uh, Jeff just called me and said, well, bro, we got a little pocket money. Uh, I can't take the credit. Uh, chairman of the board over here, he uh, he called that one, so uh, we got to give that one to Junior there. All right, I'll tell you, uh, Flossie might need some money up there to make some biscuits and gravy in the mountains up there, but they've got it in their pocket anyway for now. A couple of fellas I know on MRN were up there. They'd need some, that's for sure. <laughs> 193 laps are complete. Junior may need a new chicken house or something like that. But Jeff Bodine has just collected $10,000, and he wants to collect a win here this afternoon, looking for his first victory ever at Darlington. And he's certainly been one of the dominant cars all day long. But, again, you have to look back to Dale Earnhardt. He was going real strong in the early part of the race here this afternoon. He is continuing to work his way right to the front of the pack as he's been knocking them off one by one at lap 194. Work continues on the Heinz Ketchup Pontiac for Jimmy Spencer, who spun down the back straightaway earlier. Winston Kelly with a quick update. Doug Rickard and the crew are cutting away pieces of the right rear quarter panel to try to get up underneath the car. They've got some, a rear-end housing prepared to put on the Heinz Ketchup Pontiac. Jimmy Spencer has made his trip to the mandatory infield care center, and we'll try to catch up with him later to see what happened. But they are trying to get the Heinz Ketchup Pontiac back in as he's up to eighth in the point standings right now. 11 that's the number leading it on the scoreboard right now. Jeff Bodine ahead of brother Brett Bodine, who is second. Third is Mark Martin, then Dale Earnhardt, and Morgan Shepard. From the Darlington Raceway, this is M. We have 170 laps remaining here in the Trans-South 500 as we welcome you back to Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall, the entire MRN crew, watching Jeff Bodine continue to pace the field. Earlier, of course, he had a lead of some 7 and 6 tenths seconds. Right now, as he comes across the stripe, it is 99 hundredths of a second over his brother, who currently runs in second spot. But that's how it's been for the last number of laps. The interval is neither lengthened nor shortened between those two. Third place currently held by Mark Martin fourth is Morgan Shepard and fifth place running right in his tired tracks is Dale Earnhardt Earnhardt trying to chase down Shepard and doing so in turn three. Shepard picked up a Darlington stripe just a bit ago, got up towards the wall, scraped it a bit. He's going to come close again in turn three, slides up. Earnhardt's going to go for the bottom. And Earnhardt stays inside of Morgan Shepard. Shepard will run up, or maybe Earnhardt will, on Bobby Hill, and something's got to give there, and it's Earnhardt who's going to have to get back in line behind Morgan Shepard. We told you moments ago that work is continuing on Jimmy Spencer's Heinz Pontiac on the back pit area. Corey Smith is looking on, interestingly, at that situation. He is the product manager for Heinz USA, joining us from Pittsburgh down here in sunny Darlington today. And uh, tell you something, in light of how well that team is doing, they're eighth overall in points right now, and a number of top five and top ten finishes, you've got to be awfully tickled. From a sponsor's point of view this year, Eli, we're very happy with the way things are going. It's uh definitely going our way. We're delighted to be eighth and uh, hope we can get back out on track today. We have established, though, that the times you've visited with us over the years, how many folks in the southeastern region of the United States use ketchup and uh, how Heinz have been trying to increase their 
product uh, usage, if you will, uh, in this area through Winston Cup Racing. Has, uh, has your advertising and all your research borne out to what you would hope it would be uh, as far as actual sales are concerned? I think a good indication of that this year, Eli, is the way that uh, barbecue sauce and our, our uh, 57 sauce have joined the team this year. They've seen the tremendous uh, results that Ketcher's been able to obtain down here, and they've joined the team. So it's a, it's a three-way sponsorship this year, and it's working hard for all of us. Well, it's obvious things are going well. You've got the Heinz Ketchup Award again in, uh, in NASCAR Winston Cup Racing, and it's great to see you folks having jumped on board as you did and now in uh, further expanding your involvement. We're happy to see it working for you. Corey, take care. Thanks for joining with us. Thank you, Eli. Midway down the back straightaway, Bill Elliott's car seems to be slowing just a tad. Elliott is overtaken by four or five cars now at the entrance to turn three. Ricky Rudd gets by, Dick Trickle gets by, but he is still under power off the corner. Elliott's car bobbled coming off turn number two. He almost looped it around but held on to the car. As he got down the back straightaway, he dropped to the inside. That's where he lost the position. And as he comes past us here at the start-finish line, he seems to be very much up to race speed again. So he continues back around behind a pack of other cars as they work on lap 202 here in the Trans-South 500. Just joining us, this race has been slowed five times by caution. The earliest on lap number four when Butch Miller tagged the wall. The most recent caution on lap number uh, number 180 when Jimmy Spencer had his problems midway down the back straightaway. Otherwise, it has been basically the Jeff Bodine show. We have seen other cars try and wrestle the lead away. Ernie Irvin had a good run earlier in the day. Then he had some problems spinning, bringing out a caution flag. And he has now been trying to pick his way back up through uh, the race traffic. But there's a number of laps, about 10 trouble or 12 off, turn laps two, Trouble off turn two. Rick Wilson's car spins down the back straightaway, locks all four wheels down, and gets it stopped before he hits the inside wall. Rick Wilson is spun on the backstretch. It's brought out the yellow flag. It'll bring it out for the sixth time this afternoon. It'll come out on lap 204 for Rick Wilson. That's been one of the trouble spots over there off that number two corner. Let's go back to turn two. Rick Wilson's car came off the corner and started down the back straightaway and just never quite got straightened out, spun around, locked all four wheels down, and got it stopped before he hit the inside retaining wall. He's fired the car up and continued back on around the racetrack. It's another team that's just had more than their share of problems in the early part of the 1990 season. Rick Wilson is underway. We see him coming through three and four right now. The pace car has moved on to the speedway to pick up the field, and very likely we'll see just about all the top teams hit pit road again. So on lap 204, caution on the speedway for lap or for the sixth time this afternoon. And now, as the safety car stays on the racetrack, here come all the lead automobiles. The last time everybody pitted was on lap 182, with the exception of Jeff Bodine, who stayed on the racetrack. Jeff is pitting this time with everybody else. Dick Brooks? Well, that's certainly what they were hoping for, that uh, they get back on an even keel with everybody's pit stops. And they are in. They were first one up here. They've got the right side tires off, the left side tires are... Well, they dropped the right side, and they got the left side tires off just about now. Mark Martin's car being being serviced also, as is Brett Bodine and Kyle Petty's there. Everybody's in here just getting, uh, they're going to get four tires, get ready to go. Some of these some of these guys are going to try to stretch this. The best tires and stuff, save them up for the next stop, because they may be able to uh, stretch some of these things out toward the end of the race. Jim Phillips? On this end of pit road, Dale Earnhardt came in, had an uncharacteristically long pit stop, 27.9 seconds, had a little trouble with that left rear tire. Also, Kenny Schrader in, Bill Elliott was in for four tires, Daryl Walton, Neil Bonnet, Morgan Shepard also in, and, and Harry Gant. These tires, a lot of them needed that break to get that chassis set back in order. 205 laps completed, Darlington. We'll be back in a minute. 
Lap 207, we continue under caution here at Darlington. The race leader under caution is Kenny Schrader, a super pit stop for the Kodiak crew seconds ago. Jim Phillips is down there talking with the team right now. Richard Broom, crew chief for Kenny Schrader. A little bit different strategy on that pit stop, Richard. Well, it looked like the only way we could make it up is a two-tire deal, so we just tried it. I don't know where we're going to get the cover or not. Still did a super job on that pit stop. Well, thanks. These guys are coming together. I know we've had some problems in the past, but they're, they're getting it all together now. That's Richard Broom, crew chief for Kenny Schrader. Also, Davey Allison back in. They're trying to get that left rear fender away from the tire. And a lot of smoke from Terry Labonte's car. Winston Kelly, he's pitting there on the backstretch. What's the story? They've got an oil line that has been loose. They brought it in during the last caution flag and tightened it up, and it must have worked its way loose again. They're bringing him back in to tighten up that oil line. Quite a bit of smoke boiling out from under the Skulls Oldsmobile. Also, Jimmy Means was in for service. A bit of an overheating problem on his car. John Davis and the crew spraying water up underneath that car, and H.B. Bailey has retired his Pontiac with handling problems. And Tom Carter has stepped into the booth with a lot of candidates for the Goodies Headache Award today. Tom from Goodies Manufacturing. Uh, this has been a typical Darlington race. You can look all the way around. There's almost a complete smudge mark all the way around his racetrack. That's what made Darlington famous, that stripe around the, uh, the outside wall. We were just talking about a buddy of yours a few minutes ago, Dick Hasek, who is so much involved with your company through the Brenner Children's Hospital, and he's not here to enjoy this race today. No, he's not. He's uh, in the hospital, as a matter of fact. I told him the other day that uh, he better rest up and get well before he... Uh, ended up there, and sure enough, he did. We wish him a lot of luck. We certainly do. We're about set to go back to green. Uh, one final thought. We've got uh, so much racing going on at this point, which you fellows are involved. How much of the racing that we see here, how much of the involvement goes down to the grassroots racing? It's not just Winston Cup Series for you fellows. No, it's not. We're heavily involved in the Bush Grand National Series and uh, so many of the weekly tracks uh, around the southeast as well. We always talk about it being the headlining series, but a lot of the Winston Racing Series facilities do uh, benefit from Goody's manufacturing involvement. Good to see you, Tom, and say hello to Tom Chambers and Doug Agee back there. Good to see you as well. I sure will, Eli. Thanks so Take much. Take care. Tom Carter from Goody's Manufacturing. Barney? They're back under green, and they almost stacked them three wide for the lead over in turn three. That's the lap car of Ernie Irvin racing to try and get one of those laps back with Ken Schrader and Jeff Bodine tussling for the lead around him. They come off the corner in turn number four down to the inside. Ernie Irvin trying to get as many of those laps possible as he can back and back about fourth place. They are three wide going into turn one. Sterling Marlin dives down to the inside of Brett Bodine, who was on the inside of the lap car of Bobby Hill, and that battle sorts itself out. But up front still, Ernie Irvin trying to get his lap back from Schrader. And Jeff Bodine Bodine's going to try and follow Irvin down to the inside of Schrader. Irvin and Schrader will go side by side into three. Not normally done here at Darlington, but they're going to race that way back off the corner. This shows you something about Ernie Irvin. That car is at least ten laps down. He spins. Irvin spins. Schrader will spin. Three, four cars spin as well to the inside. Mark Martin is involved. Four, five, six, ten, twelve cars now collect one another. We have a total log jam. There are 15 cars stopped on the front straightaway. Others now get by. Bit by bit, the car involved will right themselves but right at this second there are two three four five six seven eight nine ten cars stopped here on the main straightaway pulling away now is butch miller pulling away is terry labonte pulling away is jack pennington mark martin michael waltrip and bit by bit these cars pull away but it all began as ernie irvin who we were about to say was down 10 laps trying to get back one of those 10 laps he battled alongside ken schrader and one thing barney 
even though this racetrack is a groove and a half, two grooves wide and four more grooves of a racing apron, it was totally blocked there for a second as 12 to 15 cars began spinning in every which direction. That's the worst possible thing that can happen is for the two front cars to get together, turn sideways with a whole field coming down on you just after a restart when everybody is full bore. And that's exactly what happened coming out of turn number four. Again, Kenny Schrader involved in the accident. Mark Martin was. Michael Waltrip. And a little more sheet metal damage for Rusty Wallace in it also. Neil Bonnet's car badly damaged up there as we took a look at it. Ricky Rudd was involved in it. And, of course, Ernie Irvin, uh, as we pointed out, and it looks like Sterling Marlin's car is still sitting there damaged badly on both ends of it. That Jimmy and Means Rick Wilson's well, car also in Jimmy Means' car. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems as though everybody, with the exception of about eight cars, got through the very first time. And now everybody else is on pit road. There are some flames in and around the Rob Moroso car. Here come the Speedway fire members out there with the fire extinguishers and they'll quickly put that flame out now it begins to crawl a bit further up the pit lane but there are six or seven folks out there with fire extinguishers to quickly douse that blaze but all in all we've gotten so many cars on pit road let's take it from one end of the pit lane to the other dick brooks many of those cars continued through but how much damage did they have well rusty wallace come back in he got a pretty good lick this time and they got the front end kind of nose down a little bit it's it's just uh adding to his day the problem uh michael wallace going by he's got the tire marks and the rear bumper gone but the car looks pretty straight uh the five car uh well, they got, a, they got a lot of problems with it. The, the uh, front end won't turn. They can't turn the car. He keeps uh, he can only going into the wall. i got to get my words straight here. But Jeff Bodine came in. He took a pretty good lick on the back, right where the filler cap is, uh, filler neck for the fuel. And uh, they got that pushed back out of the way. I don't think it's going to affect that car much. He just uh, looked like he was trying to get stopped, and somebody bumped him in the back. Uh, the sixth car of Mark Martin did the same thing. Some, you know, no damage anywhere on the car except right in the back. Looked like where he was trying to slow down and somebody bumped him. But no damage to the aerodynamics or the spoiler of the car. So those cars should be in good shape. There'll be a lot of discussion about this incident up in turn number four. With a car that many laps down racing with a leader, but it's perfectly legal. And he was running as quick as anybody has all day long. That has been one of the trouble spots here at Darlington coming out of turn number four. They just touched and away they go. It doesn't take but just a little bit at this racetrack. Eli? Just sitting here looking right now, we have the benefit of a TV monitor up here in the booth, which uh, is replaying the incident. And as Irvin and Schrader went through turn number four, the cars almost in a simultaneous spin began cutting towards the inside of the racetrack. And that quickly, within uh, two or three seconds, the entire front straightaway is blocked from outside retaining wall to inside retaining wall. Eli, I've caught up with Ernie Irvin. Ernie, what happened over there? Oh, I just uh, trying to get my lap back from Ken Schrader there. You know, we had the Kodak Films Oldsmobile running awful good, but uh, had some trouble there at the bend in, beginning and uh, just trying to get a lap back, got a little loose and a little uh, not, not enough room to be racing right there. That's Ernie Irvin. He's out of it this afternoon. The 21 car of Neil Bonnet, the Sitco Ford, is hooked up to the wrecker. The front end totally caved in on that car. We'll take a break, and we'll be back to Darlington in a minute. We are at Darlington Raceway, still cleaning up from the multiple car accident that brought out caution for the seventh time this afternoon. Jeff Bodine is back in. So is Ricky Red back in. But let's stay with Jeff for a second. Dick Brooks, what are they working on? Well, they're putting oil in the car. Uh, there was a little oil spot on the, on the, uh, where the car pulled away. Not exactly for sure where the oil is coming from, but they, they're dumping about, uh, let's see, looks like about five quarts of Unical oil in it right now. Well, they're still going. I don't, 
They're going to put a lot of oil in there for some reason or another. I don't know if it was already low or if it ha happened because of this. Okay. I'll fi find out as soon as I can. His car, Jeff's car, got hit in the left rear, and uh, that might be uh, the reason right there. Well, Dick will check further and uh, ascertain the situation. They're still working on the Ricky Red car. Jim Phillips with an update. We've got Sterling Marlin. Sterling, you got a lot of damage to your Sunoco Oldsmobile. Yeah, we're going to try to fix it, get back, bench trailing arms and bench snout a little bit. You know, the snow coals is flying, and uh, we've got one bad set of tires there. But, uh, you know, Jeff was pretty fast, but I think other than that, uh, we could hung right in there with him. And, uh, you know, just shame the wreck happened. How about your part in the wreck? You said you got knocked around a little bit from the rear. Well, you know, <laughs> full car got up there, and, and he got all turned sideways, and... and uh, I got slowed down, and uh, I barely tapped Mark Martin, and somebody pile-drive me, and I thought I was okay again, and looked and got pile-drived again. So uh, the second leg's what got it. Sterling Marlin, they're still working on his car. He might get back in the race, but a lot of damage to the rear end of this car. The, the rear end housing has moved over quite a bit. It's going to be doubtful if I get it back in there. Check back in with Dick Brooks. Well, they're still, uh, everybody's still talking. They're sure what they're going to do, but they said that where he got hit, it pushed the oil tank up against the, uh, uh, the rear housing of the car. And, uh, and it pushed some oil out of it. I looked at the uh, filler cap, and that could happen. That could have, it, uh, filler cap is just a wedge down in there. It's not a screw-on type. And uh, when it hit it, bent it a little bit, it could have popped the air and stuff, could have popped it out and uh, pumped some oil out. And that basically looked what happened. I'll talk to him about it a little bit more. Again, at least 10 cars in that. We'll recap it real quickly. Ernie Irvin and Kenny Schrader get together coming out of turn number four. It has eliminated Ernie Irvin from the competition. His car, badly damaged, was loaded on one of the rollbacks here a moment ago and taken to the garage area. Michael Waltrip had some severe damage to the rear end of the car. He's on pit road, and they're working on it right now. Mark Martin also got a piece of it. Rusty Wallace got some more sheet metal damage. Neil Bonnet's car was damaged, and they have taken it out of the race. Ricky Rudd also had some damage on his car, but probably will be able to continue. Sterling Marlin is out. Rick Wilson and Jimmy Means are the cars that are out of the event. Coming back onto pit road, again, here comes Jeff Bodine as they continue to work on that car. Boy, if he loses the race due to this one, that's going to be a heartbreaker for them. Let's go back to Brooks. Well, I don't think so, uh, Marnie. They seem pretty confident that they're going to get it fixed. I, I think as we get, uh, I ask more questions. They're not talking to me very much. They're kind of deciding what they want to do. But as I ask more questions, it seems like maybe that there's a line loose in there and they're trying to get it tightened up or pinch it off. I think it's a vent line. And uh, trying to get it pinched off or fix it so the oil won't come out of it. What happened? He'd take off, get to running, and he'd get to uh, spilling out a little oil. Somebody had turned him in, you know, one of them irate race drivers behind him uh, trying to get him in trouble because <laughs> he's spilling oil. Or it starts smoking some and it black flag him. So I think they're trying to prevent that, just take precautions to prevent that. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Back here at Darlington, as cleanup efforts are continuing up there, it looks like they've put down an awful lot of stay dry because quite a bit of liquid came out of those damaged race cars, so it's at least going to be a, a lap or maybe two laps before we'll get back to green. We see they've taken the Levi Garrett machine behind pit wall, so work is continuing there on the Ricky Red car. We'll update that in a moment. Quick reminder to you, while we do have a break here in the uh, green flag racing, the Winston Racing Series tracks are opening up at uh, locations all across America right now. Some of the very best short track racers competing for the regional and then the NASCAR National Winston Racing Series Championship. And if you'd like to get information on the Winston Racing Series track nearest to you, you can request that information from NASCAR's Public Relations Office. You can jot them a, a quick note at Post Office Box 2875. Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. The NASCAR Winston Modified Tour running the Icebreaker 90 today up at Thompson Speedway in Connecticut. 
The Bowman Gray Stadium has their season opener Saturday night, May the 5th, with the Winston 200 for the NASCAR Modifieds. Last night, Junior Miller of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, won the NASCAR Modified feature at the Hickory Motor Speedway. And don't forget the Twin 200s upcoming at Richmond International Raceway, the new NASCAR Sportsman Division, and the Bush, or excuse me, the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. The Modifieds and NASCAR Sportsman coming up at Richmond International Raceway, 1 o'clock April the 8th. So you might want to make your ticket plans for those. Those events upcoming in your area. Let's go back downstairs to Pit Road. Caught well, up with Jimmy Means. He was one of the cars involved. Jimmy, you're surveying the damage. How bad is it? Well, it's terminal for today. We, you know, I got needs a snout and a whole front end. Are you okay? Yeah, uh, I got sick early in the race and took my alcohol and you know, I got sick on my stomach. Got well there and it was cooling me off. We we're we we're set to go to distance. The alcohol Pontiac was running real good for a change. The best we run in a long time, but. Uh, uh, that wreck happened, and Rick spun, uh, not Rick, but uh, Rob Moroso spun to Mr. Rick, and uh, I went down to Miss Rob, and there was uh, Rick sitting there, and I had the brakes locked up, just went on where we could go. So Jimmy Means will not finish the Trans-South 500 this afternoon. Looks like another lap or two, and we'll go back to green. 220 laps are on the board. They're showing right now Morgan Shepard leading this race. Let's go back to Dick Brooks. Well, Ricky Rudd's sitting in his car here. He's just uh, patiently waiting You've heard, uh, for people that don't really know, you've heard people talk about front steer cars or rear steer cars. This happens to be a front steer car, so that means that all the steering mechanisms and stuff is in front of the axle, in the front axle. And there's, uh, uh, coming off of the steering box, there's uh, an arm, and then on the other side of the car, there's another arm, and in between that, there's what they call the drag link or the uh, uh, center link section. Well, that's busted up, and uh, so they're replacing all the steering arms and the... uh, uh, the drag links and the tie rods and tie rod ends on the car. So it's going to take a little bit of time. But when they get that back on, uh, he should have basically a new car again. A lot of times it doesn't hurt if those things break, and they take up all the shock. So it's just going to take a long time to do it. And a tough break for Ricky Rudd. He had a pretty good run going here this afternoon. As we said, Morgan Shepard being posted as a leader. Dale Earnhardt is second right now. Brett Bodine is third. Harry Gann is fourth. And Darrell Waltrip is now fifth. We'll be back in a minute. Before we go back to green flag racing here at Darlington, let's see if Dick Brooks is caught up with Junior Johnson. Well, Junior and Tim uh, sitting here t- t- discussing this. Which one, tell, which one of you wants to tell me what's happened? Well, that four-car Schrader was racing. Uh, I guess four's trying to get a lap back, and they, they got involved with each other, and Jeff uh, got stopped by somebody nailed him in the back end. It hurts your car? Or you get it fixed? Well, it's, it's uh, bending up in the back end right now, but I think it's all right. We tried to... You know, put a patch on the thing, and I think it's okay. Okay, well, that's uh, what they're saying. That happened to be Junior, by the way. Tim walked off. We're about to find out if he's okay. They're back under green as Morgan Shepard takes him back to turn one. Shepard leads the way. Dale Earnhardt puts the pressure on him. They finally clear the lap car of Bobby Hillen, Jr. Brett Bodine's in the second spot. The challenge, though, for the lead. Earnhardt will waste no time going after Morgan Shepard. He drops down to the inside and will win the drag race to the end of the back straightaway. Shepard will go into second spot, but now he'll try again for the lead at the bottom of four. Earnhardt's car climbs up the banking of turn number four, but Morgan Shepard can't make the move. One gentleman who does make a move is Davey Allison. He'll tuck to the inside of Kyle Petty and drive closer to the front of the parade. The leaders are back to turn one. Earnhardt leads the way. Two car links back. The Morgan Shepard car. Then it's Brett Bodine. He runs into third position. Back and forth is Davey Allison. And fifth is Harry Gant. A side-by-side battle for six. Darrell Waltrip and Ken Schrader. Watching that battle for six now as Waltrip is boxed in behind the lap car of Kyle Petty. Schrader will go by on the outside. Dick Trickle will also take Darrell Waltrip on the outside, kicking Waltrip back two spots. Not been a good day here at 
Darlington for Darrell Waltrip, who usually runs this track about as well as any place that he goes. Earnhardt is a leader by some eight or nine car lengths over Morgan Shepard. Brett Bodine is third. Single file, they head back to turn two. Brett Bodine having no luck in reeling in Dale Earnhardt, but uh, Morgan Shepard is doing the job here, holding on to the second spot. Brett Bodine closes in on him off turn two. Single file now running all the way back through the first 15 cars on the racetrack. Jeff Bodine now running up in the 10th position now, trying to claw and work his way back towards the front. Right now running all by himself, trying to chase down Michael Waltrip. So as the field works itself basically single file until you get about 15th position back, Michael Waltrip covers the inside against Mark Martin. Further back, some private battles are shaping up, but Jeff Bodine continues to try and reel in the cars ahead of him. He's midway through the pack, going back to turn one. Bodine climbs the banking in turn number one. He'll close in on the Mark Martin car directly ahead. The car seems to be up to speed. Bodine hangs it off the corner. Number two here, closing in on the back straightaway on Martin. Couple of spots farther up front. Bill Elliott will look to the inside of Darrell Waltrip to pick up a position in turn number three. Elliott makes the pass. Waltrip slides back one more. Bill Elliott's been able to stay up in that top seven or eight most of the afternoon and he continues to make his way to the front. 227 laps are on the board. 367 will make up the race here this afternoon, so there's plenty of time for this complexion of this race to change in a hurry before the day is over. Earnhardt is a leader. Morgan Shepard rides second. In the third place right now, great run for Brett Bodine here this afternoon as they head back to turn three. Davey Allison is fourth right now. Fifth is Harry Gant. The battle will be for sixth. It's Dick Trickle to the inside of Ken Schrader. They'll go wheel to wheel up into turn number three. Now Trickle will get the sixth spot. So Dick Trickle grabbing that position away, driving Kale Yarbrough's car. It was good to see Kale here in the garage area this weekend. Haven't seen him that much on the 1990 tour. He's pretty enthusiastic about Dick Trickle as his driver this year and that whole team with Doug Williams going over there last year and kind of turning things around a little bit for them. They've had some pretty good runs in 1990, and Kale said yesterday, I'm going to be a real disappointed if we don't win at least two races this season, and they may well the way that team has been working at the different racetracks we've been to thus far this year. Earnhardt looks back there, and Morgan Shepard had lost a couple of car lengths to him. He's about five or six back behind him right now. The battle may shape up here for third place to be the one to watch for the next few laps around this racetrack as Davey Allison with a battered race car against the right side has scrubbed the wall a time or two, currently hangs on to the fourth place, but he'd like to move up to third. Davies trying to track down Brett Bodine. That battle will settle down for the time being. Directly behind them, though, a good battle shaping up. Harry Gann is there. Dick Trickle now battling with a lapped car of Bobby Hillen Jr. and Ken Schrader in the thick of that battle. Trickle will move down to the inside of Hillen and bypass him as they enter turn number three and set off after Harry Gant now about six car lengths back. Well, Kenny Schrader trying to pick his way to the inside of Bobby Hillen's machine will bypass that lapped automobile. Hillen running one lap down. Meanwhile, an unscheduled stop for Michael Waltrip on pit lane. Let's see if we can get an update. Well, I think what happened was they uh, had a little problem with overheating. The front end was bent up on it, and they had it all taped up. Had a lot of the uh, air ducts and stuff on the front taped off, and uh, they just stopped and opened some of that up. That's a story on Michael Waltrip's car. Looking at Jeff Bodine, he has been able to get at least two positions out of the way. His car not running like it did before that crash up there in turn four a few laps ago, but he is still up to a pretty good race speed, and they've got a lot of time to maybe do a little more work on that car if there's a problem that they can cure before the day is over. But he is off the pace from what he was running a little bit earlier, way back in the field, now running somewhere around 10th position. The leaders are in turn two. Davey Allison has finally made his move around the Brett Bodine car, so he makes his way closer to the front of the field. Meanwhile, further 
Walter back in the field. A good battle shaping up between Bill Elliott and Darrell Waltrip. They're on the back straightaway. Elliott right now looking to get around Waltrip. He has that spot as they come to the end of the back straightaway by about a car length over Waltrip now. Kyle Petty running a couple laps down right behind Waltrip. 24 of the 40 starters are still on the racetrack. We are showing 11 cars on the lead lap. The race leader being Dale Earnhardt, then Morgan Shepard, Brett Bodine, Harry Gant, the Dick Trickle machine. Darrell Waltrip's on the lead lap. Davey Allison is on the lead lap. Likewise, Bill Elliott. We told you of Mark Martin before. Those cars on the lead lap. One lap down, including Bobby Hillen, Richard Petty, and two laps down were Kyle Petty, the Mike Alexander, and Alan Kulwicki car. Three laps down was Terry Labonte, Rob Moroso, Butch Miller, and Chad Little. Those machines are on the racetrack right now. 24 cars on lap 233. Jeff Bodine has moved up another notch. He just moved around Mark Martin coming through turns three and four, so apparently that car is getting a little bit better every turn around the speedway. That accident up there eliminated several cars that we told you about a moment ago. Ernie Irvin is out of the event, so is Sterling Marlin, Rick Wilson, Neil Bonnet, and Jimmy Means. And we talked with Neil Bonnet yesterday about how quick things can happen here and how easy it is to get into that wall. I sure have. I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to win one time at this place, but I had five winning race cars. Out of all the years I've been here, five times I should have won the race, and I pulled it off once. I drove it in the wall, just trying to run a competitive lap. It's flirting with a wall anyway. And how many times are you going to go to a place when you see a, a Dale Earnhardt leading to run in the wall? Bill Elliott did the same thing to anyone and do. It through the Daryl did it through the years. It's just something that comes with a place. That if you go out there all day long and don't flirt with it, you're not going to win the race. Neil wanted talking about just how easy it is to get in problems. Again, Ernie Irvin trying to get one of the ten laps that he was down back, racing side-by-side side with Kenny Schrader early this afternoon, piled up ten cars up in turn number four. Who's having a super run today is Brett Bodine. He's been running in the top five all day, currently in third spot. And they had something very interesting happen. They came here and tested a week or so ago. When they went back to the shop, they discarded every, everything they had brought with them to the racetrack as far as strategies were concerned, car set up and what have you, and came back here with something totally different that was, I thought, somewhat unusual, Brett. Well, it really can because you can go to a test session and get yourself dialed into the conditions that day, and as the day progresses, you, you really analyze the situation after you leave that you've backed yourself maybe into a corner with the combination you have under the car. So, you know, going back to the shop and sitting down and evaluating all the changes you made and how you ran and the computer tapes that we uh, you take during testing, you say, we've got no future in this setup. We better go ahead and, and go back with something different. And basically that's what we did here at Darlington. And it's worked for Brett Bodine, the race leader. Still Dale Earnhardt, Morgan Shepard second. Then Brett Bodine, followed by Harry Gant and Dick Trickle on lap 237. We'll be back at Darlington in a minute. It's still held by Dale Earnhardt here in the Trans South 500, Darlington, South Carolina. The advantage, about a car length and a half on second place Morgan Shepard. It's a good number of seconds back, three, four, five seconds now back to Brett Bodine running in the third spot ahead of fourth place Harry Gant and fifth place Dick Trickle. The attrition rate continues to grow. Derek Cope has just parked the Pure Later machine on the back pit area, Winston Kelly. Derek? Not one of your better afternoons. What's wrong with the Pure Later Chevrolet? Well, we had a crankshaft breaking half on us out there. You know, uh, it's unfortunate. You know, we had a rough day from the start. We were real loose, but 
The guys worked real hard and started to get it hooked up right then, and then it broke the crankshaft. But uh, we'll get the Pure Letter Chevrolet back in shape and go back to Bristol. Derek, how about the track conditions with the hotter temperatures today than earlier in the week? Well, we missed a little bit, you know, on the setup because of the heat. But uh, like I said, you just got to work on it all day. But uh, we'll keep the Pure Letter Pennzoil Chevrolet up front uh, next weekend. The 1990 Daytona 500 champion Derek Cope out of this afternoon's race. So the attrition rate has been very high here at Darlington this afternoon. At least a dozen cars are now out of the event with 243 laps complete. And also let's add Rob Moroso to the list of retirees. He's just taken his car to the garage area. Jim Phillips. Rob, you finally had to park your Crown Oldsmobile. What happened? Well, the Crown Olds was running real strong early in the race. You know, we were right up in there in the top ten. Uh, and then that big wreck coming out of four, you know, we just we crashed trying to avoid it. And it bent the car pretty good. I was just out there riding around and staying out of the way, but then when the other cars got around me, the cars just darting too much. I didn't want to screw anybody else up. I believe we learned as much as we could today about running fast here at Darlington. That's Rob Barroso. He will not finish this afternoon. Now, Ricky Rudd continues to have his car. They're working on it behind the pit wall, whether they'll be able to get him back in. He has spent an awful lot of laps back there, but they continue to work on his machine. So on lap 245 of 367, they are currently showing 11 cars on the lead lap. Four cars being put one lap down. Davey Allison, Michael Waltrip, Bobby Hillen, and Richard Petty. And while we work under green flag conditions with Dale Earnhardt continuing to lead Morgan Shepard, we have a chance for a special feature. Have a Tampa and Philly Cigars present another close but no cigar finish. Going 500 miles at Darlington is tough enough without having to contend with another set of circumstances, but that was the story for Bill Elliott in the 1987 Trans South 500, leading the race, but dreadfully low on fuel. Bill Elliott brings us today's close but no cigar racing highlight. Have a Tampa and Phillies present our close but no cigar racing highlight. Now, the super speedways aren't my thing, but on a quarter mile, I'm a dirt track king. It gets wild on Saturday nights. We go banging and bumping under the lights. They challenge me from near and far, and some come close. But no cigar. It's not whether you win or lose, but how you have a Tampa. So relax with a good, fresh Tampa nugget, Tampa sweet, have a Tampa jewel, or Philly's cigar. The highlight of the race. The 1987 Trans-South 500. It was a race that basically had been dominated by Dale Earnhardt. Dale had led eight times for 230 laps, but he could never quite shake Bill Elliott. The driver of the Mellencourt's Ford had qualified in third spot and had doggedly hounded Dale Earnhardt all afternoon long. Ten laps from the end, on lap 357, Elliott managed to get past Earnhardt, and all that remained for Elliott was to avoid Darlington's retaining walls, and victory would be his. But there was one other element to consider. Elliott's crew had figured their gas mileage to the nth degree. If they made it to the checkered flag at all, they would probably run out of gas on the cool-down lap. The calculations were that close. Everyone was waiting and watching as the final lap approached. Bill Elliott climbs the banking of turn number three. Must be crossing all fingers and toes right now, hoping that the gas will last to the end of this race. Here's Elliott coming off turn number four. Gets right down in the middle of the racetrack. 
has not cracked that throttle yet as they take a look at his pits. Ernie Elliott is out there. They've been making a couple of hand gestures toward each other. White flag for him as he takes it back into turn one. Bill Elliott is into the corner. He's on the low side of the racetrack. Earnhardt cannot catch him now unless there's a major problem. Elliott is off turn number two. He comes past us still very much under power. He's on the back stretch. The fans are on their feet here in turn four. Elliott slows. The lap cars go by him up in turn number three. Phil Parsons and Darrell Waltrip go by. Here comes Dale Earnhardt. He is closing ground quickly in turn four. Elliott working the car back and forth. Earnhardt goes past. Elliott is out of gas. He's coasting across to the line. Earnhardt will win it. What a finish. Bill Elliott did record a second-place finish behind Dale Earnhardt and what remains as one of Darlington's closest-ever finishes. I'm Eli Gold, and that's another close-but-no-cigar racing highlight. This close-but-no-cigar finish was brought to you by Habba Tampa and Philly Cigars. 251 laps are on the board. A new leader here at Darlington. Morgan Shepard has grabbed the lead away and right now is moving over to turn three. Morgan Shepard has wasted no time getting away from Dale Earnhardt. He separated himself off by almost a full second now. In fact, Davey Allison has also bypassed Earnhardt, although Allison is not on the lead lap. Morgan told us on Tuesday night on NASCAR Live, he's one of the few guys who likes coming to Darlington, he said, because I like the tough racetracks, the challenging racetracks, and he looks forward to coming here. He's run well in this Bush Series car. He's had some decent showings in Winston Cup racing here as well. So Morgan Shepard kind of had an idea, and you and I have talked, you'd mentioned earlier that the relationship, the Bud Moore-Morgan Shepard combination, sometimes it clicks, and that's what Morgan said on Tuesday. Sometimes you just get with a guy, you like them, you like the crew, the personalities mesh, nobody says too much, you go out and do your job, and it's paying off here right now with the lead at Darlington. I think the thing that's helped the Bud Moore team as much as anything is as Bud has probably uh, kind of stepped back and let some of the guys in the team try some of the new stuff, because when you've been around a long time and things have worked for you, you're a little bit hesitant to go in the new direction, but that has certainly happened over there, and they've also found out that Morgan Shepard says, let's change this on the car when they've gone to some of the tracks to test, and they'll pick up a half a second or two-tenths of a second. And when a driver can do that and you can see a result, it doesn't take much to encourage the team to make some changes on the car, but it has really come together for the, those two here this uh, the whole season, really. And if he pulls this thing off today, I don't think we'll be able to contain Bud Moore in the whole, entire infield, much less a 40-acre field. I bet, you know, Morgan has built his own cars. He's maintained his own Bush Series cars over the years, so he knows the hands-on of what's important. And maybe we can get a word from uh, Bud Moore Pit Area here in a short while and uh, get their feelings here at the early going. As a matter of fact, I know Jim Phillips, you have spent some time down in that pit area this afternoon. Uh, are they saying anything or is it a typical closed mouth? Well, we've got Bud Moore here. He's timing his driver to get this lap in. Bud, you're having a good day, another good day this year. Well, the car's running right except the well right now. We've still got about 125 laps to go, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens. But it is good to uh, feel good to you, I guess, to run up front for a change. Well, we feel real proud of Morgan and the whole crew. They've been doing a heck of a good job, and uh, we're looking forward for the rest of this year. That's Bud Moore, the car owner for Morgan Shepard. And Bud Moore made a good point. There's some 125 laps to go, and Bud yeah. knows he's been around this business long enough that anything can happen in three laps, much less 125. 255 on the board. Back to Darlington in a minute. We are back with you at Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. We are 107 laps away from conclusion here. Still lots of racing to go with Morgan Shepard leading Dale Earnhardt, Brett Bodine, Harry Gant, and Dick Trickle. That's the top five. 
from those who are out of the event. You can scratch the name of Jimmy Spencer off the list because the Heinz Ketchup Pontiac has just returned from the garage area. Winston Kelly, what did they finally do to that car? Just uh, replace as much as they could and send it out again? They replaced the entire rear end housing on the Heinz Ketchup Pontiac. They've also replaced quite a bit of the front end steering mechanism parts. Now, Jimmy still sits in the car, and Doug Rickard and the crew are putting the hood down on this Pontiac, and he'll go back out on the track. A yeoman's job, a tip of the hat to Doug Rickard and all the Heinz Ketchup crew. Just had a car scrape the wall over in front of Joe Moore. It's Davey Allison. He's been up in the wall several times this afternoon. Just about rubbed all the Texaco uh, signage off the right-hand side of the car, and he's left a lot of that paint on the wall up in turns one and two. Seems that several of the drivers beginning to get way up close to that wall. Now, Morgan Shepard, the race leader, a good example. Alan Bestwick mentioned a few moments ago he was getting up way high in turns three and four, and the same thing here in one and two. He must be just inches away from the outside retaining wall. We're seeing an awful lot of paint on those white walls here at Darlington this afternoon, particularly up at three and four, but in the middle of the corner, there's big splotches of black paint everywhere, and the same thing down in turns one and two, and a lot of those are tire marks. Let's go to the pits. With the top Arctic pit of Kale Yarborough and Dick Trickle. Kale, the old veteran's doing a pretty good job for you today. Well, he sure is. Dick's running a good, smart race, and he's hung in there all day and stayed out of trouble. Things are looking pretty good right now. Well, you've run your share of races here, and today, the same old Darlington takes them out a lot of the time. I'm sorry, I didn't. I said this old racetrack can take a lot of cars out at one time. Well, it sure can. Uh, they, they say it's too tough to tame, and it's, it's living up to its name. That's Kale Yarborough, car owner for Dick Trickle. They're having a good run today in the top five. Kale looks real good. We talked to him down there yesterday. He seems to be pretty happy, but he flat admitted he does miss stock car racing. And I said, what do you miss most about it? And he grinned real big, and he said, I miss them big paydays, and I guess he does. Kale keeping himself very busy, though, in other business ventures. But you're right, he did look good when he was uh, saying hello to everybody in the garage area yesterday. Lap 264 on the board. Morgan Shepard continuing to pace this field. He's not wearing anybody out by any stretch of the imagination, but still a fairly comfortable advantage. We've talked so much about running or actually racing the racetrack here more so than racing the competition. When do you have to start racing the competition as the race winds down? Jeff Bodine? We have to go out here and and kind of forget about our competition and, and go racing against the track, survive the track, and to be there at the end to race the competition, whoever it might be. But <laughs> then we, uh, we look at the replays of these races and we say, what was I doing racing that hard that early in the race at Darlington? You know, we go out there and we race. Uh, you can't afford anymore with the competition the way it is, as good as it is, uh, to go out there and, and sandbag or hold back. Uh, you will end up a lap down real quick. So you've got to be careful not to go a lap down here at Darlington. Morgan Shepard is across the stripe. We'll get the interval for you here. From first place back to second place, Dale Earnhardt. Here comes Earnhardt to the stripe. Seven and nine tenths seconds. So nearly eight full seconds. The advantage with 100 laps remaining here at Darlington. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. It's just about 25.
We're here in Darlington, South Carolina on a gorgeous afternoon for Winston Cup racing. Temperatures in the 80s, and I'll tell you, you couldn't have bet on it after the rains of Thursday and part of Friday and the cloudy and foggy conditions of yesterday. But here it dawned a gorgeous day, and we have had a super race here this afternoon. The attrition rate has been rather high, most notably because of a multiple car accident on lap number 212 that took out a host of drivers, including Neil Bonnet, Sterling Marlin, Rick Wilson, Ernie Irvin, Jimmy Means, Ricky Rudd, Rob Moroso finally retired his car in the aftermath of that accident. Others that are also out include Derek Cope, H.B. Bailey retired his car earlier today. Hutch Strickland and Dick Johnson, J.D. McDuffie left with engine failure. So did Mickey Gibbs and Greg Sachs, Rick Mast, and uh, Buddy Baker was the first car out of the race today. He had ignition problems on the Junie Donlevy machine and parked the car fairly early. 268 laps are on the board, and right now we're showing, what, just 10 cars remaining on the lead lap. Been a pretty good competitive race here all afternoon. And again, we can't emphasize too strongly what a great run that Brett Bodine has had. Let's see if we can get a word from his pit area. Well, we're standing here, and Brett just going around the racetrack. He is having a good race with uh, with Harry Gant. Larry McReynolds is standing here clocking him. Uh, Larry, car doing okay? Any, any problems? Can you speed yeah. it up or slow it down? Yeah, he's just a little bit tight on the throttle. You know, I'm scared to loosen him up right now. You know, it gets down near the end, we may loosen him up with a round of bite out or something. But right now, other than Morgan, his times is pretty good, and I'm just afraid to loosen him up. But we'll just see what happens this next stop. Quite a few of the guys are talking about the cars being a little bit tight. Why is that happening? It's generally the other way. Well, maybe we relied too much on the previous Darlington with the bias tires. Those slick Darlington, you know, and got the car a little too tight, and the radial tires aren't getting as loose as the bias tires. So that may be where we missed it at. Yeah, I think that, uh, Barney and Eli, that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier. This is the first time they've ran these tires under this heat. They've ran them before, but evidently the tire's doing a heck of a job. And instead of the car loosening it up, it's staying tight. I'd have to say, they, when they, we go away from here and they evaluate how the radials ran the first time at Darlington, everyone's going to be fairly happy. Pretty good battle going on in front of Alan Bestwick over there. That knot of cars has been running around here for the last eight or ten laps. Well, we talk of Brett Bodine. Brett has just lost three spots on the racetrack. For some reason, all of a sudden, the last two laps around, the car won't go through the middle of turns three and four. He can't seem to get the car to turn in the middle of three and get a good run off of four. So Harry Gant went by him. Then Dick Trickle got by him. The lap car of Michael Waltrip got by. And then Bill Elliott got by. He might also lose another spot to Mark Martin here very shortly. So Brett's running in fifth position here on lap number 272. The running order at this moment is Morgan Shepard ahead of Dale Earnhardt. Harry Gant is now in third. Dick Trickle is in fourth. Fifth spot belongs to the Brett Bodine car ahead of sixth place, Mark Martin. And Mark is directly behind Brett Bodine trying to bear down to grab a position. From the Darlington Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Well, green flag pit stops now underway. Dale Earnhardt has been in. Jeff Bodine is currently being serviced on the pit lane. Dick Brooks? I talked to Junior Johnson when they got ready to bring him in. He said the car was a little bit loose. And that's just the opposite of what we were talking about a while ago. But now you got to remember, they had a little, uh, they got hit in the rear just a little bit. And they may have possibly bent something back there just enough to loosen the car up. They brought it in, changed four tires. Uh, Junior jacked a couple of turns of bite in it or wedged down on the, on the left rear tire. That means the left rear is getting more weight put on it now going through the corners than it was. 
and uh, they probably changed the tire stagger a little bit to help it out some. The leader is on pit road in front of Jim Phillips. They're changing all four tires. First, Dale Earnhardt came in and set the precedent. He changed all four tires in 22.2 seconds. And now the Motorcraft board of Morgan Shepard is in. They're changing all four tires also. The pit board is out for Harry Gantt and his car. Kenny Trader was in for four tires and gasoline just moments ago. Now these are scheduled pit stops. They would have been coming in. So all the cars would be coming in the next seven or eight laps here at Darlington. 275 are on the board. We see Harry Gantt peeling off the banking up in turn number four, getting ready to make his stop. Kyle Petty was in just a moment ago. His car was damaged earlier this afternoon, but he's been able to stay out there. Here comes Darrell Waltrip. Let's go back to Jim Phillips. Harry Gant is in. Andy Petrie and Billy Abernathy go to the right side on the skull bandit. Darrell Waltrip peels off. He's coming down pit road. Again, these 22 and 23 second pit stops make it tough on these cars coming in trying to make up time. They go to the right side of the tide. Chevrolet, they're changing right side tires. And it's only going to, yes, now they go to the left side. They were first just going to change to two, two tires, and they put change four. 23.2 seconds on the Harry Gant pit stop. Now Dick Trickle has inherited the lead with Harry Gant having pitted. Bobby Hillen is on pit lane for service. Likewise, Darrell Waltrip, Alan Kulwicki remaining in. We are under green, lap 277. Now at this point, they would likely have to make another pit stop still. We're still sitting 90 laps away from the race's conclusion on a 1.366-mile racetrack. So this would not be the final pit stop. You'd have to make one more stop before we uh, head towards the checkered flag. Let's check in with Winston Kelly in the back pits. Barney only... Nine of the 17 cars pitting on the back straightaway pit are still running in for service right now. Mike Alexander's getting four tires and gasoline on the Ray Bestus Buick. As we speak, the Derek Close racing entry of Jack Pennington comes in. Tony Furr and the crew also to put on four tires and gasoline on that Oldsmobile. Here is Bill Elliott's team going to work on his car. Back to Jim Phillips. Around the right side they went. Now on the left side, Mike Beam has the wrench out, and he's taking uh, one round of wedge out of Bill Elliott's car. He's a, one of the drivers today that talked to Mike Beam. He said, we've just been chasing the chassis all day. He said, we've been loose. We've been pushing. We're just trying to get it right. 21.8 seconds on the pit stop for Bill Elliott. Rusty Wallace brings his genuine Miller draft car onto pit road with the front end badly damaged. And he has been in a couple of accidents here today. The last one of that 10-car pileup in turn number four did even more damage to his car. Down to Dick Brooks. Well, they're just going to change tires on it, uh, fill him up, send him back on the racetrack. They've just about uh, worked on everything there is from the car. You know, there's not a scratch on the left side, though. There's one little bitty tire mark over here. There's nothing wrong with the left side, nothing wrong with the back. But there's everything else is wrinkled but the top. Here come both Dick Trickle and Mark Martin. So the first and second place runners now will head down the pit lane to make their stops. Let's go to Jim Phillips. And Dick Trickle brings his Pontiac in the pits. They first go to the right side. It's going to be a four-tire stop for him also as they're loosening the left side lug nuts. And this is one of the younger teams as far as being together, pitting together. And they'll have to do one of their better pit stops right now to stay up with that group. Of course, Dick has been running up in the top five all day long. And it uh, looks like it's going to be a good stop for the Dick Trickle crew. And let's return Ricky Rudd to the race after an extended stay on the uh, area behind Pitt Road. Ricky was involved in the accident back on lap number... Uh, well, let's switch on... Uh, Lap number 212, I guess it was. So he'd be about 60-some-odd laps down at this juncture of the event. But Ricky Rudd is back in, in the Levi Garrett machine. Here's Brett Bodine on pit lane for service. Dick Brooks? Well, Brett's in, and I, they didn't make a change on the chassis as far as uh, through, the, through the weight jacks anyway. They may have done it with the tires. So I don't know if they tried to loosen the car up or not. 
the sixth car of uh, Mark Martin was just in, and they uh, changed four tires on him, dropped him down, let him go. So here we go. Everyone will be on pit road in the back pits and here in the front pits. This is a scheduled stop, and we'll point out again that there will be one more round of pit stops. Whether it'll come under caution or whether it'll come under green, we'll kind of have to wait and see. Lap 282 is on the scoreboard. Next week we'll be at Bristol, Tennessee. We're just sitting here thinking about how much sheet metal we've seen wrinkled up here today. That track at Bristol always wrinkles up a lot of sheet metal. Boy, things happen so fast at that racetrack. We talk about how quick Darlington will get you. Bristol will just reach down and pluck them out three and four at a time. Poor guys turn on that racetrack in 15 and a half, 16 seconds last year we were there, so uh, that gives you an idea. If you've never been to Bristol, it's it's kind of like running around the inside of a, of a cereal bowl. I forget who I heard describe it that way the first time, and it's very appropriate. It's your basic half-mile racetrack that you have in your own hometown, but add to that turns that are banked more steeply than Daytona or Talladega, and that gives you an idea of what Bristol Raceway is all about. And by the way, our broadcast schedule next week will include our Bush Pole show on Friday at 5 o'clock Eastern Time, a complete review of Bush Pole position qualifying. Saturday, 12.45 Eastern Time, the Budweiser 250 for the Bush Grand National cars of NASCAR. And then Sunday, one week from today, at 12.45 Eastern Time, the Valleydale 500 for these same NASCAR Winston Cup machines. So we'd love to see you there. You might want to check the ticket office for ticket availability. And those of you in the area, remember our TV show Thursday evening at 11 o'clock Eastern Time from the Sheraton Hotel in Johnson City this week in NASCAR. We'd love to see you there. Come out and join us. Well, not much change at the front of the pack after this round of pit stops just a moment ago. They're still posting Morgan Shepard as a leader. Dale Earnhardt is second. Harry Gant has worked his way now up to third. Bill Elliott is fourth. And Brett Bodine continues to make a good, strong showing. He had been in fifth place. Now Bill Elliott is being posted in the fifth position, dropping Brett back just a little bit further. We're talking to Brett Bodine down in Atlanta a week or so ago down there about the driving efforts this year and how he's changed as a driver. And he says it took him a while to smarten up that he... For a while, he thought he had to go out there and prove himself and prove what the car could do, but that's kind of changed. Barney, I've always tried to think of myself as being a smart race car driver. That's what I wanted to be. I didn't want to be the kind of guy that was known for really getting a car around fast but always seemed to mess up and foul the thing up. You know, I always have tried to to pattern myself after a guy like a Daryl Walter for, you know, I even think of Jeff Bodine because I, I, I just think that that's, the future in your in the sport is better being that way than the other way. You're, instead of being a flash in the pan, I want to be here for a long time, and I think that uh, trying to do those kind of things will help maintain my career in Winston Cup racing. He's having a great run here at Darlington this afternoon. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Darlington in a moment. A close situation up in turn number four seconds ago for driver Dick Trickle. He looped the car, but Alan Bestwick, he did a heck of a job to keep it off the wall. Well, he's been doing a heck of a job for about the last dozen laps, Eli, to keep the car off the wall. It just has not been wanting to turn for him in the center of the corner. been wanting to drive straight out to where it says Darlington, USA, on the wall in the middle of turns three and four. His car's been aiming for that for about the last ten laps. This time, the back end finally got around on him, but he locked all four of the wheels down, slid it down onto the safety apron, kept it going in the right direction and he's continued on around but he did lose a lap to Morgan Shepard actually that sign says ton right now because the Darley and the SA 
have all been obliterated by Darlington stripes. Until you look around this racetrack and you can see very quickly what's been the difficult spots here because there are marks all around what had been a pristine white guardrail that is now all smudged up after a weekend of racing. Yesterday, of course, the Bush Grand National Series ran the Pontiac Pace Setters 200. Harry Gant picked up the victory over Bobby Labonte and Ken Schrader, as you heard here on MRN. Race was run at an average speed of 129.5 miles an hour. So Bobby Labonte continues to lead the Bush Series point standings by a 33-point margin over Jimmy Hensley. Chuck Bown is third in points ahead of Elton Sawyer and Harry Gant. And that series runs on to Bristol, Tennessee next Saturday, as we mentioned earlier, for a 250-lap affair there. Could be a gamble going on with Michael Waltrip's team. He indeed is back on the lead lap. Now, he has not pitted, and that is one of the reasons he gained the lap back that he had lost a little bit earlier. And they are indicating that he is now in fourth position. If he could get a caution flag and get in, he'd be in pretty good shape. But if he has to make that stop totally out of sequence with everybody else, it's really going to put him back in the field. Let's take a look at the running order as we have just been handed here from NASCAR timing and scoring. The leader, Morgan Shepard, Dale Earnhardt is second. Harry Gant is third. Fourth is Michael Waltrip. Fifth right now is Bill Elliott. Sixth, that is Brett Bodine. Seventh is Mark Martin. And back in eighth position, they are now posting Jeff Bodine. And those are the only eight cars on the lead lap. A lap down back in ninth position is Kenny Schrader. Dick Trickle was tenth, but that spin up there is going to shuffle him a little further back. That should move Davey Allison up into tenth position, Darrell Waltrip into eleventh, and Richard Petty up into twelfth. 13th spot, they'll show Dick Trickle. Ahead of 14th, uh, Bobby Hillen. 15th, Kyle Petty. And 16th, Alan Kowicki. Kowicki and Petty are three laps down each. If this gamble pays off for uh, Michael Waltrip, it might just earn a number of awards for him. A, a peak cool move of the race award, or potentially for his crew chief, uh, Billy Ingalls, could earn uh, for Billy the Western Auto NASCAR Mechanic of the Race Award. A $1,000 check is on the line here this afternoon, and that uh, could go to that team if this uh, gamble pays off. And that's something you have to do nowadays the competition is so darn tight if you can if you have the guts to roll with it and, and see what happens it might just pay off for you we've seen a lot of gambles at work and i've seen a lot that have lost here at darlington and every other racetrack 296 laps go up on the scoreboard 367 will make up the distance you were talking a little bit earlier about dick brooks running here back in the late 60s and early 70s and having great success at this racetrack yeah. at our production meeting this morning he had us all in stitches talking about some of his runs here at Darlington and different things he had done. Dick, had you heard about Darlington before you ever came to this track? A lot of drivers had not heard about this place, and the ones that had had never heard anything good as far as how quick the track would reach out and wrinkle up your race car. Well, Barney, I was kind of lucky. I uh, was from California, and not being from California, that means that I'm lucky, but being from California means that I didn't know anything about racing. And when I came here, the only place I'd really ever heard of was Daytona and, and uh, Darlington. Darlington was uh, something that was broadcast on uh, radio back before MRN, but uh, we could pick that up, uh, the Southern 500 anyway, uh, on the West Coast, as well as Daytona. So when I came here, I didn't know much about it. I just, uh, it's just another racetrack, and I'd never really been around stock car racing too much, uh, run three or four races that year before I got here. When I came, I was the, uh, so I didn't have anything, you know, I didn't know anything bad about it. And uh, so I just went out and ran. And did well. I won the rookie of the race that that race, and uh, and uh, also ran uh, won the 
uh, the Southern 500 that year, the Union Oil Darlington Record Club, which was the first rookie to ever do that. So I was lucky at it. I, I like this racetrack a lot. I think Trouble in turn one. Two cars are collected up against the outside retaining wall. One of those is Dick Trickle. The other one, Alan Kowicki. The two cars came into the turn side by side. They spun. Kowicki first going into turn number one, and then Trickle spins just about halfway between turns one and two. Both cars with a lot of smoke coming out, both down on the inside apron of the speedway. And we can see some liquid on the racetrack, so uh, obviously the caution is out as both cars are sitting out there besides that. And everyone slows real quick heading off into turn number one, but two race cars are into the wall down there, and it looks like pretty severe damage to both of them. Let's go back to Joe Moore. A lot of bent-up sheet metal on Kowicki's cars. The safety crew comes over to service his car. Again, he's the first one in order coming into the turn. Just as you come into turn one, he's down on the inside apron of the speedway. Now, Trickle's car hit the outside wall a little further into the turn, just about halfway between turns one and two. It looped twice before spinning down to the inside apron of the speedway. A lot of smoke coming out from that machine as it sits there on the inside of turn two. It has brought the caution out at lap 299, so this will be the eighth caution flag of the afternoon. Those pit boards are going up, and now they have to play a kind of a calculated gamble here, assuming this thing stays green all the way down. They'd be cutting it kind of close, wouldn't they, Dick, to go the distance? 67 laps? Oh, yeah, I think they're all going to come in. They just about got to come in, but one thing that did help was Michael Walter. In one sense, it's going to keep him in the same lap. In another sense, he only had to pit one time. Everybody else had to pit two. I mean, they had to pit one more time also, so... Uh, he had a pretty good chance to stay where he was at, but this is definitely going to put him back up on the lead lap, so it's a good shot for him. But I think these guys uh, are going to have to take fuel. Very, very few of them, I think, would be safe for going all the way. Jim Phillips? Well, as we talked about earlier, talked to David Smith, he said 64 to 65 laps, so possibly they could chase the fuel mileage and go just a little bit longer to 67 laps or 68 laps. Dale Earnhardt getting four tires of gasoline. They also made a chassis adjustment on Dale Earnhardt's car on the right side, which took a little bit longer and enabled Morgan Shepard to beat him out of the pits. Also, Harry Gant changed four tires. Bill Elliott changed four tires. Now Darrell Walter is up, and he's changing four tires also. Well, it appears that Dick Trickle is out of his car. Joe Moore? Alan Kowicki has also climbed from his car. Safety trucks have come over to take care of both machines, and they will have to tow both of them away. As you mentioned, considerable damage on both cars, but again, the drivers seem to be okay. So we are under caution here at Darlington, coming out on the uh, lap number 299. Caution for the eighth time this afternoon. How would you like to have an investment of $1.80 and come away with a $20,000 Pontiac? Not too bad deal, huh? William Adams of Indianapolis, Indiana, is due congratulations as the winner of a brand-new Pontiac Grand Prix SE as the winner of the Right Guard Halfway Challenge for the fans listening in. He told us that his favorite driver is Dale Earnhardt, and he uh, called in twice, made two 90-cent investments, and has come away with a Pontiac Grand Prix. As a matter of fact, the phone lines are now accepting entries for the next contest. If you'd like to call one 900 226-6600. You can call right now and get your name on the list to be a contestant for the next Right Guard Halfway Challenge or pick up an entry form at participating retailers where Right Guard is sold. A separate entry is required for each race drawing. And again, that toll call is 90 cents each. You must be at least 18 years old to enter. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. But our congratulations again to William Adams of Indianapolis, Indiana, winner of a Pontiac Grand Prix SE as part of the Right Guard Halfway Challenge this afternoon.
We are 303 laps in to the 367 lap Trans South 500. We are at Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. The entire MRN crew on hand, Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall, Joe Moore, and Alan Bestwick out in the turns today. Our pit coverage from Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Might want to pick up a specially marked package of Have a Tampa Jewels. I don't sound like Jimmy Mosteller, but I'll tell you about it anyway. Jimmy's from Havitampa. He says to remind everybody to check those packages of Havitampa jewels because there's a chance for you to win two tickets to the Pepsi 400 at Daytona on July 7th. A couple of nights of hotel accommodations, an escorted tour of the garage area, tickets to many of the Central Florida attractions, including SeaWorld and Cypress Gardens, and $500 in spending money, all part of the Havitampa Cigar Racing Vacation at Daytona. Details, again, are on the specially marked packages of Habitampa Jewels. Harold Kinder is indicating to the field one more lap and we'll go back to green. Let's get a situation uh, from the pits real quick before we go back to green. Dick, down on your end, I guess everybody will be able to go the distance now. I don't think there's any uh, question about the Chevrolets going that far. And the Fords ought to be able to go far enough. Junior uh, Nim's planning on making it. But more down at the other end with, uh, uh, with their car. I'm sure they can, too. So I don't think there's going to be any question about them making it. Jim Phillips. Talked to Dale Earnhardt's crew chief, Kurt Shelverding. He said they would be able to go all the way. And also Greg Moore with the Bud Moore crew said uh, they definitely would be able to go all the way. So the fuel mileage uh, out the window, according to the crew chiefs. So if this thing stays green, they're going to have to earn it as far as winning it here this afternoon. There are eight cars on the lead lap. Morgan Shepard is the leader. Dale Earnhardt is second. Third right now is Harry Gant. Mark Martin is fourth. Fifth is Brett Bodine. Sixth is Michael Waltrip. Jeff Bodine is the seventh-place car, and back in eighth position is Bill Elliott as they form up for a double-file restart. One lap down in ninth, Kenny Schrader. Also a lap down in tenth, Darrell Waltrip. And eleventh is Davey Allison. Two laps down in twelfth is Bobby Hillen. Three laps down in thirteenth, Richard Petty. Fourteenth is Kyle Petty. And fifteenth is Mike Alexander. 304 laps on the board. 305 as we go back to green. Harold Kinder unfurls the green flag, and here we go. Quickly through the gearbox. Morgan Shepard pulls away. He's got Davey Allison, a lapped car, acting as the buffer between himself and second place, Dale Earnhardt. Actually, along with Davey Allison, the Richard Petty car also holding up Dale Earnhardt in his quest to try to catch race leader Morgan Shepard. They're off turn two and on the back straightaway. Shepard wasting no time trying to get up to speed and get away from Earnhardt right now. Richard Petty will drop off to the inside, allow the fast cars to go through, but it'll be Davey Allison separating Morgan Shepard and Dale Earnhardt. Morgan Shepard is gone like a shot out of a cannon. He really got away from everyone in a hurry, except Davey Allison. His lap 307 is about to go up on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt pedaling just as hard as he can to catch up to the front two up there as they work over to turn two. Davey Allison trying to catch up with Morgan Shepard to get back one of his laps. He goes to work on him off turn number two, diving to the inside of the racetrack. He's dead even with Shepard on the back stretch. Allison looks to the inside. Shepard is on the outside. Earnhardt is closed right to Shepard's back bumper. Allison will get through. Shepard will slide high in three. Earnhardt looks to the bottom. He'll make the pass off four. So Earnhardt goes to the inside after Davey Allison had unlapped himself. Davey on the tail end of the lead lap, and Earnhardt is the new race leader here at Darlington as he makes the move inside of Morgan Shepard, following Davey Allison through to take the lead. Now here's Earnhardt going to work on Davey Allison, getting him back off that lead lap. They make contact off turn number two. Earnhardt
Earnhardt gets into the rear quarter panel of Davey Allison. They straighten it out, but they're still side by side. A drag race to the end of the back straightaway. Earnhardt with the preferred inside line. Allison will race him hard into the corner. Earnhardt slides up. Allison tried to look low, but the car broke loose. He had to back off. Allison wants to get around and get himself back on the lead lap again. 3.09 about to come up on the scoreboard as Earnhardt pulls him across the stripe. Morgan Shepard has faded back to at least five car lengths behind the leader over in turn two. Harry Gant has the third spot. Fourth now to Mark Martin. Martin's pretty busy there trying to get around the lap car of Bobby Hillen Jr. Right behind them, a fast closing in Brent Bodine. He goes to work on the Michael Waltrip car and now closes in on Daryl Waltrip. Brent Bodine disposes with Michael Waltrip trying to get by Daryl Waltrip. Now he'll fall in single file between the Waltrip brothers as Mark Martin gets around the Bobby Hillen car farther up. As the field works themselves through turns three and four, Jeff Bodine still down on the low side of the racetrack. He'll try and follow his brother Brett down through the inside of Michael Waltrip. He can't make that move pay off, and they'll head back to turn one as we get an update from the garage area. We cut up with Dick Trickle. Dick, what happened going down in turn one there? Well, we had a motor just tighten up and expel, and, you know, it locked the rear end up. I, I tried to get the clutch in and stuff, and I thought I was going to be able to save it, but I think whatever come out of the motor cut the right rear tire down, and I just couldn't hang on to it. So Dick Trickle will not finish the Trans-South 500 this afternoon. Now, Jeff Bodine, who had dominated a great part of this race this afternoon, still out there digging pretty hard, but he is three and seven-tenths seconds behind the leader, Dale Earnhardt, and we're at lap 310, 367. We'll make up the distance this afternoon. Barney, we've caught up with Alan Kowicki, also a victim of that accident. Alan, what happened out there? Well, Dick Trickle blew up right in front of me, and I got in his oil, and there was nothing I could do. I was right behind him. I had been trying to pass him for a couple laps, and I was just getting ready to go by him, and he blew up in front of me and allowed Zerk's four Thunderbird hit hard in the first turn. Alan Kowicki, one of the drivers that drives this Darlington Raceway very well, will not equal his seventh place finish of 1989. Let's pause ten seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Earnhardt takes him back to turn three. Earnhardt now not showing any signs of wearing down. In fact, Davey Allison has not been able to get back by Earnhardt, and they'll run a car length apart now off of turn four. I think he's been playing a waiting game because when they cut him loose under green, he just took off. He really did. And he's here. It kind of reminds you of Atlanta, the way his car ran. And I think you and I were talking yesterday with the other fellows. When Earnhardt is that confident and says his car is hooked up, uh, he can make it a long afternoon for everybody else. He's getting around here pretty good right now. He's out of turn number two and down the back straightaway. Davey Allison, a lap down as some five car lengths behind him. And right behind him is Morgan Shepard, the second place car. They're back to three. A little ways back for Morgan Shepard. Third place, Harry Gant with Mark Martin closing quickly on him. Then the lap car of Darrell Waltrip. Then fifth place, Brett Bodine, followed by sixth place, brother Jeff. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt and Morgan Shepard, the only drivers this year with four top ten finishes, are continuing to set that kind of a torrid pace. Some interesting similarities throughout all the races here in the early going. Jeff Bodine was the only driver to lead every single race so far this year, and he kept that streak alive today. And so far, Earnhardt and Morgan Shepard, we've talked of their consistency throughout the afternoon. The only fellows on the circuit with four top ten finishes. And right now, Earnhardt is in front. Morgan Shepard running in the second spot. Between them is Davey Allison. He has shown a lap down at this point. The third place runner is Harry Gant, the winner here yesterday in the Bush Grand National Series race. Mark Martin is currently fourth, and Brett Bodine is running in the fifth spot. Further back, if you're just joining us, other cars on the lead lap include the Michael Waltrip car. Also on the lead lap are Jeff Bodine and Bill Elliott. One lap down now, Kenny Schrader, Darrell Waltrip, and now Davey Allison. Two laps down and a lap of his own is Bobby Hillen. And three laps down are Richard Petty, Kyle Petty, and Mike Alexander as the leaders head back to turn four. Earnhardt is out of turn number four. Got the watch on him this time. Just 
as a matter of curiosity to see what kind of lap times he's turning. He's getting around the racetrack in 32 and 7 tenths seconds. So that's going to be somewhere around 151 miles an hour. So he's still getting it done late in the race. He's out of turn two. Earnhardt now with five car lengths over the lap car of Davey Allison now beginning to stretch that gap a little bit. Morgan Shepard not even able to close on Allison, let alone Earnhardt. So right now things going Dale's way as he goes through turn four. Further back, moving in and around Darrell Waltrip. The positions begin to shuffle around just a bit. Brett Bodine had made a move inside and around Darrell. It allowed Jeff Bodine to come through as well. And now Michael Waltrip here at the start-finish line will try and make a move inside of his brother again as they work back towards turn number one. Meanwhile, at the head of the pack, Davey Allison just got it back around the Earnhardt car. He's back on the tail end of the lead lap. Allison dove to the inside of the racetrack, swept right by as they went into turn two. Earnhardt had some trouble getting up off of corner number four last time by Allison and took advantage and got by. Morgan Shepard has closed right up a car length off Earnhardt's bumper. That's made a big difference with Allison getting around the leader, Dale Earnhardt. Shepard is there within two car lengths of getting himself in a position to take the lead away from Dale as they work back to turn number one. He closes it up a little bit closer. Again at the head of the pack at the tail end of the lead lap is Davey Allison. Next in line is Earnhardt. Then it's Morgan Shepard. Shepard sneaks right up on the rear deck of the Goodrich Chevrolet. He peeks to the outside quickly, though, back into single file here on the backstretch. Shepard running right in Earnhardt's track. Meanwhile, the Harrigan, Mark Martin, third and fourth place cars have begun to close on the front two. Make it now just six car lengths separating the front four. There are 50 laps remaining here this afternoon at the Darlington Raceway. So it's going to be a close one, looks like. Dale Earnhardt trying to hold off everyone else as the laps are winding down in the Trans-South 500. From the Darlington Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 320 laps are on the board. 367 make up the distance, so we're 47 laps shy of the conclusion of the Trans-South 500. You're tuned to live coverage on MRN Radio. At this point of the race, Barney, you wonder, wonder, you wonder whether you are perfect with your current setup or whether the car might need to be a little looser or maybe pushing just a tad as we get down to the final laps of the race. Dick Brooks had some thoughts on that a minute ago. Dick? Well, the cars, you know, they... The way they were running a while ago with uh, Morgan Shepard out front, and uh, Dale Earnhardt couldn't quite keep up or wasn't showing that he could keep up anyway. And then they come in and change tires. They go back out, and they uh, pull right underneath Morgan over in turn two and pass him. Well, that means that Morgan has either got his car extremely loose. The tires are not the same as he had. He'd slip up the racetrack, and the other cars had uh, tires a little bit tighter, could go down under it. So we just have to see how it sorts out. I know Morgan has not all day, is not really done well in the first eight or ten laps of the run. Once he gets in front, he goes away. I think Winston just uh, spoke down there with Bud and said that the car was a little bit loose. Well, it would be looser following somebody. So if he can get in front of those cars, then his car's going to tighten up just a little bit, and that probably is where he was at while ago, and he uh, may be tough to handle if he can get around those other two cars. This race is about to take a different complexion. Just in, uh, instead of a two-car shootout here, there are two more cars, Alan Bestrick, that are reeling in the front two. Harry Gant and uh, Mark Martin wasting no time trying to track down the lead two. Gant being the stronger of the two, he's distanced himself some from Mark Martin, and he's beginning to reel in Morgan Shepard. Jeff Bodine does not seem to be getting through the corners quite as well now as he was earlier, though. We'll have to wait and see how that continues. Mark Martin also taking a bit of a higher line through the corners as he, now Joe Moore, really begins to climb up in front of you. Martin's car completely broke loose coming off turn two, just the last lap here. He's having some problems keeping it down on the groove once he gets off the corner. He's just not getting the bite that he wants to get off the corner here at this end of the speedway. Heading back into turns three and four, and again we look back there, and Harry Gant has cut off another eight-tenths of a second. He is closed now to within 15 or 20 car lengths of the first and second place cars. 
He has moved up even tighter as they cross the start-finish line, and Mark Martin has dropped back a little bit as they work over to turn two. Earnhardt leads the way right behind him, less than a car length behind him is Morgan Shepard. He tightens it up even more as they get up into the corner. Shepard brushes the wall. The car swings from side to side, but he just loses about a car length on Earnhardt. Earnhardt now running about four or five car lengths in front of Shepard as Shepard's having trouble getting the speed back up and the momentum down the back straightaway. So Earnhardt's going to pull away, and Shepard now has to watch the rear deck for Harry Gant. Just amazing how quickly a car can get away from you if you run lap after lap after lap seemingly in the same spot and then all of a sudden you tick the wall that's all that Morgan Shepard needed to have happen as Earnhardt pulls away by six car lanes and Gant closes to within four Gant closes in even more from the third spot and then just about the same distance behind him is the Mark Martin car he too closing the gap here as we continue on the back straightaway lead cars continue to trail the car of Davey Allison who is our lap car they all go to the outside of the battered and beaten Jimmy Spencer car who continues to circulate in the bottom groove trying to collect points. they got plenty of time for the whole situation to change. There will be 41 laps to go when they cross the start-finish line this time. Coming down the line, Earnhardt, some eight or ten car lengths behind him, Morgan Shepard, and you can see the paint scrubbed on the outside of that car where he brushed the wall down in turns one and two a moment ago. They're back in turn two. Davey Allison still leads the way again. He's on the tail end of the lead lap. Earnhardt would like to get around that car and put him back down a lap before now Allison's leading there as he goes on the back stretch. About equidistance between the front four cars now, making about ten car lengths between Earnhardt and Shepard, also between Shepard and Gant, and between Gant and Mark Martin as they run up off of turn four. The differential at this point remains pretty much the same in the lap speeds. This last lap, 149 and a half miles an hour for Dale Earnhardt. We'll keep the clock on him and see how the lap speeds hold up here down the last uh, few laps. 327 on the board, 40 laps remain, and the leaders in turn two. Earnhardt brings it up the banking off the corner. Mark Martin seems to have gathered his car in a little bit better now. It's not breaking loose as it was earlier, but he's not having any luck in tracking down the Harry Gant car. All four of the front cars now beginning to really push out wide in turn number three and four all almost scraping the wall in the middle of the corner so everybody not quite getting through the corner as good as they'd like the interval between first second third and fourth is just about an equal distance among all those cars some 18 to 20 car lengths each as they work back to turns one and two single file again Earnhardt leads the way as they go back into turn number one going way up to the outside retaining wall Shepard still taking a higher line than anyone else except maybe Mark Martin he too almost brushing the wall here at this end of the speedway moving around the Ricky Rudd car now as they continue to work lap traffic at the end of the back straightaway. Earnhardt passes with ease. Rudd will go to the bottom of the racetrack. Morgan Shepard will come around on the outside as well. So, Ricky giving everybody plenty of running room. This last lap for Dale Earnhardt, 147.071 miles an hour. That's the margin of speed that he has turned this racetrack. Still very consistent all afternoon long, and he has five and a half, maybe six car lanes on second place. Morgan Shepard has that second spot. Back in third is Harry Gant, then the Mark Martin car. Distance between those four, just about the same as they've been for the last five laps. As the leaders work to the end of the back straightaway a little farther back in the pack also watching a battle for six spot Brett Bodine trying to hold off Bill Elliott those cars working in and out and in and out of lap traffic right now working to the outside of Jimmy Spencer also running in that group is Michael Waltrip it's been a pretty good race there between Brett Bodine and Bill Elliott they get real tight going through turns three and four about a half a car length separate those two and Brett Bodine trying to salvage a real good finish looked like he might finish in the top three earlier this afternoon and he yet might do it because there's plenty of time 330 laps on the board they chase Dale Earnhardt back to the north end of the speedway in turns one and two. Earnhardt continues to track the Davy Allison car. Allison stays about six car lengths in front of Earnhardt now running about the same pace as the leaders as they work around the Butch Miller car. Field heading back to the stripe. Lap 331 on the board. Still the lead held by the Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt. Second place is the Ford of Morgan Shepard. 
Hi, this is Pat Summerall. No matter what size household project you're working on, you know you want to master it. So it only makes sense to use top-quality master mechanic hand tools from True Value Hardware Stores. You'll find everything from pliers and hand saws to socket and wrench sets, all ready to take on a number of jobs. All master mechanic hand tools are backed by a customer satisfaction policy, and they're sold exclusively at participating True Value Hardware Stores and Home Centers, where you'll find values in every department. Uh, hello, officer. You know, you're not supposed to be driving out here. Here? The racetrack. Notice the checkered flags. Oh, look at that. The fact that no one signals while changing lanes at 200 miles per hour. Uh, yeah, but you see, I was just stopping by for some Unical racing gasoline. Right. The fuel of NASCAR champions. Afraid you'll have to get Unical's 108-octane leaded racing gasoline where everyone else does, sir. In the pits? No, at Unical. Really? Just call 1-800-447-4700 for the nearest special Unical distributor. Oh. And, sir. Yes? Real race car drivers don't wear football helmets. Oh, Right. 333 laps have just been completed as Dale Earnhardt flashes across the start-finish line, and Morgan Shepard has caught him. He's within two car lengths of putting on a challenge for the lead here in just a moment. From the Darlington Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 335 laps are on the board as we near the conclusion of the Trans-South 500. So far, it is Dale Earnhardt holding off the challenges of Morgan Shepard. But that challenge now is to within a half car length, heading to turn three. Bumper to bumper just about as they come to the end of the straightaway now. Earnhardt Chevrolet leading Shepard's Ford ahead the car of Davey Allison by 10 car lengths. Ricky Rudd brings his car back on a pit road. He is many, many laps behind, having done quite a bit of damage to it earlier here this afternoon. There's a little activity in Earnhardt's pit. His crew is up on the wall watching what's going on on the racetrack, and Jim Phillips is right in the middle of that team. Richard Childers, you have the lead, but it's not a comfortable one right now. No, our car seems to go away after about 30, 40 laps. So, yeah, we're hoping he's just kind of cruising with the tires, you know, because it's going to be a... Morgan's car seems to run better after he gets some uh, laps on Your car's been uh, loose all day, right? Yeah, you know, we, we started out pretty good, and as the racetrack got slick, we just got a little worse. That's Richard Childers, car owner for Dale Earnhardt. And as he pointed out, his car's been loose all day long. Shepard just rides about a half a car length behind Earnhardt as they cross the start-finish line. And Winston Kelly is up in Bud Moore's pit. I guess there's some anxious people up there. Bud's expression never changes as he calls out the time to his driver. Bud, have you got the car set up like you want to? It seems to run better the further we go under green flag conditions. Well, we're sort of pacing it right now. Uh, I think we'll be all right uh, if the race continues out of the green. I think we got it. we'll be all right. That's Bud Moore, the car owner and crew chief on this Motorcraft Ford Thunderbird. The front runners are now Earnhardt, Morgan Shepard, then Harry Gant, followed by Mark Martin. Mark Martin had a little trouble up there in turn two, Joe. He brushed the wall again, as he's done several times earlier this afternoon. We documented earlier the fact he's having some problems hanging onto that car. It drifts up to the top of the racetrack and wants to go straight into it. And he's really having a hard time keeping it out of the wall here in turn two. Mark Martin is way back now behind the front three as they work over into turn number three. It's going to be the same thing we saw in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago if it stays like this. A finish between Morgan Shepard and Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt coming out the winner down there. That might be reversed here this weekend. They are across the stripe. Harold Kinder working the passing flag for some of the lapped automobiles as the leaders go back into turn number one right now. The laps are winding down. 339 on the board. They're over to Joe Moore. Between these two cars, the one with the best handle right now is Morgan Shepard. He's the one who earlier was having the problem in turn two, rubbing up against the outside retaining wall. Earnhardt's the one who's having the problem now. Can't quite keep the car out of that outside wall. It, too, like in Mark Martin's case, wants to drift up to the outside and scrub along the outside wall. 
Well, 27 laps remain in this Trans-South 500 as the running order remains unchanged. A quick update on Neil Bonnet. We had told you that after he was involved in the accident earlier today, he was taken to the infield care center, then moved to the local hospital here in the uh, Florence, South Carolina, Darlington area. Neil is still there for observation, and should we get any news before we go off the air, we'll certainly pass it along to you. But uh, that's the latest from Neil Bonnet's situation. 340 laps are on the board. The running order, still Dale Earnhardt, ahead of Morgan Shepard by a car length and a half. It's two and a half, maybe three car lanes back to Harry Gant running in third. A second back to the fourth place runner, Mark Martin. And then a goodly distance back to Jeff Bodine running by himself on the racetrack now in fifth spot. We talked earlier about Harry Gant and the great success he has had here at Darlington. He's won a several bush races in recent years. He's got a couple of Winston Cup victories under his belt here at this racetrack. And any time the car is anywhere near hooked up, Harry Gant has been fascinated by this track. He's told us a couple of times on tape, and we've played it on the broadcast here at Darlington, about the, the first races he remembers even being interested in was Darlington back in the old days. He used to listen to the old Darlington broadcast. He came down here and saw a race or two and decided to go back to Hickory and, and see if there was some way he could get in a race car because he said, I feel like I can do that, and he's been very successful over the years. This has been a real good racetrack for Harry Gant, and I wouldn't count him out. We'll get a word from his pits here in just a moment. In fact, let's do that right now. We're standing here with Andy Peachy, the crew chief on Harry Gant's car. Harry, of course, won this race a year ago. Andy, you've been reeling them in very slowly. Have you got enough for Dale and Morgan? Well, I don't know. You know, we've uh, we've worked on the car all day. We've been a little bit loose, a little bit pushing. Uh, we have had our problems. We've got some lucky breaks during the day. Well, you know, cars crashing and us staying out of the wreck. And maybe, you know, maybe we picked at the right time. I don't know if we can win or not, but we're, you know, we're there. We, we think we got a chance. What seems to be Harry's secret at this track? He runs this thing awfully well. Well, he really does. I don't know. You've got to ask him. And he just smiled real big, and he keeps clocking Harry again in hopes that he can get around Dale Earnhardt and Morgan Shepard for another victory here in the Trans-South 500. Well, he won here yesterday afternoon, and he had to win it in that one, too. Yeah. They didn't give it to him. He went out there and ran extremely hard all day long, and it paid off for him. He's still within striking distance as here is Earnhardt coming across the line, working back into turn number one. Morgan Shepard may just be playing a waiting game. Pretty sure Morgan is right now saying, I've got probably one shot at Earnhardt if I goof it up somewhere in the corners, and that's about where the pass is going to have to come, more than likely in the middle of the turn or going into the corner. And he knows if he if he doesn't do it, he probably won't have a second chance. They're back in turn three. Working lap traffic again now as they come into the corner, the Terry Labonte car to the bottom of the racetrack. Earnhardt had trouble getting around the body in three. Morgan Shepard is right there. Labonte had the groove that Dale Earnhardt wanted. The way Earnhardt goes through the corners, Barney, it's almost as though he doesn't turn. It's kind of like he makes it a diamond shape. He makes a series of straightaways out of the corner here at Darlington. And just where he would want to go onto that last lap, that's where Terry Labonte's car was. But unlike some of the other fellows who try and round out the turn, at least it seems to me as though Earnhardt's making it a series of straightaways more than a, a true corner. He takes a strange line through three and four over there particularly, but for that last time around, that traffic could well play a factor in the finish of this thing here. We've seen that happen a lot of times at Darlington. Here's Dale out of turn number four. Morgan just stays exactly where he's been for the last 25 laps, anywhere from a half a car length to two car lengths back. 
Harry Gant is getting just a little bit closer, but Harry's having an awful hard time getting right up there to the front two, although he's four car lengths back in turn two. Harry stays there in the thick of things, but Shepard is closed right in on the rear deck of the Goodrent Chevrolet, less than a car length off his rear deck here on the backstretch. Barney, right now the difference between the two leaders, Morgan Shepard and Dale Earnhardt, is the exit of turn four, which is a very important place on this racetrack. Shepard is getting through the middle of three better and getting on the gas quick, but he's having to lift off the throttle at the exit of turn four just before he gets on the straightaway. Earnhardt's keeping the gas all the way to the floor, and although Shepard makes a run up on him in the middle of the corner each time, Earnhardt ends up opening the gap back up down the straightaway. Leland, we've heard a lot of drivers say in the last five years that Dale Earnhardt can make a race car 25 feet wide those last few laps, and he can. He can. Like we always say, he's entitled to half the racetrack, and he'll take his half out of the middle, and that's perfectly legal. We've got less than 20 laps now. It'll be 19 laps remaining when the field comes to the stripe, but as Alan said, second trouble off turn four. Jack Pennington spins right in front of the leaders. Earnhardt and Shepard tap each other. Shepard goes to the inside. Earnhardt to the outside. Earnhardt taps Richard Petty. And across the stripe, it is Morgan Shepard leading. Harry Gant is second. Dale Earnhardt is third. Mark Martin is fourth. And the dirt track ace, Jack Pennington, his car is stopped on the racetrack near the exit of turn number four. We are under caution for the ninth time this afternoon on lap 348. And Morgan Shepard, through all of that dicing back and forth, comes across the stripe with the lead in the Trans-South 500. Talk about things changing in a hurry. They changed in a hurry here at Darlington. Now the activity on pit road, we're seeing everybody scrambling around down there as the field is picked up with the pace car up in turns three and four. Here they come, peeling off the banking up in the corner as Morgan Shepard leads them down pit road. Harry Gann and Dale Earnhardt will follow him in and we'll keep all these pit stops and keep tabs on them right here. Let's go to Winston Kelly. Morgan Shepard brings his Ford in right in front of Harry Gant's Oldsmobile. It's right side rubber for both of these cars. Now they'll go to, they'll get all four tires on both of these cars. Harry Gant getting four tires and Morgan Shepard. Let's go up to Jim Phillips in the Dale Earnhardt pit. Dale Earnhardt's crew has a little work to do on the right side. Dale Earnhardt's car has some headlight door damage to the right side of it. They're working on the left side right now. Down and went on the good stop for the Dale Earnhardt crew. 20 seconds for Dale Earnhardt's crew. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Jeff Bodine, uh, as Junior Johnson had worked on his car, did no noticeable uh, chassis change on it, as I could see, unless they did it with the tires. Mark Martin's car, they did change the chassis on it. They jacked some weight into the right side, right rear of the car, so that means that the car was probably pushing to begin with, didn't want to turn well. They're trying to fix it. Uh, Kyle Petty's car is in. They changed all four tires on about everybody's car. Kyle Petty's car is in. They're fueling it up. And while we're here, I'd like to say that uh, the Western, Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award has just been given to Bill Engle, the crew chief on the uh, 30 car of uh, Michael Walter. So what Barney said well ago would be a good strategy to get him back in the lead lap. Did that, and they uh, have awarded him $1,000 for it. Well deserved. This is going to be some finish, and we'll be back for it in a moment. Well, you better tighten up your seatbelts. I'm sure those drivers have tugged an extra little bit on theirs to the conclusion of this one right now. Here they come out of turn number four. Earnhardt is a leader. Jeff Bodine is right behind him. Mark Martin is third. Fourth right now is Morgan Shepard. And fifth is Harry Gant. Harold Kinder waves the green flag. Double file restart. Kenny Schrader is the first lap car down to the inside. Earnhardt tries to get away. He won't be able to do it in turn one. Earnhardt clears the Schrader car. Bodine has a little trouble now getting around Kenny Schrader. Next in line, the Mark Martin machine. Then it's Morgan Shepard, all single file, working to the outside. Earnhardt has opened up about five car lengths now on Jeff Bodine. As Bodine does clear Ken Schrader, Schrader is going to slip in between Bodine and third place Mark Martin. 
now as the leaders work off turn three and into four. Boy, Dale Earnhardt in the span here of just one lap is already pulled away by five car lanes from second place Jeff Bodine and the rest of the field tied in behind him across the stripe. 352 laps on the board. 15 remain here at Darlington. They're back in one. Jeff Bodine has the second spot. Third is Mark Martin. Now Martin's trying to get around the Kenny Schrader car. Bodine almost lost control coming off turn two but gathered it back in. That's allowed Mark Martin to track him down. Still Earnhardt by about seven, eight car lengths over Bodine. Mark Martin is now clear of lap traffic. He is trying to track down Bodine. The guy who can't clear lap traffic is Morgan Shepard. That caution may be a blessing for Dale Earnhardt because all day long, every time he's been on pit road, changed tires and went back out for some seven or eight laps, his car seems to work better and then it starts slowing up a little bit. Jeff Bodine trying to chase him down. He's about ten car lengths behind him over in turn two. Bodine fights his Ford up in turn number two trying to hang on and track down Dale Earnhardt right behind him, the Morgan Shepard car. Shepard trying to close in on the next machine off turn two. Down the back straightaway, everybody running single file now. Again, Earnhardt stretching the gap a little bit over Bodine. Mark Martin not able to do anything with Bodine yet. Then the lap cars of Ken Schrader and Darrell Waltrip before Morgan Shepard and Harry Gann. That's right, Schrader and Waltrip, as Alan said, are one lap down at this juncture, though running among the leaders. Earnhardt's across the stripe. Second spot is now nine seconds, or nine-tenths of a second, excuse me, nine-tenths of a second behind. So it's Earnhardt, the leader, and nearly a second back, Jeff Bodine. They're off turn number two, heading midway down the back straightaway with the laps winding down. Bodine not getting it done off the corners now as Earnhardt opens the gap even further. Bodine may be in danger of losing second spot as Mark Martin sets the tracks of the Budweiser Ford now off of turn four. There will be 12 laps to settle this thing here at Darlington in the Trans-South 500 as Dale Earnhardt is trying to hold off everyone. From the Darlington Raceway, this is MRN Radio. At Darlington, South Carolina, Dale Earnhardt is across the stripe. Second place of second and six-tenths. 1.6 seconds behind is the battle between Jeff Bodine and Mike Martin in turn one. Martin takes the inside line underneath Jeff Bodine, who's continuing to fight his Ford here in turn number two. Martin slips by on the low side and takes the second spot. Now Martin will set the Folgers forward after Dale Earnhardt's Chevrolet. Earnhardt has opened up the gap now. A good 20, 25 car lengths now as they go through four. And Jeff Bodine can't do a thing with that car. He got tagged in the rear end a little bit earlier here this afternoon, and the aerodynamic features of that car changed drastically, and he's having a problem getting through the corners. He's just trying to salvage something in a top five if he can. Right now, he currently is third. There's a heck of a race going on back there for about six position between Michael Waltrip, Bill Elliott right now, and Brett Bodine in front of Joe Moore. Waltrip's having a hard time hanging on to his car. He tags the wall again here in turn number two, trying to keep it down on the racetrack. Bill Elliott's there to take advantage. Also, let's not forget Davey Allison. Allison, who was running in front of the leaders, is trying to work his way back up into the front now after that last caution. He's running right behind Morgan Shepard and Harry Gant. And that is a good battle right there. Morgan Shepard is in the fourth spot. Harry Gant running in fifth spot. Then Davey Allison working his way back up to the front. Add Richard Petty to the attrition list. He has just taken the STP Pontiac to the garage area. And now Mike Alexander is backwards here on the main straightaway. There's caution as the Raybestos brakes machine is up against the inside retaining wall here on the front straightaway. The lead car is Dale Earnhardt. He is through turns three and four. He'll be coming down to take the caution. And caution will be on the speedway for the tenth time this afternoon. It comes out on lap 361 as Mike Alexander spins coming off the corner and bounces one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times off the inside retaining wall. You can tell that because of the smudge marks as he has come to a stop just shy of the start-finish line. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. 
here at Darlington. Can't believe the things that have happened here in the last 25 laps in the Trans-South 500. Mike Alexander's car sitting against the inside pit retaining wall. The safety crews are out there. The pace car has picked up the field. Let's see what's going to happen, whether everyone's going to stay on that racetrack or whether they're going to duck into pit road. It looks like Jeff Bodine will be peeling out of that lead pack up there to make a late stop. Here he comes in the Budweiser Ford. Let's cover that stop, and it looks like everyone else except Michael Waltrip and Bill Elliott also will dive onto pit road. Let's go to the pits. Well, Jeff Bodine come in. They're going to change uh, right side tires. I'm sure they'll go to the left side. They got them on the wall. And, and uh, on Jeff Bodine's car, they're also going to put some wedge in the car. I can see him jacking it in from the left side. So the car must have gotten loose on him. They were talking about him slipping and sliding through the turns up there. Taking a pretty good chance. Of course, they got no, really don't have a gamble here. It just uh, the car was not going to win the race the way it was. So they may as well come in and try. They get to bunch up on the outside, but it's still going to put them back in uh, quite a ways back in the field. They got about six or seven laps to go, and here at Darlington, you never know. This thing's been won from five laps down, you know, so <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Weston Kelly. On this end of pit road, Bill Elliott's the only driver that came in for service. The Harry Gant crew has the jack up on the pit wall and tires in hand, but they have not brought him in at this point. And also Morgan Shepard not indicating that uh, he's going to come on pit road. Indications from Bud Moore and the crew that they're going to stay out on the racetrack. It will be five laps to go when the field comes across the stripe this time. The cleanup crews with the wrecker here on the main straightaway hooking up to the rear of the Raybestos Brakes Buick for Mike Alexander. Mike had already scampered from the car and hopped the ride with the uh, ambulance to the infield care center for the mandatory checkup there, but he is okay and uh, walked, as we say, cleanly to uh, the ambulance and gets the ride to the infield. So five laps to go now. The indication is Harold Kinder holds his right hand in the air and signals as such as the field comes across the stripe and still they work on the Mike Alexander car that was nudged up against the inside retaining wall here on the main straightaway. Now some stories, Barney. We've not seen Mark Martin in this position with a chance to try and hang on the rear deck of Dale Earnhardt's car. We know what Morgan Shepard has had all day. He's in third and now Davey Allison will have a clear shot from his fourth spot to try and hang with everybody but uh, will likely have only what two or three laps of green remaining depending on how quickly they uh, remove this Buick from the front straightaway. I'm going to say about three laps. Go ahead. Yeah Barney I think that uh, the car of Davey Allison's looked to be about the quickest car out there except for Earnhardt when he passed Gann he passed him very handedly and and uh, and, and would have appeared to be that he could have handled uh, the 15 car uh, very easy also. So it's going to be interesting to see what happened now after the cars after the tires have cooled back down. Davey has had one of the strongest cars here all day long, and he's up toward the front right now, close enough that he can make a run there. The indication looks like it's going to be one to go. Right. They'll get one to go here with four laps remaining, so that means there will be three laps of green flag racing once they go back to green as the field comes back off turn number four and heading back to the stripe. And it's going to be a pretty good battle right here, but Dale Earnhardt, uh, it's tough to, to hang with him. He's so good on the restarts. Not that Mark Martin or anybody else right behind him isn't, but if you've got to take one guy to get away on one final restart going through the gearbox, you'd have to like uh, Dale Earnhardt's chances. One to go is the signal from Harold Kinder, so there will be three laps of green remaining when they come around next time. They're forming up for a double-file restart. The first car down on the inside line being a lap down will be Kenny Schrader. Darrell Waltrip is right behind him as the pace car takes him over to Joe Moore. Next in line will be the Dave Marcus car, then Bobby Hillen Jr. Richard Petty falls in line. They're that inside groove. On the outside line, of course, up front, the Goodrich Chevrolet. Dale Earnhardt is there. Second in line and second on the racetrack, the Mark Martin car. Then it's Morgan Shepard, Davey Allison, and Harry Gant all lined up in the outside groove. The pace car has hit pit road, and we're getting ready for the final few laps. 
All the fans on the back straightaway on their feet, waving their hats at the drivers as they come by, ready to settle it at Darlington as Elmo Langley parks the bright red Pontiac Grand Prix safety car. Earnhardt and Ken Schrader now will bring them around through turn three and turn four. Earnhardt on the outside, Schrader leading the lap cars down on the inside. Double file restart, pace car off the racetrack. They're getting ready to go. Earnhardt will hold them down to us till he hits the throttle. Nobody can really go anywhere as they come out of turn number four. I'm like Eli. I kind of like Dale Earnhardt's chances here this afternoon, but who knows in this business. 364 laps on the scoreboard. Three to go as they come down to the line. Harold Kinder hits the button. So does Dale Earnhardt, and he is already two car lengths away from Mark Martin in turn one. Earnhardt jumps out in front, but here comes Martin. He pours on the steam as they get into turn number one. Martin closes to within a car length, but they leave Morgan Shepard way behind. It's Martin looking down to the inside already. Two cars to settle it amongst themselves now as Earnhardt and Martin distance themselves. Ken Schrader will be between Morgan Shepard and the leaders. They move into turn three. It's a half a car length between the front two. Both men take similar grooves. As a matter of fact, Martin may even be a half lane higher coming through number four than is Dale Earnhardt. Off the number four corner, back to the stripe. Two laps to go. A bit more than two miles remaining in the Trans-South 500. Two cars, Earnhardt and Martin, battle to turn one. Next in line, Davey Allison. He has made the pass around Morgan Shepard, so he seems to be on the move. It's Earnhardt off turn number two. One and a half car lengths over Mark Martin. A classic Chevrolet Ford confrontation now as they come down the back straightaway. Earnhardt in the Chevrolet. One car length ahead of Mark Martin in the Ford through the middle of turn three and heading down to the bottom of four. Two car lengths between first and second. It's about 15 car lengths back to the third place car of Davey Allison. And here comes Earnhardt down to the line, takes the white flag, final turn around the racetrack. Mark Martin has one more lap to get it done, and he's two car lengths back in turn two. Both cars come in low at turn number one. Earnhardt goes just a tad higher in turn number two. Martin is there right behind him, but it's single file right behind him off turn two. End of the back straightaway now as they come streaking down. Half a lap to go in the Trans-South 500. Earnhardt, one car length over Martin. To the bottom of three, up to the top in the middle of the corner. Now down off of turn four, still one car length. Off the corner they come after what was somewhat of a disappointing start to the season. Dale Earnhardt won in Atlanta. Dale Earnhardt wins here at Darlington. Now the battle is for fourth place. It will be a door-to-door deal coming out of turn number four, but it's going to be Jeff Bodine easing by just as they came to the start-finish line. Let's go to pit road. Well, Richard Childress. Thank you, Dale. You chased this car all day long, and it paid off for you. Yeah, you know, Dale just done a super job. Our hats is off to him for missing those two wrecks and just doing a super job. Pit crew come through when they had to. We just had a great day for this GM Goodrich Chevy. That's Richard Childers' car. They're headed to victory lane. Good run for him here this afternoon. Earnhardt unofficially the winner. Mark Martin will finish second. Davey Allison third. And Jeff Bodine round out the top four. And we'll take a look at the rest, how the rest of the field finished when we come back to Darlington. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Real good finish here at Darlington. A real good race all day long with Dale Earnhardt winning. Mark Martin second, Davey Allison third, Jeff Bodine fourth, and Morgan Shepard round out the top five. Let's go down to pit road. We've caught up with Mark Martin, a strong second place run this afternoon. Mark just quite couldn't quite get him there at the end. I was lucky to run second. You know, uh, Jack Roush, Steve Mill, and the whole Folgers Valvoline race team were the stars today. They were the guys that did all the work that put the car up front. Uh, you know, we struggled, and uh, we're tickled to death to run second. And with uh, some more adjustments, we might have had a chance. Mark, these Fords seem to run better after about 20 or 25 laps under green flag conditions. Do you think you could have caught Dale if you had a little bit more time and got around him? 
Well, you know, that's congratulations, Dale Earnhardt, you know, and team. Uh, they won the race, and uh, that's not to be discussed right now. Mark Martin with an outstanding second-place finish this afternoon. Now let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, we, baby Allison had his troubles today, but you, he overcame a lot and came home third. Good run, David. Yeah, our, our Texaco Havlin, Humminbird, Thunderbird, hung in there good. I got to get all those names in there to take care of all those sponsors, you know, but uh, it ran good all day. I, I got to tell you, the, the crew deserves this finish because I think I tried to take it away from them about three times out there. I ran in the wall twice up in turn two and once down in turn three, and you know, we had a shot at winning the race, but I got to congratulate Dale for doing a super job out there. And we got a lucky break at the end, and we were coming back after him, but we just didn't have enough time. You really seem to be able to drive traffic today really great. Well, you know, we've been working and flogging these Thunderbirds, trying to get the thing sorted out. And, you know, uh, all the guys on the crew have just done a tremendous job of hanging in there with me and bearing with me and, and not distrusting me. Go ahead and taking my word for what I'm saying. And, and they've worked with me real good, and that's why we finished third today. Let's get out of Winston Kelly. We've caught up with Jeff Benign. Jeff, you had the strongest car early in the race. Well, we had the strongest car right there at the end. Uh, we came in and changed tires, and we couldn't win on the setup we had. Uh, we, we got uh, a little loose after that accident coming off turn four. We kept adjusting the car. The crew did a great job, you know, getting the car ready. We had an oil leak in the back, and then we had to make some adjustments, and we never got it until that last stop. You know, we knew what to do. We made the adjustments. You know, we came back by a couple of those guys. Uh, we knew it was going to be hard to get to the front in just three or four laps. But uh, I'm really proud of my team, uh, proud of the Ford. It ran good today. It, it's just uh, for you Ford fans and Junior Johnson fans and some of my fans out there, this is just a little bit of what's going to come the rest of this year. This team's going to be strong all year. Jeff, do you know exactly what was bent on the rear end after that accident? It basically basically just bent the sheet metal, but that ended up making the car loose, so we had to make a lot of adjustments to correct that uh, aerodynamic looseness, and we just never caught up with it until right there at the end. After a very good weekend, Jeff Bodine brings the Budweiser Ford Thunderbird home in fourth this afternoon. Let's go back down to the gas pumps, and Jim Phillips, I believe, is caught up with Morgan Shepard. Yes, we have, Morgan. You just got caught in the wrong place the right time, or right, wrong time at the end. No, what happened, uh, my windshield got real dirty, and I, and I, couldn't, I couldn't see the wall, and uh, I just slipped up against it, and it caused my car to push, and then I uh, we uh, uh, kind of messed up going down in turn one. My windshield had got covered uh, with grease pretty good, and uh, I really couldn't see that good other than uh, just uh, seeing Earnhardt's car. And I just got too close and uh, slipped up against the wall, and when it did that, uh, my car wouldn't turn no more. It just uh, kept pushing. Couldn't run it any harder, could you, Morgan? No. Uh, you know, we didn't need the cautions, uh, but our days are coming. Uh, this team's showing a lot of strength. That's Morgan Shepard. He finishes fifth this afternoon. Good run for Morgan Shepard here. That team continues to hang in there, and I think he'll retain his position as being second in the Winston Cup points. I would think so. Now to victory lane where the celebration continues with Dale Earnhardt. Dick Brooks? Well, it sure does. Dale, this is a, this is a tough racetrack, man. You, get, you know, you got to right, fight the racetrack, and in the last 50 or 100 laps, you had somebody on your bumper just about all the time. That's a tough day. Well, it is. Uh, I'd like to thank the Lord for a good, safe race today. And uh, he has a lot of wrecks, but nobody got injured, luckily. And, you know, the Good Ranch crew and uh, Richard and all the guys did a good job. Uh, you know, we just stayed out of trouble, really, raced the racetrack and tried to get the car to do what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I felt good all day. And the car was getting a little loose at times and a little pushy at times. And that's when Morgan was beating us up one time and, and uh, Bodine at one time. And we just stayed out of trouble. We dodged that one big wreck off of four and, 
uh, you know, we just sort of raced the racetrack and remembered where we was and remembered that shady wall down there that he can jump out and get you at any time. So we just sort of played it cool and drove a safe race. I said before the, before the race started that uh, you wasn't driving the same race as you used to drive. You, you drive a whole lot smarter races than you used to drive. Does that just take time or just, I mean, today you did that. You bided your time in the middle. And I know, man, I used to be, get in the same place and run over everything getting up there. And, and, and we all did, I guess, at one time. But you don't do that anymore. Just a good smart race. Well, I think that comes with age. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot racing and you listen to the race fans. And, uh, you know, they pull you on. And, uh, you know, the family and Richard and the team, everybody working together, we just seem to get a little better as it goes. And, you know, we keep an open mind try to learn something every day. I still got an airplane to say. <laughs> okay. I, I, uh, one thing, Barney, I think that uh, we talked about three or four times about people slipping in between, uh, uh, slipping up in the wall between the first and second turn. There's a shadow over there. If you can see from where you are, you see that shadow over there in the turn. Well, you drive off in the corner, and you can imagine what these windshields look like. Uh, we've talked about that many, many times on the broadcast. And you drive it down in the turn. There's only one place to be going into that straightaway or going off a straightaway into the corner. And as you slip up, you let the car kind of have its own way. You want it to take all the racetrack it can have so you don't bind it up. But when you hit that groove, that again, that you can see from up there with the shadows across the track, then, then the groove itself disappears. The only thing you can see then is the wall. And, uh, and that's where you have a tendency to slide into it. And that's what he mentioned right there about uh, he was very careful not to slip up into that shadowed turn and pop the wall. And I think that's one of the most dangerous places on the racetrack. Been done a lot of times late in the race. We understand that uh, Neil Bonnet was taken to the McLeod Infirmary, the local hospital here, for a precautionary checkup. They're going to do some x-rays and whatever. And w- that's the only report we have yeah, on we his condition. Just told that he's, he's alert and he's feeling okay. They did some tests that they want to wait and get the results on. But otherwise, uh, he's probably running up and down the, the hallways there at the infirmary already, so we'll keep you abreast of that uh, certainly as the week continues. Time now to vote for the uh, Peak Cool Move of the Race Award. All the members of the MRN crew voting on that with $500 on the line to the winner of the Peak Cool Move of the Race Award. Let's open it up with Joe Moore in turns one and two. Eli, I'll cast a vote for Jeff Bodine and the whole Junior Johnson team. You know, they started off today and it looked like everything was going their way. Then that big wreck in turn four that caused them problems. They had to nurse a car that was not handling. They had an oil leak. They kept fighting the car all day long. They brought it home in fourth. Pretty good run, and I think a pretty cool move for Jeff Bodine and the Junior Johnson crew. It was. Alan Bestwick, your thoughts? How about a nod for Jimmy Means? We heard Rick Wilson tell us that Jimmy did a great job of locking the car down to keep from plowing into Rick in the middle of that accident in turn three and four, so I'll give a nod for Jimmy Means. All right, to the pit area. Dick Brooks, your thoughts? Ah, i got to do the same thing. I hadn't thought about that, but if somebody else recognizes the fact that he could have got popped and, and the guy uh, stayed off of him because he'd done a good job and it's a driver, i got to go along that way. Exactly. I'm going to go for Jimmy Means. All right, Jim Phillips? I'm going to go along with Jeff Bodine. He did two things today. They fixed that oil leak, got it fit back in the race, but he came in the last pit stop and took on fresh tires, and that gained him two positions. So I'll go along with Jeff Bodine. Winston Kelly. I'm going to go along with Harry Gant for two moves that he made. One, when Jimmy Spencer spun coming off of turn number two, he went to the inside, outside, then back to the inside, got around Jimmy Spencer. Then on this accident coming off of turn number four, he got in and around a couple of the cars, including the Jack Pennington entry, and dodged that accident. So my nomination goes to Harry Gant. I had already written down uh, Jimmy Means, Barney, and I made note of that when uh, we had talked about it. And again, when Rick Wilson mentioned that uh, Jimmy really got that car woed down, 
on that seventh caution flag of the afternoon with that big accident up in turn four. So I'll say Jimmy Means as well. I think Jimmy Means is going to end up with the money, but I'm going to have to cast a vote in the direction of, of uh, Jimmy Spencer because twice today I watched him when he got laps behind and the leaders, the guys running for first, second, and third caught him and he moved down to the inside of the racetrack and showed a lot of courtesy there. And that We should see more of that. We really should. But Jimmy Means does take home the $500 as the winner of the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award. Well, Dale Earnhardt, the winner of the Trans-South 500 here at Darlington today, and accordingly, he takes home a number of the post-race awards. He's inducted into the Gatorade Circle of Champions. He wins the True Value Hard Charger Award, also the Top Dog Award going to Dale Earnhardt. We mentioned during the broadcast the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award going to Billy Ingle of the Michael Waltrip entry. And unofficially, according to our calculations, Dave Marcus would be in line to win the Heinz Ketchup Award. He started 34th and finished 15th, but again, that is all subject to final verification by NASCAR timing and scoring. The members of the press attending today's Trans-South 500 have voted the $750 of the Goodies Headache Award to Jeff Bodine. Jeff started on the pole, came home in fourth spot, but it was a tough day for him overall. So he takes home $750 plus the $250 donation going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That is from Goodies Manufacturing in Jeff Bodine's name. And Barney, I believe we have uh, the rundown as it looks right at the moment. Earnhardt is the winner. Mark Martin will finish second. Davey Allison third. Jeff Bodine fourth. Morgan Shepard fifth. Harry Gantz sixth. Bill Elliott seventh. Brett Bodine finishes eighth. Michael Waltrip, ninth. Looks like Kenny Schrader will come home 10th. Daryl Waltrip finishes 11th. Bobby Hillen, 12th. 13th to Kyle Petty. 14th to Terry Labonte. 15th to Dave Marcus. 16th to Chad Little. 17th is Butch Miller. 18th, Rusty Wallace. 19th, Mike Alexander. Jack Pennington will finish 20th. 21st position goes to Richard Petty. Dick Trickle finishes 22nd. Alan Kulwicki, 23rd. Ricky Rudd, 24th. Jimmy Spencer, 25th. Rob Moroso, 26th. Derek Cope, 27th. 28th is Sterling Marlin. 29th is Rick Wilson. And 30th is Neil Bonnet. 31st going to uh, Jimmy Means. 32nd spot will be the Ernie Irvin car. 33rd going to H.B. Bailey. 34th will be Dick Johnson. 35th goes to J.D. McDuffie. 35th spot, or rather 36th, I should say, belongs to Hutch Strickland. Greg Sachs will finish 37th. 38th place will be Mickey Gibbs with Rick Mass 39th. And Buddy Baker retiring right off the bat with the uh, ignition problems. He comes home in 40th spot. So a uh, pretty good weekend here. at uh, You know who else is a big winner today was uh, the folks from Goodyear. They've obviously come up with a radial tire that, uh, that does the job and that makes everybody very comfortable. Yeah, I think as we said a little bit earlier this afternoon, when the total evaluation is over for the radial tire here, I think it'll be all, everything will be pretty well positive. And we'll be off to Bristol, Tennessee next weekend. And I always look forward to going to that place because things happen so quick. We haven't seen a dull race there in a long, long time. We've got a lot of broadcasting action for you this coming week because Tuesday night we'll have NASCAR Live at 7 o'clock Eastern time, our call-in show. We'd love to have you join us on Thursday evening from the Sheraton Hotel in Johnson City, Tennessee. This week in NASCAR, our brand-new TV show. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you coming out 11 o'clock Thursday evening. Friday, Bush Pole position qualifying at Bristol Raceway, and we'll have the Bush Pole show beginning at 5 o'clock Eastern time Friday afternoon. Next Saturday, the Budweiser 250 for NASCAR's Bush Grand National Series. That's Saturday afternoon at 1245. And then one week from today, our next Winston Cup broadcast, the Valleydale 500 from Bristol International Raceway, 1245 Eastern time. Our thanks to all the folks you've heard on the broadcast today. Joel Moore and Alan Bestwick, who covered the turns. The pit coverage today from Dick 
Nick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly. Our thank yous to those behind the scenes as well. Augusta Johnson and Martha Oliver were on the scoring loop. Our production assistants were Ted Stone and Mark Webb. So that's the story from Darlington Raceway. Another Trans-South 500, the 34th edition, is in the books. And Dale Earnhardt, now winner for two races in a row. A couple of weeks ago at Atlanta and again here today at Darlington. We'll talk to you Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time with NASCAR Live. Until then, for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. So long, everybody, from Darlington. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Darlington International Raceway and sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Buy Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR and sponsor of the Lickety Split Award. Buy True Value Hardware Stores. For quality, selection, and personal attention, it's True Value. Buy Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer. Head for the Mountains of Bush. Buy Unical, the winning spirit rides with you every time. Buy Armor Star Can Meats, America's choice for the great outdoors. Buy Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of Junior Johnson. Buy Gatorade. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. Buy Planters Nuts and Mr. Peanuts, sponsor of Travis Carter's Chevrolet. Buy Dinnerbell Meats, the official meat products of NASCAR. Buy Peak Antifreeze and Coolant. Only Peak gives you peak performance. Buy First Brands, makers of STP oil treatment. STP is the edge. And buy Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen, associate producer Alan Bestwick, in Engineers Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations Pat Hensley and Greg Robertson. Production assistants Tina Marr, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.